John Fogarty, The Old Man is Down the Road from 1985 on Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I am Todd Dandruff Wittellis, and an old man may not be down the road, but I'll tell you what is. A fire. A fire is down the road right now. A new fire, which is not reported anywhere on the Internet. You can't find it. Has been spotted. I was spotting it uh, as I was driving around in the area. That's why radio is delayed. Went to search for it. It appears to be about... 10 miles from where I sit right at this moment. And 
could move closer. It's very windy. We have about uh, 45 mile per hour winds right now with gusts even more than that. I could say this is not a night to do radio. I could say we're going to cancel it. I could say that uh, we'll go elsewhere and evacuate. I will not do that. I'm going to sit right here and do this radio show until the house burns down. That's my dedication to this show. But this is a fire that uh, has not even been acknowledged yet. And I believe it's actually being confused for a different fire in the area. Because uh, there's there's a different fire that's kind of distant from here that uh, I I believe there's confusion when people are reporting what they're seeing here, that people are seeing the fire that's far away and it just appears closer than it is. But this is a new fire. And I'm already seeing some chatter about it on some uh, local sites I'm on. So I I don't have to be the one person to ride herd on the fire department and make sure they know about it. I've, I've seen several people are very aware of this and trying to uh, get the right attention paid to it. Ten miles is actually pretty far as far as a fire goes. Now, yes, you can have uh, embers that blow and start a new fire, but t- ten miles is pretty far, and the fire departments are already on very much alert because of what has been going on for the last two days in Southern California. So I, I'm not that worried. I'm not that worried. I'm, I'm going to continue with the show. We're going to do the show. If I have to drop everything and run out, then the show will end. But it will be archived at some point, as long as I live. And uh, someone who is uh, 3,000 miles away from the danger, however, can definitely continue on. That is Calwatt. Hello. What's going on, Druff? Hey, Bobby Orr makes a really good point. How did you not open with burning down the house by the talking heads? <laughs> I should have. It would have been... Absolutely perfect. Yep. Did you did you hear that pop just a second ago? Uh, yeah. A buddy of mine got me uh, an Amagong Amagong twentieth anniversary ale, hmm. and yeah. I am drinking it. Wow, nineteen ninety seven. Drinking Holy early. Shit. So speaking of early, uh, the free roll and starts instead of starting early, it started late. I actually kicked everyone out of the free roll. So if you register for it, uh, you're out. Unless you're already playing right now. It started seven minutes ago, but it originally was for eight forty five. But I, I knew the show was not going to start anywhere near then. So uh, knowing we'd start around 9, I made the free roll at 9. So free roll is going. You have till 9.25 to get in there. But if you were registered before 8.45, you, you know, make sure that you're still registered. You can still register now. So you're not shut out yet. you got 18 minutes before you get shut out. It's a $100 free roll, which is courtesy of one individual who's been very generous to the site in recent months. And that is our sponsor, attorney Eric Benzamokin. And I'll play his commercial that I've been playing on every show. I'm going to play it uh, in a little bit. But he sponsored the free roll this week and continued sponsorship on Poker Fraud Alert. So if, if you have a need for him, uh, please give him the business. And I, I mean the literal business, not actually give him a hard time. I guess you can do both. But he, he has sponsored this free roll entirely this week for $100. And the prizes are as follows. 50 for first, 25 for second, 13 for third, 7 for fourth, and 5 for fifth. So that's 50, 25, 13, 7, and 5. That's tonight's free roll on the No Fraud Only Poker Room, which started 8 minutes ago. Still 17 minutes of late registration. Make sure to go to PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll to understand the requirements to win the free money, or you won't win it. But it is real cash money. I will pay you in a variety of ways, including Bitcoin. 
including Bitcoin, which seems to just go up tremendously each day. I'm sure that makes Life Cal- tilt I'm every sure, time yeah, I see I'm it. I'm sure that makes CalWatt feel good. Mm-hmm. And I will pay you by bank transfer or uh, even other methods you might be able to think of where one could send money online to another person that, uh, yeah, something that people have been using for a while, for a long while. So I, I might be able to do that too if you either email me at dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com or PM me at Dan Space Druff on the forum. So um, that uh, that will be starting, right, that has started. And Cal, what are you playing? I am playing, but it is not looking good. Oh, you're already off to a bad start. All right. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already getting decimated. All right. If Trader Ruski is listening... I keep forgetting. People just... They just don't fold. Yeah. If Trader Ruski is <laughs> listening, he can actually call in if he'd like to. Uh, I was happy to have him on the show. And you got me until the bottom of this ale, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty big bottle, though. That's the good news. Someone was asking me, did I send the drone out to see if there's uh, this fire and where it is? No. Oh, that'd be awesome. There's a few reasons you can't do that. First of all, it doesn't take very good pictures at night for obvious reasons. But second, uh, there's very high winds, and the drone cannot fly in high winds. That would make a great video, though. It it would. And that's why I I would have considered doing it. You could hire some teenage boy to go retrieve it from wherever it lands again. But, yeah. um, But yeah, the problem is usually fires come here when it's windy, so that tends to make it impossible for the drone to take pictures because then it's too windy to fly the drone. And if there's no wind, there's probably no fire. So we will see. We will see what happens. And uh, I, I have to say, I don't want to be an alarmist. I have to say, I don't think this is going to come anywhere that close to here. Four and a half years ago, the a fire, a major fire, came within three quarters of a mile of right here. And what happened was someone uh, I, I saw this I saw the origin of the fire that was really weird too I saw the origin of the fire on the side of the freeway I had just seen it like it must have been minutes after it started I saw a very small fire on the side of the freeway and I was so not concerned about it because it was so small and also seemed relatively far that I went back I went to sleep to take a nap and then at about uh, three hours later there was crazy ringing of my doorbell and at first i thought oh this is probably some idiot solicitor just not wanting to take nobody's home for an answer and i was just i was like when are they going to stop and i go wait a minute i wonder if it has to do with that little fire i saw so i got well, up it Truff, it was someone trying to get you to sign up as an affiliate of jow poker right <laughs> right it's gotta be that would have been a good time to do it everyone's answering the door during a fire that's the best time to uh, to try to pitch something. So I, I went to the door, and there was nobody there by the time I got down there. So I go, hmm, what's this about? Go, well, let me walk outside and make sure I don't see any smoke anywhere. I walk out, and right behind the neighbor's house is a giant plume of smoke. And I said, oh, crap. <laughs> this, this looks very close. Yeah, but your your house is protected by that huge... 500-foot pool with the gold letters, right? I mean, you you basically have a moat around your house, don't you? Well, that would be nice, but no, there's some vulnerability. And fortunately, that three-quarters of a mile was the closest it got. So 
that was the moment it was closest. I kept a close eye on it, and it uh, never got here. And the fire department did a very good job, kept, I think, everything but one structure from burning, and uh, nobody got hurt or injured even. So uh, that was a happy ending, unlike the fires in October in Northern California, in the wine country, where I think 44 people died and entire neighborhoods were destroyed. And uh, the fires that are raging right now in California are pretty bad. The, the one that I saw near here is just burning on the hills right now. I don't believe there's any homes where it's burning, but uh, the night is young. We shall see. So I'm going to keep an eye on that in the background. If I seem a little distracted, I might be reading some sites where this sort of thing is discussed. And if somebody mentions that it's right in the neighborhood, then the, I, I think the show will have to end at that point. It, it might have to end, or at least I'll have to take it remotely. I may have to just you know, carry the computer around as I'm evacuating. I'll take over for you. Okay, I can do that. I can just run. The, I can just leave the computer here and just run. Just like wait till the computer burns up. You can just keep doing it. There's also a debate actually on uh, on one of these sites I'm reading about whether this is a real fire or if it's the same one or like a real new fire or if it's the same one that's just very distant. I don't believe it's the one that's distant. It just looks too close. It looks way too yeah. close to be the other one. I saw that picture you sent me, man. That looked super close. Yeah, like they, they're claiming it's one that's like yeah, 35 miles away. There's no way that's there 35 miles. I, I don't believe it. And I think in fact I'm a little worried about that because I'm I'm concerned that uh they won't take it seriously, but there are people saying, you know, get out a map, draw a line from that map, and it, it you know, directly from where, where you can see it, and it'll land at the place where the other fire is, but okay. But that could also mean that the other fire caused this one. <laughs> so I, I don't say that's indication that's not due. When this show is over, I, I'm, I'm going to go down there again. I'm going to go down there and further investigate, because I... Bring I, the marshmallows. Yeah, I, that that would be kind of cool. I actually there was a fire once when that I wouldn't was in, be that wouldn't be insensitive, would it? If you toasted marshmallows on someone's burning house. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was their marshmallows? What if they just, they had marshmallows? You you go in, you break in the house, take marshmallows, and then toast them. Well, yeah, I think that might be worse. You probably die doing it though. Yeah, it may not be worth it to just not bring your own marshmallows. Uh, there was a fire that was along the freeway when I was in college and uh, I remember uh, I didn't have my car there, but I rode my bike down to where it was and just you know sat there and watched it burn and watched it jump the freeway and all that. So uh, what was that big hurricane that hit um, that hit new England, like back in the, uh, in the nineties? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not an East coast person. Uh, unbelievable. Well, anyway, my my buddy and I were driving around during the middle of it in his VW Bug. Probably one of the dumbest fucking things I ever did. (laughs) Yeah, so I I think that one of the worst feelings would be like if you're just, if a fire just moves so fast. That's what happened in Northern California. Some of them moved so fast that people couldn't get out of their house. That They just lit up the houses so fast. Hurricane Gloria. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah, people were just stuck and could not get out. I actually bought one of these like disposable, la- not disposable, one of these emergency ladders that you can hang, hang off of a window so you can get out. So, you don't, so the choice isn't between like jumping off a second story window down onto concrete or staying in the house and dying. So, Just have your butler carry you down on his back. 
What, what if the butler dies, though? What if he, uh, you know, he's not Superman. He could die of smoke inhalation himself. I think. And have he, your maid do it. I, I, I think if one of us dies, all of us do. All right, let's, let's get going here. We have the usual intro, but I'm going to do it anyway. The phone number to the show is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. That is our main phone number. It's also our text number. You can text me before, during, or after the show. Anytime you want. 775-372-8355. You can text me. I will respond. And I may even read your text on the air unless you ask me not to. That's also the main number to the show. Make sure you show your caller ID if you call into that show. And... There's the Mount Charleston line. The Mount Charleston line is located on top of Mount Charleston, which is about 45 minutes away from Las Vegas. It's located in a cabin near the top of the mountain. That phone number is 702-430-1808. It's a rotary phone, an old 70s rotary phone. Forwards to me wherever I go. 702-430-1808 is the Mount Charleston line, a separate line into the show. You can always listen to the show with any phone... That can dial. That's the call to listen line. 712-775-8162. Does not require a computer. Does not require the internet or a smartphone. All you need is a phone. Any phone in the world that can dial the United States. It's located in a shack in Carroll, Iowa. 712-775-8162. There's no buffering. It's just very simple. You just call the number and listen. It's the call to listen line. And when we're not live on the air, the call to listen line picks one of our more than 260 past shows and reruns one of them in full. And when, then when that's over, it picks another one at random and another one and another one until we come back on the air a week or so later. So that's the call to listen line, 712-775-8162. If you want to hear the show after it's over, you can easily do so. We archive every show, and you can find these archives in a variety of places. You can go to the radio forum on PokerFraudler.com and just directly download or play the MP3 file. You can go to iTunes. You can go to Google Play. You can go to an app called Stitcher. You can go to an app called TuneIn. All of those methods can be used to listen to the archives. So there's no excuse if you claim you cannot find a way to listen to the show. In fact, the TuneIn app can even be used to listen to the live show. So I want to make as many listening options as possible so the potential listener does not find himself in a situation where it's difficult to listen when he wants to here is the agenda this lovely evening and then we will start up actually here not is the agenda i lost it already that's lovely start here we are a video has emerged of solomon ponte aka the hashtag king being beaten up in an underground poker game. Some people thought that this just happened. No, it happened back in June. Some people thought that perhaps this wasn't him, or uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions about it. I'm going to answer those questions. Is this a real video? And when was it taken? And has this been discussed before? It is a newly released video, and I'll tell you who released the video. David Bezov, the former CEO of Amaya, the owner of PokerStars, is set to begin trial on December 11th for insider trading. I think it doesn't look good for him. 
We were going to do a topic about Bad Guy 23 getting ripped off, but we're going to table that for a week at his request. So uh, I wanted to do that one, but he said he'd like to give it a week to resolve itself, and that's fine. Two Indian casino stories. I'm going to get into why you don't have a lot of rights at Indian casinos, because I just had this discussion with Brandon. And keep in mind, Brandon, he's never lived in California. He, he doesn't know California well. Brandon has lived in Florida. He's lived in Las Vegas. I don't think he's lived anywhere else. And he has not been to California that many times. Indian casinos in California operate under a very different set of rules than ones in Nevada, than non-Indian casinos in Nevada. So bad things can happen at these Indian casinos in California. I will explain why. And I'll also tell you two different stories. Two different disturbing stories, one which uh, relates to this show from last week. The first story has nothing to do with this show, but we're going to talk about it anyway. At Viejas, which is in the San Diego area, they apparently cheated a customer out of $134,000, or at least a car worth $134,000, when that customer won a contest, and then Viejas would not pay this person. And now there's been a lawsuit filed about the whole thing. So we're going to talk about that. And remember the Chico Loco called the San Manuel Indian Casino in the San Bernardino area where they did not know about a promotion that was going on at the time with a 10% bonus for coming down and starting a line of credit? Well, we have an update to that story, and it's not a very good update. That's the second Indian Casino story, and we'll talk about Indian Casinos in general and why the whole thing is so ridiculous. And... How to watch out that you don't get screwed there. New Jersey has two stories this week involving gambling. First of all, they're trying once again to get sports betting legalized in that state. Right now, sports betting is only allowed in Nevada. That's federal law, would you believe? So Nevada, New Jersey trying to get that overturned. Their first attempt in doing so was an embarrassing failure. But they have some optimism that this time it might happen for them. Second, New Jersey is attempting to pass a law to allow themselves to join international poker sites. Now, this is not pooling their players with, uh, you know, allowing international players to join them. This is actually that they would join onto existing international poker networks and let their own players play there, which would be a big departure from all current legalized online poker rooms. I'll explain how when we get to that segment. A man from Georgia has been arrested for cheating at craps at the Flamingo Hotel. But before you blame those Southerners, before you start hating anyone from that area, before you look down upon the deep, the deep South, you need to know that the arrest does not have to do with the state of Georgia. It has to do with the former Soviet Republic of Georgia. So pretty much a Russian was, was arrested. So I'll explain what he was doing. It was cheating at craps. I bet you didn't know you could cheat at craps, but you can. A church pastor tried to rob a Vegas casino, the M Resort in southern Las Vegas. That by itself is an interesting story, but what's even more interesting is that this guy actually tried to rob it three different times before getting caught. The same place. Not very smart. Speaking of not very smart, we're going to talk about more follies on the part of the Caesars Corporation, according to a employee, or a guy who claims to be an employee, and I believe him. 
This is Inside the Evil Empire, Part 8. We've done Parts 1 through 7 already. This is Part 8. It may be a 20-part series. We're going to do Part 8 this week. Finally, a topic that has nothing to do with poker or gambling. But we're going to talk about it anyway because I know there's a lot of perverts who listen to this show. I know there's a lot of people who watch porn. In fact, there may be people who watch porn while listening to this show. Did you call, Truff? Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. I thought that if there's a... If Cal Watt's a popular co-host, then there must be a lot of perverts listening to this show. So, a, a porn star killed herself, I believe it was either yesterday or today, because people were trolling her on the internet for all things because she refused to have sex with a bisexual guy who had done gay porn scenes in the past because she was afraid of HIV. She refused to do it. She posted about it. And then a massive backlash occurred when the Internet social justice warriors decided that she was homophobic and intolerant and hateful for refusing to have sex with a guy who's had gay sex before. So the the Internet, uh, many on the Internet bashed her so relentlessly that she killed herself. And that by itself is, is kind of disturbing. But we're going to discuss uh, how anyone could possibly feel that way, that this is homophobic or hateful to not want to have sex with a bisexual guy for fear of catching HIV. So that's uh, a topic we'll cover at the end, or at least I'll cover it, depending upon who's left. So that is our agenda for this evening. Here's some text messages we received at uh, 775-372-8355. Hey, Todd, just, having just lived through some terribly devastating fires in my area, I'm hoping that you and those around you stay safe. I had to tell you that for an old-school listener like myself, that never, he'd, that never he'd check in the other week was one of my favorite segments in months. I always wonder what happened to some of the major characters over the years. Hope for more, more calls in the future. Yeah, I, I have a soft spot for never he, but I always root for him to succeed. He, he never seems to, but I root for him. Uh, from the... 562, this is in reference to the porn star who killed herself. Her name is August Ames. He said, RIP August Ames. I busted so many loads to her videos. Now i got to find a new chick to stroke it to. See, this is why we're going to do the segment. This is exactly why we're doing that segment, because that's that's the typical whoa, listener whoa, whoa, to the show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Someone, some dude talked about stroking it and busting it, and he said that's exactly what we're going to do in the segment. Druff, I don't know what you're thinking, <laughs> but I'm not going to jerk off on no, radio. I, I said that's why we're doing this segment. Oh. Uh, yeah. All right. I, th- I thought you said that's what we're going to do. All right. If we, if we got more female listeners, I might give that a shot. Oh, yeah, sure. That's what they all want. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I will get going here. The free roll, it's too late. If you're not in there, you're never getting in. Okay, it's done. It's, uh, it's going. Is Calwater, are you still alive there? Or are you gone already? Nope. Um, I had a short-ish stack shoved with queens. Or I'm, I'm well. I shove with Queen. Some other guy reshove with King Jack, and the guy who limped under the gun. I think he limped under the gun. He had pocket kings. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. And he hit a king, and it was just bye bye. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So Solomon Ponte, the hashtag king. We had him on the show earlier in the year, around the spring, and he was really making a splash in the poker world. He was. Uh, he won some tournament, $300,000. Before that, no one had really heard of him. And then he pretty much let that one win go to his head, and he believed that he was the best poker player anywhere. 
and acted like it. And I actually kind of bought into it at first. I just felt like it was someone I hadn't been following and that he really was some great player that, you know, kind of like a Fedor Holtz type that I hadn't heard of. But you bought into the hashtag thing hype? I, I did. But then once I discovered what he really was, then I was enjoying following him just because of the – it, it was. It really was like watching a train wreck. Uh, yes. he, he was going t- from casino to casino and getting kicked out, creating a scene every single time, getting kicked out of restaurants. It was it, one comical story after another, and every time he would record it on his phone and then post it, no matter how bad it made him look, he didn't care. So he would always post these up there, and every time he would act incredulous like he was the victim. Like somehow, oh, and, it, and it wasn't just fun watching him do that. It was fun watching everyone's just... Complete outraged overreactions to it. Yes, yes. So many people got their panties in a bunch over this. Right, guy. and that, and that's and honestly, that's why we had him on here. That's why we had him on here, and that's why I didn't like go after him or try to make it. You know, he made himself look ridiculous on these videos and everything. So I, I didn't have to do that on the show. I wanted him to just come on here and everybody hear what he has to say and draw their own conclusions. And, and it was also kind of a, a middle finger to those who who really did overreact to the whole thing. And so, oh, my God, this is horrible for poker. This is terrible. He must be stopped. You've got to stop talking about him and giving him attention. Why? Just he's doing a lot of stupid and obnoxious things. But, you know, of course, you can talk about it. You don't have to pretend it's not happening. And and as Cal Watts said, a lot of overreactions. So I I, was the best part is watching everyone get outraged and offended by him. Yeah. So I I, (laughs) so that's why I like when he show up with a new account, uh, he kept getting banned from Twitter, too. And he kept making new accounts. Every time he had a new one, I'd retweet it out there and say, look, who's back. And people would get mad to stop giving him publicity. But, you know, I I did that on purpose. So people would get mad that I was giving publicity. And, right. I mean, that's the fun part. You yeah. watch the troll and everyone get all riled up by him, and you just kind of laugh and shake your head. Yeah, like, so he hooked another one. Now, now he did seem to have a legitimate gambling problem. So this wasn't like all an act. It was kind of like half an act and half his real personality that was just getting him in hot water over and over. And then he, once he was in hot water, then he wanted to kind of turn that into making himself into a reality star. So... That's why it was also interesting. If it was all contrived, I would not have wanted to watch it or, or follow it. Because, it, but it wasn't all contrived. It was it was kind of like real stuff happening that then he would record to try to put on the web and get himself famous. And that part's fine. Like if he wants to put it out there and thinks it's going to get him some kind of notoriety or fame, fine. As long as like what's happening is genuine and real, which I thought for the most part it was. Uh, anyway, we haven't heard from him in quite some time, which I knew would probably happen. I, I knew he was going to chunk off all his money and he'd he'd be gone from poker as. Happened so many times with those that win one tournament and think that they're the best ever. And he clearly did not have very much discipline. But a video came out recently that uh, people are discussing. That's what got him back in the poker news. And there's no sound to it. So there's no point to really play it. But... I watched it. Do we know... For hundred percent certainty that this is him, very I mean, I high read chance. Some of that two plus two thread as well, and people seem to know a good bit about the situation. But I mean, you never can tell if people yeah, are just making shit up. It, it is a very high chance because he, he he kind of first of all it's it's the right area. It's in Toronto. Uh, second, the this was released by the police. The video and they're, they're looking for help. I don't know why so many months later. They, the, the, the Toronto police were really on this one. They looked for six months and then released the video to the public. When they wow, couldn't it's, hard, it's hard to get the horses into the casinos, you know, the underground rooms. They just don't fit through the doors. 
and Mounties. The, and, and and this guy uh, who beat him up is super clear on the video. This wasn't like a this was not like the Bellagio video. In fact, whoever whoever recorded this should be installing security cameras at the Bellagio. That's what they need because unlike the Bellagio thing, which was a uh, a video that looked like it was taken thirty years ago, this one is super clear, and you can see the guy clear as day who who beat up the hashtag yeah. king. And, I've got cameras like that in my house. Yeah, so so somehow they, they they still haven't been able to catch the guy six months later, despite a, a crystal clear picture of his oh, face and yeah, body. There was a, there was an amazing shot of this guy. Yes, like from all angles. Yes, it couldn't be better. I mean, I, I don't no. know how they cannot identify him, but it, it was this guy, you know, big muscular guy. He's like six foot three and uh, and muscular, and he. Uh, you can't see the hashtag Kink's face because it's blocked out in this video release, so that's why there's some a little bit of doubt being expressed, but I'll tell you why I believe it's really him. Uh, the police have acknowledged this happened back in June. In June, he discussed this happened and, in fact, even posted pictures of himself after getting beat up. So, And it was in the right place in Toronto where he said it happened. And he was in a and poker I'm, room. And, yeah, and, and I'm getting a message from a source that says the York... Regional police think it was Solomon Ponte. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, so, and he's also uh, the body looks like it's uh, it's hashtag King. It's like a, it, it would be an incredible coincidence if it wasn't him. But this is at an underground poker room, and 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 let's face it, like <laughs> on a scale of uh, one to Brittany Griner's clit, how surprised are you that he got into a fight? <laughs> um. How surprised am I? Well, I, I thought the chance that he would make it through 2017 without getting into an actual fist fight was zero point zero. I'm assuming that was zero point oh, zero, right? That's so frustrating. It's a sending sharing <laughs> sound. Okay, I'm gonna, here. I'm, I'm going to do this again. Tell me. If you, tell me if you can hear this now. Zero point zero. Ah, but in this case, what that means is Brittany Griner's clip. <laughs> right? I'm not even sure what you mean by that. Well, I, the I, scale was from 1 to Brittany Griner's clip. So you're saying 10, right? So yeah. Brittany Griner's clip. But why, why are you saying Brittany? I, I know he's the user on the on the forum, but where, what does it have to do with this? Nothing. Okay, I, I'm very confused. <laughs> okay, so, so going back to the, the, the Solomon Ponte thing here, he, if you watch this video, and there's no sound, so there's nothing to play on radio for you, but... Uh, you can go to. Oh, the... I, I'm sorry, Joe. I was talking about her actual clit, not the user. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to be funny. Anyway, okay. go ahead. I, was, I think the users what threw me off. Okay, so if you go to the Poker Fraud Alert Flying Stupidity Forum and look for a thread called "Police Release Video of Hashtag King Getting Stomped," then you can see the video right there. It's a 51 second video, and uh, at first you just see two bodies where one, you know, the, the one is beating up the other and throwing them on the floor. Yeah, like the other one's not even fighting back. He's just kind of like trying to kick and get away, or he's kind of flailing about. And then, then the aggressor is kicking him on the floor and punching him. So it's, it's a pretty real beating. And the dude, here. the dude that's hitting him is built too. Oh, he is. Yeah, that, that's a very scary looking guy. As I say, he's a. And he, the police described him as six foot three. I can't tell how tall he is, but they say he's six foot three and, and muscular. And and that, that's a guy I would not want to get in a fight with. I'll I'll say that from seeing this video. Um. And they describe him as a Middle Eastern male, which he probably is. It's not totally a yeah. I guess he is looking at the picture, but there's a there, you, you could see, especially the on YouTube. There's always the frozen uh, part uh, of the video that you you know, before you play it, you see a 
kind of like a title card there that just usually picks one random spot of the video. So right there is a perfect shot of him. And in fact, the final four seconds of the video, they show a very, very clear shot of him. Face, body, everything. So the fact that they can't identify this guy, uh, I, I don't know. But but this this is what the article says. This is on uh, CP24.com, which I, I think it may be some station in uh, in uh, in Toronto. But, yeah, it is. But it says... York Regional Police are searching for a man after an assault took place in Richmond Hill. A man who was inside an illegal Richmond Hill den was violently assaulted by someone seeking, seeking, quote, an outstanding debt, York Regional Police said. Isn't that surprising that he owed money? (laughs) Again, we're going all Brittany Griner's clear here. Like, I am not shocked in the least. The The assault took place during the summer, but police released video footage of the assault on Friday. Investigators have exhausted all leads and are releasing video of the suspect and appealing to the public to, if, for assistance to identify him, police said in a news release. No, nah, they just wanted the subscriptions on YouTube. They're trying to <laughs> post something sensationalist so they can get their, their subscriber count up, I think. I think I'm going to go commit crimes in that area. If you can have that clear of a video of yourself. and presumably, That's amazing. Presumably this guy lives in the local area and, and, no one, and the police can't find you. Then uh, for six months, I mean that's that's a pretty good place to commit crime. I love my Canadian brothers, but come on, I yeah, that's, mean, that's some of the worst. You don't need no CSI to find this fucking. Yeah, guy. that's that's the worst crime fighting I've ever seen. Six months later, they can't find him. It's not even like they know who it is, but they just can't find where he is. They they do not know who he is. A guy who's presumably a local uh, played in an underground card room, and you know, so there must be people there who must know who it is. And they have a clear as day, high def picture of him. Face and body. Yeah, what is, everyone at the game says, oh, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. I've never seen him before in my life. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? I mean, maybe they're afraid that he's going to come around and kick their ass. Who knows? Yeah. So, so um, uh, how old is hashtagging? He said, upon arrival at the scene, police located a 28-year-old man suffering from serious injuries. I guess we never knew his exact age. I think he claimed to be 26, but he's probably just lying. Uh, he was subsequently taken to a hospital. According to investigators, the victim was confronted by a suspect regarding the quote, outstanding debt upon arrival. The confrontation led to the assault. The suspect wanted in connection with the investigation has been described by police as a six foot three Middle Eastern man with a shaved head, muscular build, and a goatee. So that's, that's, Wasn't me. That's, that's the story. That's right. It's not that far from Calvin. <laughs> that's you know what? You're not even that far from Toronto. You could have I, I, take it easy, Druff. Take it I, easy. I, I will say that uh, you know, looking at this gentleman, he, he does. Uh, there are enough differences where I can, I, I can safely say Cal Watts innocent in this one. Yeah, I've had a couple of beers since I, I used to look like that, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, Druff. Yeah, I was reading in the two plus two thread on this, uh, and one guy in there claimed that it was over a sports bet, a seventy k sports bet. Oh wow. And he was notorious for being slow to pay, and you know maybe he just did it to the wrong person. But I have no idea if that's true or not. I mean, I also wouldn't be surprised if he just said the wrong thing to the wrong person, because you know that's one of the things we were talking about when when we were discussing him. It's like you know, I mean, it's fun, it's entertaining, 
and he's getting away with it, but you you say shit like that to the wrong person, and you're just going to have a bad day. Yeah, it was surprising how many people hashtag King was challenging to fights and stuff, and that they were just like never happening. He was just fortunate that those he was cha- he he really had great game selection there and challenging the right people okay. that were not going to fight him, including ones that you know you. It's not that he was challenging only people who were really small that he thought he could handle. He was challenging a lot of people. And uh, but but he he was very careful to do it only to people that he thought were not going to accept the challenge. But uh, but yeah, may, maybe this this guy here was either someone that he challenged or or was close to someone that had been challenged, and then this happened. Yeah, I mean it's either it's either he. I mean I could see it either way. It could be just you know he was mouthing off to the wrong person and he got stomped. It could be that he. Owed the wrong people money, you know? I mean, yeah. who knows? It could be connected to some kind of mob or mafia or something and taking sports bets and he never paid it. It could be any of these things, you know, yeah. for sure. And I remember he posted the pictures of this. I don't have them anymore. And he and they were on his Instagram. They're gone now. But I remember at the time, in June, he posted pictures of that. And there was even some discussion, is this real? Was he faking injuries? And I, I thought they right. were. I thought it was probably real, but now we know for sure it's real. And he even described at the time. I, I forgot he, he rambled about so many things, but uh, it, now it hadn't happened yet when we had him on this show. So unfortunately, he could not have discussed that at that point. But uh, should have had him back on. We should have. I <laughs> I don't even know where he is. I, I, I'd like to find him again. I, I, so hashtag King, tell us about how you got your ass beat. I would try to dig up his phone number, but it probably has been changed like five times since we last talked to him. Yeah, I would assume. In fact, I think it has been. I think it got changed like very shortly. You lost after. all the numbers in your phone anyway. Who are you kidding? Yeah, I, I did. I oh, by the <laughs> way, speaking of that, I have a new phone. I have a, a new old phone. I have a new iPhone six or a new old iPhone six with sixty four gigabytes, and I got it. I from saw a, that. I got it from a user of this forum. I got it from of all people, Jay Searles. <laughs> it's got a backdoor on it. That, that's, uh, I'm a little worried about that, but I, I don't think he quite has that technical capability. But he doesn't have to. Just hire somebody. Yeah, I, I I think he's either too poor or too cheap to do that. But right. but uh, Jay Searles Jay Searles sold me this phone, and uh, he just happened to have one that met those qualifications of what I needed. Because what I needed was an iPhone six or six S with sixty sixty four gigabytes or more, and with iOS. Anywhere between ten and ten point two, but not ten point two point one. Only up to ten point two. The reason for that is only those iOSs can be jailbroken nowadays. And I, as far as the wanting a six or six S, they uh, showed a jailbreak of iOS eleven already, man. There isn't one. It's not released in the wild, but it was shown at a security conference. They showed it jailbreaking it live. Okay, well, but that doesn't help me if they never release it. I've seen those yeah. before. Like someone showed that for ten point two point one, and then it never came out. Like so. So well, you know what you know why they do that, right? So the, the security researchers or whoever uncovers it, they sell it. Yeah, they sell it to uh, you know private parties are interested. They sell it to police forces or whatever. It's a huge cash. Yeah, cap. and that's that's the problem is that uh, yeah. people doing the jailbreaking for fun and for the public's benefit uh, that's mostly gone away now. That's oh, too much money in it. Yeah, well, and and not only that, the the people who were doing it for purposes of having features on the phone that iPhones lacked. A lot of those features are now in the standard iPhone software. Yeah, why do you jailbreak it anyway? There's various reasons. Uh, one of them is I like to fake my location primarily so I can watch the Dodgers from the Dodgers market without being blacked out. Makes sense. But there, there's other reasons that I... 
some security related reasons uh, some just i want to have control of the phone related reasons i've just gotten so used to it i can't imagine not having it at this point like that so well, there are apps that let you spoof your gps location though that you don't need to have a jailbroken to use them i i've seen that but uh the, the problem is there's a f- there's actually a few different ways that uh the phone determines the location and you can actually have it showing on the map that you're somewhere else, but then the apps that want to really know your location can still get the real one unless you have a very effective one that really uh, changes all locations that the phone has. So uh, I found that only certain ones will work. Like the, the baseball app actually can see through some of those. I haven't you turn tried Wi-Fi off, right? Yes. You turn Wi-Fi off and it still didn't work spoofing the location. I'm surprised because there, there's there's a few different ways it determines the location. It, it's it's kind of strange. It's like it, it's like it determines it twice in two different ways, and and one of the ways it just displays on the map is is not. It, it can still see the real location even if you fake that. So you have to really fake the location entirely, and really trick the entire phone that to think that you're not there. So so there's that. And there's other. Uh, Security features I like, and other just little additional uh, features it gives me that you just don't have with a non-jailbroken phone. So, but I, I have it, and uh, whole thing you works. Think hashtag King has got a jailbroken phone. Uh, he probably maybe would have just a, a broken phone. Yeah, after this say, guy yeah, stomps he, on he, he probably gets broken phones, <laughs> but not uh, not a jailbroken phone. Oh, you know what? By the way, speaking of the fire, someone texted me about that, so it reminded me one of the homes that burnt down I was actually in for several hours in the summer in one of these fires that I'm not going to say exactly where but when one of these fires in southern california I was actually in one of these homes and that home is now gone back in the summer so anyway uh so when people are confused here Brittany Griner Clit himself texted me said what on earth on a scale from one to britney grinder's clit me and i pulled the chat and nobody could figure it out you really confused everybody <laughs> you really confused everybody including me you've never heard anyone do that like uh, on the scale of one and to then to then some like random thing yeah uh, no? all right whatever disposition is asking in chat don't you find bugs and issues jailbreaking your phone uh really no uh the, it, there's potential for it but I, I find it rare that there's something I can't do with a phone after being jailbroken that I could do normally if it was not jailbroken. In fact, uh, I usually don't find that at all. You do have a bit more of a risk of the phone, what's known as bricking, where it just completely stops working. Uh, though I do believe that my last phone that just completely stopped working was not related to the jailbreak. I think it just broke because I, there was no way out of what it was. It seems to be a hardware thing, and it was an old phone. So, uh, anyway, I've never I mean, had a problem. Yeah, I mean, you know I'm in the tech biz, right? Yeah. I, I don't have time for this shit. I don't jailbreak my phone. I just want the fucking thing to work. I don't want to deal with having to re-jailbreak it. I don't want it to deal with any kind of, any of that stuff. Call me lazy, but I use, I use uh, my phone just for, you know, for work. And I, when I turn it on, I want it to work. And I don't want to have to dick with it every other month when an update comes out, you know? But I don't. The thing, I just stick with the old iOS. In fact, there's there's some advantage to sticking with the old iOS until until it becomes obsolete and, and none of the apps work anymore. Because uh, sometimes the older the newer iOSs on older iPhones will not work well with it, and it'll be sluggish, and it'll ruin the phone, and then there's no way to downgrade. So 
it's sometimes a good idea to stick with an old iOS as long as you can. I guess. I think you're going to end up in the same situation you are with the the forum software in the chat. That's, you, have, you have to give the, the forum software. I'm going to def- the, the forum software is that, that's fine. They work exactly as I needed to. Now the chat, admittedly, that has some problems, but uh, in my defense, there's not that much in the first place. That uh, um, oh, you know, like there's some other little features, but like like for example, um, I can clear the cache of any app. Individually, if I want, if I need to create space, if I'm starting to run out of space, and there's one particular app that's hogging space, I don't. Yes, you can do it by deleting the app and re-downloading, but what a pain in the ass! Here, here I can just go. I want to clear this app's cache and can do it. There's little things like that. I like having the control. There's even a file manager I have where I can move individual files around within the iPhone, which normally will not let you do that, and you can accomplish certain things with that. So it's just I, I like having the control. I've always felt like I want to control the device. I don't want it controlling me. I would talk to you about it more, but I don't want to bore the shit out of people. So okay, well we won't. Cool. We won't. So okay, I think people want to hear about hashtag King getting his ass kicked. Well, you know? uh, so I don't know how much there is more to say about this. He he. I mean, this was back in in June. Uh, it, it looked like there was a type of thing in that video that he could have really been hurt badly, like if he was kicked in the head. It's the type of thing which you know on TV when people have a, a fight and you know they, you can make like a brutal beating on TV and then like a, in the next scene the person has either a scratch on his face or, or nothing at all and they're like, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to be in a fight like that again. But but in reality, when when someone takes a, a, a harsh beating, they can have long term consequences. You ever taken a beating like that? Uh, not not to that extent of what it appears on that. Uh, on that video, but uh, but it appears that from from what we saw of his subsequent po- uh, social media posts, because this was back in June, that while he did look, you know, his face was was kind of uh, uh, was injured and, and swollen and had cuts and bruises and stuff, it, it didn't look as bad in the aftermath as you would expect from watching that video. So, in case you think he he was really, 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 really hurting after that, I think he. And also, keep in mind he he actually afterwards he actually the, the 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 video ends with him getting up and being pointed to a chair to sit down, and they did, which is kind of amusing. Like he gets his ass kicked on the ground, and he's getting kicked and punched, and then the guy backs off and like points to a chair, like, "Okay, now sit over there." <laughs> so he just like gets up and sits over there. But well, like, I'll like, tell you, man. I mean, I I I had my ass kicked like that one time. And it, it doesn't really hurt at the time. You're more just dazed than anything else. And I'm, I'm sure that at that point he just wanted to do anything he could to make the beating stop. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm, at that point, you're all adrenaline, you're all reaction, and the actual pain of the of the event isn't really kicking in. It's more like stunned than anything else. You know? Yeah, that's what I've noticed before too from from fights in the past where uh, the, the pain really does come somewhat later. And uh, so I, I'm sure he was in pain a good deal after this, but I'm just saying it, it doesn't look like he sustained any major oh, injuries. Yeah, the next few days he was yeah. in a lot of pain. But, I guarantee that. But I don't, think he <laughs> suffer, I don't think he suffered any major injuries is, is what I'm trying to say. So I don't know. Depends on where he was kicked. So, <laughs> so I, I think the reason he's vanished is, is mostly because he's just broke and what just happened there in June. In fact, we didn't see that much more of him after June because – we had covered that he tried to get into the World Series and that Seth Polanski denied him. And then he posted the letter that Seth Polanski sent to him. Or the email Seth Polanski sent to him. Sent to him. So that was pretty much... I think then he appeared on Live at the Bike after that and then he just vanished. So it wasn't that long after this beating, but he was around for some time after this beating. And then we haven't heard of him 
or have really heard from him, I think, in the last few months. So, uh, remember when he was at the uh, the Chabad when we talked to him on this show? He mm-hmm. even, even put some of the, the the rabbis on there, and they're saying, "Oh, he means well. He's just a big teddy bear." <laughs> it's Whatever. Funny. I wonder well, what that they... big that big teddy bear got some of his stuffing pulled out. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what they think. I'm sure he did something there to piss them off too. Like he he really can't survive anywhere without burning bridges. He's he's uh he's burning bridges faster than uh, the fires are burning homes here in, in Southern California. So, uh, not much more to say. If he reappears, I'll try to get him back on the show. We'll ask him about this. Maybe he'll even tell us about who did it. Maybe maybe we'll th- solve the, the mystery. That's the other question. How did hashtag King not know who did it? Was he afraid to say? Like, it very well could be. I mean that that makes it more likely that uh, you know. He's connected. Well, no, it doesn't really change anything, right? Because either the guy is connected with the mob in some way, and he just does not want to say anything at all, or it is just some dude at the poker table that he met him there the first night, had no idea who the fuck he was. You know? Yeah. I, I got a text from the seven seven three saying, "Hi, I'm a female listener. I, I keep getting ones like this, and then they don't answer further. I've, I've gotten one from from seven o two in the Vegas area that in the past like week or so that." claim they're a female listener and they, they put like one critical thing about the show that they wanted to see more uh hi more pro- i'm a female listener. <laughs> yeah it was probably like that wearing? yeah it was it was probably like that <laughs> they want to see more prank calls and that that i'm ruining the show by not doing enough prank calls and oh by the way i'm a female listener so i said okay so what you know what's your story do i know you no answer okay so that's that uh this one texted me here hi just hi i'm a female listener from the 773 i i texted back do i know you nothing so i i don't know I, just say, you know, tits or it didn't happen. The problem these days is that tits doesn't prove anything. There could be a surprise no, down it below. It proves absolutely nothing. It could be a, <laughs> a big surprise down below. So, well, not just that. I mean, it's not like it's hard to Google boobies and... Well, <laughs> I could, I could, have, them, way, you know, I could hold, have them hold something up or something, a sign or whatever to prove that it's a current picture. But it, They it, photoshopped the moon landing, Druff, and that was many years ago. They can easily <laughs> Photoshop boobies. Let's not even get started with that. Here, I'm getting some more. Te- <laughs> I'm getting some more texts coming in here. Uh, Hi, I'm a male listener. Would you like proof? Now, now and, oh, and, and, and right at the same time, I get from uh, an international phone number from from Australia. I'm a male listener. LOL. So now, now all Fantastic. these guys want to. All these guys listening to the show want to send me pictures of their dicks. That's great. I yeah, you're just going to get dick. I, pics I shouldn't left have brought, and right. I shouldn't have brought this up. Okay. Uh, you better stop talking about it because you're you're going to get assaulted by sausage. I will. I, I, I think if there's any attached pictures, I just won't even open them. Yeah, and just what, whoever, anyone who's out there, please, I'm appealing to you. Do not send Ruff any oh, dick on, pics. All righty. <laughs> David Bezoff, the former CEO of Amaya, who was the... Main man at Poker Stars for a while after Amaya bought Poker Stars, and in fact, he was the one behind that decision to change the Supernova Elite benefits and got people very angry. He's no longer the CEO because of an insider trading probe, and the trial is set to begin on December 11th. So the question is, will he be convicted? Is there enough evidence to convict David Bezoff of Insider Trading. Here's what's going on. David Bezoff, it's very simple. 
he is accused of buying a lot of shares in Amaya right before it was announced that they're going to be acquiring PokerStars, at which point the stock shot up and he made a lot of money. He's also accused of uh, tipping off others that uh, this was going to happen, and then they bought stock in Amaya and also made a lot of money. For example, uh, there's a uh, Toronto financier named Yoel Altman. I, I, I think he's a Christian, by the way, Yoel Altman. But Yoel Altman is in Toronto. I wonder if he knows Hashtag King. Uh, he, he wrote at one point, uh, we just need to get ahead of these shorters and prop desk guys like we've done before, referring to buying the stock. Uh, Altman actually bought uh, a lot of his own Amaya stock shortly after, uh, or shortly before the Amaya deal to acquire PokerStars was announced. And uh, also, one of Bezov's childhood friends named Benjamin Adut also apparently bought stock with the tips that they were going to acquire PokerStars. So this is very illegal. And uh, some people have called David Bezoff the Martha Stewart of online poker, referring to her own insider trading problems. Yeah, it's not the first thing I think of. I think of, like, he's baking cookies somewhere. <laughs> Why is that? I'm not getting the reference again. Martha Stewart? Oh, he is. Okay, I thought you meant... Okay, I, I was backwards on this one. I get, I get it now. God, Jeff, are you feeling all right tonight? I, I'm, just, I'm just worried that you frazzled by the fire? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm worried this, this lovely radio studio I have here is going to burn down. You're packing your go bag as you're doing radio, so you're distracted? Benjamin's actually taking this very seriously. He actually packed a bag. There you go. He actually said, I better pack a bag tonight in case the fire happens. That He was. Uh, he actually brought the bag to me. He wanted, to sit next, he wanted it to sit next to me during radio. I said, no, why not? you should just keep it. You know, I've got to get you anyway. And I told don't, him... Don't eat the candy you put in there, man. I, I told him the good thing here... The fact that I stay up so late, especially on the night of radio, I said, this is a good thing because I'll be around to see it. The, the biggest danger to people during these fires is that they're sleeping, and by the time they wake up, uh, and, and, and you know, the whole house is burning, and they can't get out. So here, at least yep. if anything's happening, unless I, I, unless I just can't finish a radio segment, and it's like, oh, this is such a good segment. It's such a good phone call. I can't, I can't end it just when the segment's over. Well, that, that's actually what I was thinking when we are talking about this earlier. I'm like, it's probably good if you do radio. You know, you're awake. If anything goes on, you can you'd be out of there real quick. Yeah. So, hey, um, you know, regarding this Bezoff thing, uh, Bobby Orr is telling me that uh, and he lives in uh, in Canada. It's apparently, uh, Bezoff pissed off someone high up in the Quebec government. And if that's true, I mean, the guy's just fucked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're going to make sure that all the the special prosecutors get on his ass. You know. Yes. And uh, apparently they're they're claiming they really have the goods on him. Let me see what it says here. They, oh, wait, they're also by the way they're also looking into potentially uh, illegal political contributions that he made in 2014 to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo mm. because it had to do with the legalizing online poker in New York. So they were interesting. And he, he, I, guess, I guess he made some illegal uh, campaign contributions allegedly. So here's the thing, though. I mean, for the majority of these white-collar crimes, you know, they, they pay some money, and then that that's it. You know, maybe they go to prison for a year in some 
some uh, nice cushy prison, but they they don't get the same kind of sentences that you see for some other stuff. Yeah, you know? he probably won't. I don't know how they handle it in Canada. Uh, it, the prosecution, by the way, uh, already they laid out the basics of their case already in what they call a trial book, and that's what has a lot of the facts of the case. And they they claim they're going to be able to show how Bezoff, this uh, childhood friend, Adut, and uh, this financier named Altman bought up uh, what was then depressed shares of Amaya stock with the information that they were about to buy stars. So uh, we will see what happens with that. This trial is on December 11th. For those of you that don't remember or don't know the exact details, PokerStars bought... Uh, or sorry, uh, Amaya bought Poker Stars and Full Tilt, which is now gone, in June 2014, for a lot of money. A lot of money, and uh, the Scheinbergs, who originally owned Poker Stars, uh, really made a big profit. It was sold for one million dollars. Actually, nope. No, actually, almost. Uh, you didn't hear it. Nope. Wow, this is this is just usually it keeps the sound for you like until I change something on Skype. This is just dropping like from now on I'll just ignore it. Just pretend, <laughs> just pretend you can listen. I, I, I bet you can hear it now, but the, it's actually almost closer to this figure. 100 billion dollars. It was 4.9 billion dollars. You can hear the sound now, right? Oh yeah. Okay. So that's that's a lot of money, and I think they overpaid, to be honest, because poker, it, it, it's been, you know, and I know they've, they've been able to add some users, and they claim they're, they're you know, they're starting to make, their profits are starting to grow again, but I, I don't, I just don't think online poker is, is a growing industry in general, and yes, they have other products they can build upon that, but they didn't necessarily need poker stars to do that. I know it does bring a lot of ready-made gamblers into it. But that, that's a very large purchase, $4.9 billion for an online gambling site. So, But that's, that's what they paid, and we will see if Bezov is convicted. Now, of course, he's out at Amaya, which is now called the Stars Group anyway, so that's not going to change who's in charge over there, but it'll still be interesting to watch. Now, here is something that is disturbing, Whenever I hear about people getting screwed by casinos, I always try to picture myself in the story. I picture, number one, could this happen to me? You know, would I get myself in this situation? Is this something that could happen to me? Number uh, two... You're talking about picture yourself getting screwed. I thought we were on the, uh, the porn star topic already. No, no, no. <laughs> so you, I, I try to picture whether this is something that I could see myself dealing with and, and if I would handle it the same way as that person and how would I be feeling as this is going on and sometimes you take these things for granted like you'll see a casino holding some contests for a, a really nice new car and you'll think oh that car is so cool wouldn't that be just amazing if I won that and you, you picture yourself maybe winning it getting lucky and getting the car and what you never picture is that the casino will just screw you out of the car and just not give it to you but that apparently happened. And I'll tell you how they can get away with, with this sort of thing. And it's, it's pretty disturbing. So th this is the story. It has to do with a casino called Viejas, which is in the San Diego area, where there's a number of Indian casinos. 
And that, that, that's the only way there can be casino-style gambling in California. It has to be an Indian casino. It cannot be a non-Indian-owned casino by state law. So there's a lawsuit that has to do with a promotion called the Dream Machine promotion run at Viejas in May of 2016. Uh, people who were playing at Viejas during this drawing would earn entries. That's the way a lot of these contests go nowadays, is that you can always get one entry by just showing up, but uh, this way it's... it's uh, you know, you can... You can it's not something that you're buying into, but but then you earn additional entries by playing. So the truth is that the high-limit players, the ones who run a lot of credits through machines, have a huge edge to win these things. Now, I'm not saying it's positive expectation to run credits through the machine just to win the contest, but uh, I'm saying that uh, you know the average player who plays low limits or you know, plays a few hands of blackjack, they're never going to win. They're, their chance is tiny. Because you may have one entry, and one of the high-limit players may have 100,000 entries. It can, it can be to that extreme, to where it's almost like just rigged for the high-limit players. And almost this, rigged. I mean, it is rigged. Yeah, it is rigged. So, so <laughs> Let's be honest. I actually, you know, it's funny. The only time I've ever won one of these, and it wasn't like a car or anything, but I, I think I won a few hundred bucks at free play. I was at Harris Rincon in the San Diego area, and it was during a pretty slow day. I think it was a weekday, and... I just looked around, and I didn't see many people playing the machines on the floor, and those that were playing seemed to be playing at lower limits. So I was running, like, $5 a, $5 a credit, $25 a hand video poker. And I was doing this at a pretty rapid pace. And they were giving away, like, they were drawing, like, once every hour. And again, it was based upon credits earned. So I was racking up the credits really fast. And I could tell just looking around the casino, I was probably earning it faster than anybody there. So I remember thinking, I think I got a good shot at this because I don't see many people playing. I'm earning a lot of credits. I bet I have like a much higher chance than everybody else. Now, still, me versus the field, it was very much more likely that someone else would, would get it instead of me. But I didn't think it was hopeless. Well, two things happened within about a minute of each other. First, I get dealt for to a straight flush draw and hit the straight flush. So the machine locks up and I have to wait for what's known as a hand pay because the straight flush is $1,250 and that exceeded the 1200 limit, which means that the, uh, that's a federal government limit. So they, they had to come over and give me a form and, and pay me the money by hand. I don't like hand pays, but that's the way it is. So I'm waiting for the hand pay and like a minute later before the hand pay gets done, I hear, okay, our winner is Todd Whittles. Todd Whittles, please come up here. So I was excited, but then at the same time, I'm going, crap, what do I do about my straight flush? It's just sitting there. If I walk away from it, someone else can claim it. So I'm like, hello, can someone come over here? I can't abandon this machine. I'm waiting for a hand pay. Yeah, my name got called because if you don't come up there, then they go on to the next person. So I'm like trying mm. to shout over there, but I can't abandon I can't walk away from the machine either. Someone else, someone else can grab my straight flush. Sounds like bingo. <laughs> so, so I'm... I finally get someone's attention who comes over and I explain to them what's going on and they said they'll watch the machine for me and just to go up there. So I did. And then I, I like had to, it was one of those like, you're seeing on the, the, I think it was on the Price is Right Plinko where you drop a disc and it goes dunk, 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 all the way down and lands on some prize. Yeah, that's actually a thing, isn't it? Well, there's, it's like, I think it's kind of like, a, it's from a game Pachinko. 
And yeah, they, they those are all over the place in Japan. The yeah. pachinko machines. Yeah, so this is Plinko, which is a, a like a game show version of it. So they they basically made Plinko at the Rincon. So I they brought me up there to drop this giant disc through there, and I think I got, I got a few hundred bucks of free play. So that's the only time I won it. And the, the funny thing is, I kind of had the feeling I would just because of the conditions there. But getting back to this, a person named uh, Marita Manipoon. Many poon. That should be the, that should be the name of a porn star. Would, <laughs> would you be surprised if the if the person who killed themselves today was was actually named uh, Marita Many Poon? But uh, Windock, man. yeah, Marita Many Poon. Uh, also, apparently, having a legal name of Anoma Sengvikze. I don't know why she has two names, but. Uh, she because many many poon is easier to pronounce, I guess. <laughs> but that's the newer name, yeah. So I, I maybe, yeah. maybe maybe she thought it was a sexier name. Maybe she is becoming a porn star. That uh, maybe you know, Sang Vixe just that just wasn't as good of a name. Whenever I see a long ass name like that, it's usually Thai. Yeah. So she, it says that yeah you know, she was there. You had to be present for the drawing. She was there. So they said, uh, Marita Many Poon, Many Poon. Is, is is there any is there Many Poon here? Oh God. And she came up, and she went out to the stage. They announced. I'm she googling won. Many Poon, just so <laughs> okay. you know. It's, it, I don't it, know what the hell I'm going to find. Well, it, it's M A N I P O U N. So, so she was up on the stage. They announced her as the winner. And then they, after she got off stage, they say, "Oh, by the way, uh, here's your tax form for uh, uh, the the value of the car is one hundred thirty four thousand dollars." So here's your tax form that you just won $134,000, you know, that's going to be sent to the IRS and to the state. And um, so she's like, okay. Well, at that point, they started putting a lot of pressure on Manny Poon to, to go. <laughs> you got to be careful with the pressure on the Poon drug. <laughs> to, to go to the back room, not the back door, but the back room. Now, being backroomed is something you never want at a casino. Being backroomed means they actually take you to a room out of visibility from the regular casino, which means anything that happens there, there's often no cameras, there's no witnesses. Uh, back in the old days, that's where they'd take you to beat you up if they caught you cheating, card counting, anything like that. Anything oh, that's, like- what, when, that's where stuff that happens in Vegas really stays in Vegas. Yes, sometimes your whole body stays in Vegas. Uh, yeah. So whenever a casino wants to backroom you, and, and they don't use that term. They say, come with us. And uh, uh, you should always say, I don't want to. You should always say, I don't want to go anywhere out of the public view. And if you're unhappy with that, I'm happy to leave. Because the, they, they have a right to hold you for the police, but they don't they, – they, can't force you to backroom you, especially if uh, you're not – And what if you got a bunch of chips on the table? That's well. They're supposed to hold those for you, but the but the the problem, the thing with backrooming is if if they suspect, if they have reasonable suspicion that you've been cheating and can show it later that you were actually cheating, then they can backroom you, and it's kind of hard for you to uh, fight that. But they can't force you to be backroomed over legal things, even things that are against the rules, such as card counting, uh, such as any other thing that they're just not happy about. They can't backroom you. You can always just say, "I want to leave instead," and they have to let you leave. So. As long, again, as long as you're not accused of actual cheating. So she was not accused of cheating, in case you think that's where it's going. She was not. But for some reason, the VA house managers were very, very much putting pressure on the Manny Poon to get her to go to the back room. Now, 
she does concede they were not violently doing so. They were not grabbing her and dragging her by her hair into the into the back room. They weren't grabbing her by her mani poon. They weren't doing that. They were just they weren't doing a Trump grabbing her by the pussy. No, no. But they were very, very strongly insisting. Please come with us. Please come. We really need to talk with you in, in, you know, in the back here. Please come with us. We really need to discuss this. Something very important. There we need are to talk times about. that you got to be firm with the poon, Druff. That's yes. for sure. So the poon was not firm here and went back there. And at mm. that point, they put a lot of pressure on the Manny Poon to not accept the car and to accept a much smaller sum of cash instead. And... Uh, and they were claiming that uh, that would be better for her. They kept trying to say, "You don't really want this car. This is the the, the car. It's, you know, it's, it's technically worth one thirty four k. You know, you don't really want this. It was an Aston Martin, by the way. But that uh, nice car. But that you don't really need this. You know, yeah, we, we know most people that you know it's exciting to win this, but it's not practical. Why don't you take this cash? We can't give you one thirty four k, but it's better for everybody. You know, you know, why don't we just do this? We'll announce you won the car, but then we'll just give you the cash. It saves you the hassle of selling it. If you sell it, you won't get as much cash here anyway. They they they, they tried a very high pressure sales pitch to make her feel like she'd be a fool to take the car, and that she should take this much smaller sum of cash. So, uh, and, and when she said no, they just kept going and going and going. Uh, this is what it says, as she filed this lawsuit, this is what it says in the lawsuit, the, according to her attorney. After receiving her public congratulations and posing for promotional materials, Ms. Manipoon was escorted into a back room by one or more defendants and subjected to a high-pressure sales pitch in which she was strenuously encouraged to forego her entitlement to the car and instead accept a relatively de minimis sum of cash, I like this de minimis, uh, compensation, mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, on the apparent theory that such would afford her appreciable tax benefits. So I guess they were all saying, if, you know, tax-wise, it's uh, you know, the, 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 sh- you know, why would she want to take a car that's supposedly worth one thirty-four k and then owe a lot of taxes on that when they could give her cash that's less and then she'll have a, a less of a tax burden. So, so anyway, the Manipoon wasn't having it. She said that she she resisted it. She said no. She said I won the car. You announced I won the car. I want the car, and she wouldn't budge. So finally, VA said, "All right, fine, fine. You're making a big mistake, but fine." They gave her the 1099 tax form for the 134k, and the Manipoon. Yeah, you know, she felt like they were kind of crappy to do this and not accept no for an answer. But she thought, "Okay, it's done. I'm getting my car." Except they never delivered the car. Hmm. So, uh, this is what else the lawsuit says. Thereafter, when uh, oh, by the way, she she also contacted both the casino repeatedly and the dealership that was associated with this promotion in San Diego, the Aston Martin dealership, and both just didn't want to talk to her. Uh, so the lawsuit says thereafter, when Miss Manipoon contacted the Aston Martin dealership. Through an in-person visit to its principal place of business, she was informed that it, that it was not in possession of any paperwork indicating her entitlement to the car, and to the contrary, that she would not be receiving the car. So basically, they said, you didn't want a car. We, we don't have any proof you want a car. So no, you won't be getting one. That's, uh, you know, we don't have any proof that you won this. Uh, th- now, this, th- thereafter, 
On May 12, 2016, Mr. DiBella, which is one of the employees at Viejas, called Ms. Manipoon and informed her that despite her consistent slot machine play, her success in the drawing, and her issuance of Form 1099, she would not be receiving the car or any substitute consideration of comparable value. Wow. What the fuck? How could they just do that? <laughs> what's, the, what's the justification? So this, so this left her with no car, and she had a negative win, also known as a loss, because she Ralph, still owed... the poon is getting fucked in this it, one. It really did, because the poon owed tax on a $134,000 win that she never got paid on. Because oh they filed the, they filed the form with the IRS, <laughs> so the IRS is like, okay, well, where's our money? Oh, that, that should be one irritated poon at this point. It was. So the poon decided to fight back. The poon hired very familiar attorney, not Eric Benzamokin, but uh, Maurice Mac Verstandick, who loves to take these gambling related cases. So he he's the one also suing those guys uh, from the Aruba PPC. Uh, he, you've heard his name associated with with a number of other lawsuits. That uh, and I, I have to say, it, when Mac Verstandig gets involved, it does seem to be the plaintiff always seems to be the one that's uh, in the right, in my opinion. And this one very much looks like that here. Well, yeah, this seems like from what you're telling me, it seems like a slam dunk. Yeah, well, uh, not it really quite. It does seem yeah, like the poon really got stuck. It did, know? but I'm going to tell you why it's not quite a slam dunk. It should be, but uh-huh. it may not be. Uh, so. Uh, a year and a half later, she she filed suit, which is just recently, and uh, and last week she sued three casino employer em, employees, and uh, also John Doe defendants one through twenty, which I'll explain in a second, and also the dealership European Motor Cars Limited, which does business as Aston Martin of San Diego. Now the John Doe thing, some of you may not. I mean you probably know what a John Doe is in terms of crime. Like if there's a, a murder victim and they don't know who it is, they label him John Doe for the moment until they can uh, identify him. But John Doe in a lawsuit is a way to name someone without the statute of limitations expiring. So let, let me explain here. Um, let's say the hashtag king wanted to sue that big guy who beat him up. But apparently nobody in the world knows this guy's name, despite a clear HD picture of him that the police have had for six months. Okay? <laughs> so, so nobody knows who he is. It's a mystery. Let's say the hashtag king wanted to sue him for, for, for assault and, and uh, everything related to that. Kick to the cojones. Yes. So how do you sue him if you don't know his name? What you do is you sue him as John Doe, and you certify when you're suing him as John Doe that you do not know his name. And this way, the lawsuit gets going, and that uh, even if the statute of limitations expires, let's say it's two years, the statute of limitations. So even if uh, June 2019 comes, which has been two years since the beating, as long as you filed the case in that time, if you identify him, say, in January 2020, then you can still commence with a lawsuit, and it has not violated the statute of limitations because uh, you've already named him. You just uh, named him as a doe. Uh, the, the only way this fails, though, is if you name if you name someone as a doe, and uh, you actually know who they are, then uh, and they can prove that you knew who they were, then it, it's no longer valid to do that. So, uh, for example, you can't just put does as a plate hol- a placeholder for uh, you know figuring out who you're going to sue about this later. Like they, you know, like you know, you can't say does whatever just so you can hold it over someone's head. Hey, I may sue you. I put you as a doe for the moment. 
So look at this case I filed. You, you better watch out or I'm going to name you as a doe. You can't do that because you already know who that person is. And if they could prove you knew who they were and their involvement, then, then you can't substitute them for a doe. But, but the thing is you don't even need to do that because if it's within, if it's within the this, this statute of limitations, you can just refile and, uh, and name that person anyway. So it's, uh, it, it really is mainly to, for the statute of limitations. And um, so anyway, that's, so does 1 through 20 are presumably 20 casino employees that also might be involved in this and maybe employees at the uh, car dealership. And the three employees who were named were Lou DiBella, who's one of the operation managers at Viejas and was the manager on duty at the time when this drawing occurred. That was on May 7, 2016. Chris Kelly, who was the manager of gaming activities at Viejas, and he, was, he had the management responsibilities over that promotion. And Linda Carr, she was the casino host involved with the promotion and also markets to uh, higher-end gamblers at Viejas, such as the Poon. So the causes of action in the lawsuit were fraud, conspiracy to defraud, breach of unfair competition law, and breach of unilateral contract. I'm not sure about the unfair competition law, but the rest is pretty obvious. And these claims were all made against all of the defendants, and uh, the only one that was not made against all defendants was the breach of unilateral contract claim which uh, was only made against the car dealership. So let's talk about the legalities of this and the situation with Indian casinos, because you said it's a slam dunk, and it sounds like it should be. You know, he, She wins the car, they bring her up on stage, say she wants the car, won the car, give her a tax form saying she won the car, and then don't give her the car. I mean, you, you can't have more of a clear victory than that, right? Well... I would think. I, you know what I was just thinking, though? This is a segment that we got to have Trader Ruski on. But doesn't he frequent those Indian casinos? I don't know. It seems like he goes to Vegas more, to be honest. He's he, always driving from one place to another. No, he's always driving. He seems to live in a car. But yeah. uh, I, I don't know if he goes that much to them. I, I've been to a number of them. I don't constantly go to them, but I've been to a number of them, including Harris Rincon, where I've been to a whole lot. So... Here's the problem, and I, I hate this whole concept. I, I, Indian gaming, there, there's exposés on this you can read on the internet. Indian gaming in California is a freaking disaster. There, there's so oh, you, you call Traderuski, it's like saying Beetlejuice's name. Traderuski, hello. Traderuski. Oh. What's happening, guys? He's in the car. Oh, go fucking figure. He's driving. He's somewhere. in the car. What a shock. And I was at an event, but I heard, <laughs> you know, my name. I just got out. I said, oh, it's a show. But, uh, oh. I mean, I'd say, I I don't even think I've been to one in California. I've been to, you know, I've been to Connecticut. Does that count? Yeah, that counts. It's not quite the same, but yeah, it counts. Yeah, I mean, so I played poker there a few times, but I, and I think I stopped. That what's that one there, Santa Barbara Drop? That's just like he's the leader. Oh, the the, uh, the, the Chumash Casino. The old Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have stopped through there once because my mom lives in uh, San Luis Obispo, but that's about it. Well, uh, I I've been to a number of them, and so here's the here's the problem, and this is one of these things where the the state attempts to do something which they believe is a good deed, and it turns into a gigantic mess. This is why, when it comes to gambling law, uh, 
it just needs to be straightforward. States need to just say either we want gambling in our state or we don't, or we want gambling, but it has to be in, in certain areas, or, or we leave it up to the individual counties, whatever. That's all fine. But when they start having restrictions on who can run them and, uh, you know, or, or it has to be something that, that's offshore or, or, or near the shore, like, like for example... Or, or dumb rules like spread limit poker. Like yeah, it was yeah, like that in Colorado right, for the longest time. Right, Colorado has horrible. these dumb rules. Yeah, right. Where they put dumb rules on the games. It, it, it's terrible. Like, for, for example, in California, you still can't have a dice game. So instead, they, re- they do what's called card craps, where you draw cards instead of throwing dice. Like, who cares if you're throwing dice or drawing the cards? Yeah, there's no difference. So that's what's so dumb. <laughs> it, that and the fact that, like, like, there's also states where. At first, it was only allowed to have a casino if it was offshore, like on a boat somewhere. Then they start saying, "Well, look, why does it have to be offshore? How about if it's just on a boat that's, uh, you know, that, that's in the water but doesn't have to go anywhere, so people can board it's it?" It's like easily. the Jamie Gold rule. Yeah, right. So, you're right. so, so okay, <laughs> okay, fine. You can have it uh, on the shore. Then it becomes, well, since the boat doesn't really go anywhere sitting on the shore, how about something just within, uh, uh, you know, a thousand feet of the shore? Okay. Well, if it's a thousand feet of the shore, why can't it be a mile from shore? Well, okay. Okay, what if it went? How about just a casino with an aquarium in it? <laughs> so, like, this is the problem is that everyone's always looking for loopholes, and it, it, the whole thing just becomes a mess. So, in the case of Indian gaming, in California, there was interest in casinos. Like, there, there's a lot of people in California who enjoy gambling, especially because it's not that far from Las Vegas, especially Southern California. So, people definitely have an interest to go to a casino and play Vegas style games without making the 300 mile drive to Vegas. So there's the situation with the Native Americans, the Indians, whatever you want to call them, that uh, they have really never thrived in, in, uh, in California and, and elsewhere. And there's some guilt about that, that they were not treated well by our ancestors and that they were here before That's we were. That's a fucking understatement. But yeah. and, and they were here before we were and, and that their communities have a lot of problems and poverty and, and drinking issues and that you know, they just really need a chance to get out of that. It's a, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle. They're just stuck in this uh, impoverished lifestyle. If, if only they could catch a break. So some genius came up with the idea of, okay, well, here's an idea. How about we allow casinos but only if they're owned by Indians? And so they're the only ones who can do it. This gives them, yeah. This gives. They thought this accomplished a few things. First of all, it keeps the casinos away from the main population centers because the Indian reservations tend to be kind of out there. So this way, people can't just you know take a few steps out of their apartment typically and, and go down and gamble their, their paycheck away. That it takes some driving and some effort to get there, but but it's not nearly as far as something like Vegas. Uh, second, that uh, this gives the Indian tribes a way to get out of poverty and to generate a lot of revenue for the tribe. And, and third, you know, people want casinos, so this, this brings casinos to the state. So it, it, on the surface, seemed like a good idea. The problems then came in several ways. First of all, you may wonder, how is Harris Rincon, now, as, now known as Harris Resort, Southern California, how is that a thing? Obviously, Caesars is not an Indian tribe. How is this? How can they have that? Well, because they don't own it. The Rincon Band of Indians owns Harris Rincon, but Caesars just, quote, manages it. And uh, so, so there's those little tricks where some of these tribes start uh, leasing out or, or, or not leasing out, but, but allowing large companies to brand it and manage it where it basically is a casino that's owned by a large corporation, even if it's not technically owned by them, it operates just like one, and for the consumer, it's just like it's one. So uh, 
that whole. Right. And then then they can sit back. They don't have to do shit except pay their management fee or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it but is, then, right? but that but then that defeats the whole concept of, of, of what's this whole thing about? It's, it's just the Indians doing it. But, but then there's the second. That's just a small thing. You may say, well, who cares? I'm happy. You know, I'm actually happy about that. I like I like having the the a bigger brand associated with it. But the biggest problem is that these Indian reservations are considered in a way sovereign nations that rule themselves. Now they can't just do anything there. But there, you have a lot less legal standing on anything that occurs on an Indian reservation than you would anywhere else in the state. So many things fall under the jurisdiction of the Indian Tribal Council rather than any normal court you can take them to. So in many cases, now, now for something really major, then, uh, then the state can have jurisdiction. And and also, this, they, they can't just do anything they want. For example, sports betting, which we're going to talk about later in the show, that is illegal everywhere in the U.S. other than Nevada. So even though these tribes are, uh, on the land are supposedly sovereign nations, they can't just decide, hey, we're going to run a sports book from here. They, they can't do that. They do have to adhere to certain rules that they agree to with the state regarding what they will and won't offer there. And they're actually very strict rules, like the thing I talked about with the dice and the, and the card craps and all that. So they can't just do whatever they want regarding that stuff. But... There's a lot of legal areas where you have no standing if something were to occur there. And that includes most disputes that will happen at the casino between the casino and a customer. So if you sue them, guess which court it has to take place in? The tribal, uh, the tribal council. And I bet you know what the result will be. I bet you yeah. know... Uh, you're going to get fucked, just like the poon. Yes, exactly. So, so if you try to take one of these Indian casinos to court, then you'll have to do it at their court, and uh, you'll end up winning zero point zero. So that is the reason that this is not necessarily a slam dunk. So Mac Verstandig, the clever attorney that he is, found a way possibly to get around this little restriction. And that is to sue the individual defendants. And, and this way, they, he does not have to do this in front of the tribal council. This way he can sue the defendants, uh, the, 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 the uh, employees there. And uh, it's a lot easier to sue them in a regular court. And he was able to do this in a U.S. district court in, in the Southern District of California, uh, rather than... Uh, having to sue them through the, through the tribe. And furthermore, uh, this he claims that this also qualifies what he calls a, a diversity-based uh, jurisdiction because the Poon is actually a Nevada resident and traveled to California to play there. And he's claiming that this qualifies for interstate commerce because basically they invited her down for the drawing from Nevada she came from Nevada, played it, and got cheated in California. So this becomes uh, uh, a diversity-based jurisdiction, and, uh, and this can be filed in the U.S. District Court in uh, Southern California, which has been done. That's, that's where the, So this is native Nevada poon, huh? It is. So, you ever had native Nevada poon? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, 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 so what's, what happens here, and actually I, I have, if, if you must. You know. have for, for real, like native. I, Yes, I was I was in Las Vegas I, for I many years. I don't just mean you hooked up with someone in Vegas or in Nevada, but a, a an actual person that grew up in Nevada. Yes, yes, I was. Yes, in fact, okay. I, I I remember when when this particular person uh, came over. 
they talked about how uh, you know how, how different uh, Desert Inn Road used to be when, when she was growing up when she was a girl. So, well, at least it was a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I think I think I think there, you know what? Uh, yeah, I think there was one person who actually no two, but at least one of them was from Vegas. I think the other one was from a different part of Nevada, but. Uh, uh, at least one of them was from, you know, grew up in Vegas. So is that desert poon? Is it drier than your average poon? Uh, I, I didn't observe that, but mm. it, it may have been, I, I should have, I wasn't with her for very long. So anyway, uh, the reason that, that uh, also they believe they can sue these individuals is because they're considered uh, willing instruments of Viejas's casino's fraud. So the uh, the fraudulent behavior transfers from the casino to the employees who committed it. And since the employees are not, uh, they don't have the same protection under the sovereignty as the as the casino itself does. That uh, and since this was uh, considered interstate commerce, then they can sue them. The same way they would sue a normal person who commits fraud through interstate commerce. So it's pretty clever. I don't know if it'll work, but it's pretty clever. So that's why they're suing these three managers there. Actually, two managers and a host. So this is a very stupid situation. I'm I'm very frustrated. By, By the way, something else, another big problem with the Indian casinos is that typically they're enriching a very small percentage of Indians, even within that same tribe, where a few Indians get really, really rich, and the rest of them stay poor. Very, The community gains very little from this. And often, these Indian casinos... Wait, Truff, Truff, I'm a big believer in the whole noble savage thing. Are you telling me that these people are not pure as the driven snow and distribute the wealth equally? No, no. That, I hate to disappoint you, but yeah, that's that's the case. And And... Sometimes these are also just tiny tribes to begin with, where they're just. Some, there's actually been like three-person tribes that have gotten casinos before. The the, the Viejas is not like that, but uh, that'd often, be sweet, man. I want to start up my own tribe. Yeah, I kind of do too. I I, I, you know, I guess if Elizabeth Warren got away with it, maybe I could too. So, yeah, that that would be sweet. But yeah, so this does not even achieve that goal. There's been exposés and investigations on this, you know, by people in the media that have shown that this whole thing is a sham. That it's just getting a few select Indians really rich. doesn't help the community much. They have this sovereignty they can hide behind and screw people. I can't believe the state of California allows this. They should have said, if there's any issues, that you have to give up your sovereignty over these casino disputes. Anything that comes up, you you have to waive that and allow allow the casino to be sued in regular court and uh, that you can't hide behind this. And if you don't like that, then you cannot have your Indian gaming because to, to say that they can be their own judge during an ex- executioner in these matters is crazy so that's that's the problem and that's why if well, and this just goes to show you Druff like people are the same the world over you know I mean it's, it's the same in with uh, Indian culture as it is with in, in the US and everywhere else I mean the the few are, are out to enrich themselves, and uh, pretty much everyone else gets fucked. Yeah, and you know? this is why you can, you can't just trust casinos or, or any enti- any business entity to act in your interest. It's it's like 
back in the days with uh, with poker stars and full tilt or you know, regulating themselves. Uh, uh, what happened with Black Friday is not a surprise because yeah. there was no one really regulating them. They, they had a Mickey Mouse regulator that didn't really do anything, but that, that didn't mean anything. They were, they, they were self-regulating, and people just assumed they're large, they have a reputation, they're not, they're not going to mess it up. Well, no, they, they did. Uh, look what Full Tilt did. Look what UB did. Look what so many other smaller rooms did. Yeah, and that, that talk with Mattisau was, was kind of fun, by the way. But, I mean, he's definitely right about one thing he said, is that they, they were just fucking greedy. I mean, the first thing that you do when you run into an unexpected crisis like this is you cut people off from yeah. the distributions that they're taking. Exactly. You know? Yes. But the but the greed took over. Yes. You know? And that's what happens here. So, so and let me tell you about these Indian casinos. They are notoriously frugal. They, you, you'd think a casino would say, hey, look, we're making so much money. The, the odds are all in our favor. We, we, you, know, you would think a casino is like a license to print money. But honestly, somehow a lot of them screw it up and lose money anyway. And... So they they get very sensitive these casinos. Well, that's that's again very similar to full tilt. You know what happens when you give a bunch of people with no business experience a bunch of money? Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, they'll find ways to fuck it up. So that's so so these casinos they get so worried whenever anything happens that someone wins that uh they feel they can't afford. Now what's so ridiculous about this is they actually this was their promotion. They they made up the promotion. This wasn't like an advantage player coming in and screwing them. This was their own promotion that they invented. And then I don't know if they really just thought when they did this that they would just be able to talk someone out of winning the car. Maybe they have successfully talked others out of taking the car in the past and felt like this was a great marketing tool where they don't actually have to give it away. They can give away something much less. So yeah, this was not a grinder or a rounder. This was some sweet little poon that just came in there. That's what know? it was. Yeah, that's what it appears. So, um, so and then it seems like they they got mad. It wasn't like they just tried the high pressure sales pitch and then finally gave up. They actually got mad that she wasn't going for it, and then just said, "F you, you're getting nothing." It's just a punisher for it. That's what mm. it looked like. So, but but I've seen these casinos for over the smallest thing that they feel is harming their bottom line. That they screw people. I've even seen ones that are not really screwing people, but like, for example, I know someone who got banned from Harris Rincon for posting critical things on the internet about them. And they actually didn't get fully banned. They got no offered. They, they, they were told that they will never have a promotion there again and that they will get no offers from there ever again. This was someone who was playing a lot and losing a lot of money there, too. So that, that's how prideful they were there, that they actually... Uh, that's they, ridiculous. Yeah, they actually told them for writing bad things about them on the internet that they're not going to get any more promotions. They're not banned, but they're not going to get Why would you why would you ever not continue giving offers to a whale that comes in there? He wasn't a whale, but it was a, it was a frequent player who was not a positive expectation player. Well, it, was he playing for a decent amount of money? Decent. Not, not like a super high limit guy, but like someone who who huh. would come in and play, you know, $5 credit video poker on a regular basis. I mean, I would <laughs> I would call that guy a GI Guaranteed income. It was, you know? yeah. So, so they, <laughs> but but uh, like for also they they downgraded a, a certain machine. I when I hit my six royals there in one trip, they downgraded the pay table on that machine days later, which I have no proof it was because of me. And the royals, I just got lucky. That had nothing to do with 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 the particular machine. I could have been playing a, t- a terrible machine, got six royals also, but but. Uh, they downgraded, and I, I thought that maybe it got their attention at that point to look at the machine, and then they noticed that one was a much better paying machine as far as the odds than any other machine in, in the casino. 
So days after I hit the six royals, it was gone. It was uh, downgraded. I think it's safe to say you had something to do with it. Yeah. So yeah, they they looked at it. They looked at what they paid out, and they said, "Fuck that." Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's what I thought. So anyway, they this is a big problem at Indian casinos, and you have to know that before you go in there that anything that you think you've won, they can screw you out of, especially something promotional. Um. If like okay, like let's say you just win a bet, and they just won't pay you, then you know then then you could start raising this issue with state regulators. You may get somewhere with promotional stuff. You you have no leg to stand on. Promotional stuff that would become a civil suit matter, and then they they can just give you the middle finger, and that's that's they knew this when they when they screwed the poon, they knew this. They weren't stupid. They knew that they could screw the poon and they could not be touched. They didn't think about this fact that the, the managers could be sued. This had never been tried before. So it'll be interesting to see if it succeeds. And hopefully it will succeed because that might make them think twice about trying this if they know that anybody who gets screwed by an Indian casino can go to this Verstanded guy and he can sue I'm them. I'm surprised that they can pierce a corporate veil that easily, though, you know? Because that's one of the whole points of starting an LLC or an S-Corp or whatever is that you can't be personally sued for this stuff. Um, you know, outside of certain egregious infractions. Well, I think he's trying to claim this was an egre- like an egregious fraud that 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 uh, indiv- okay. indiv- individual employees committed. Well, we'll see if this stands. It may, may, it may get rejected, but he's uh, that's what he's. It's a uh, good tactic. Yeah, it is a good tactic. Probably scares the shit out of him. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they didn't expect this. <laughs> I'm sure they were very surprised. Yeah, they're they got they're probably like, you know what? They're having a little powwow, and they're like, you know what? Maybe we should just give the poon the car. <laughs> you know, just fucking give it to her. And uh, so, yeah, it's th- this th- this whole tribal sovereignty thing is so stupid, and it, this is just a terrible idea in general. There should be nothing in the U.S. where that much power is given to any kind of local government of any kind, whether it's tribal, whether it's not tribal. The, the state law there should always be a way to apply state law and and and, and take anyone to state court if, if if necessary. There should not be. There should not be a situation like this where you basically lack the power to sue someone if it happens on Indian land. That that should not happen here. That well, not- it sounds like the problem isn't that there's a local jurisdiction; is that there's no higher one, right? Isn't that the problem? Well, yeah. In yeah, other was- words, if you can't sue them locally, or they kind of railroad you locally, you, there's no higher yes, court. Yes, there's nothing you can do. That's yeah. the problem. There's, yeah, right, right. Right. So I'm saying that there, th- this is a problem. There should not be this court sovereignty. They, they, they shouldn't exist. They, they should treat these these reservations the same as they treat cities. They should, it should be considered a, like an incorporated city, and that should be it. And there's no reason to have more than that. There, there's no reason to have more than that because all it does is invites abuse. And I'm, I'm not just talking about gaming issues. There, there should not be sovereign, nation, sovereign Indian nations within the U.S., and I know Canada has that too. In fact, the Kawanakis, they, they, are, they like to say we're not, we're not Canadians. We're... Uh, we're a tribe within Canada, but we're our own nation. I don't like that. Uh, Druff, all <laughs> all of the Native American listeners are up in arms right now hearing you say that. Well, that's the that's, that's what's good is we don't have any uh, Native American sponsors. I, I don't think uh, doesn't matter. I don't doesn't think, matter. I don't You're going to have all the social justice warriors are going to be on your case for this one. Yeah. Well, they might be. The Warriors? Why does it got to be the Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just hate the it. The Braves? I, no, we can't call them the Braves. I, I yeah. feel that, that 
this just should not exist in this country. It, it should not exist. There should be this, the same sort of jurisdiction everywhere that uh, um, basically the equivalent to city or county level, and then uh, no special privileges will be on there. They want to give them some other benefits out of the guilt of the way the Native Americans were treated a long time ago. Fine. But uh, not something which allows them to abuse people who happen to be on their land or playing in their casinos. And that's what's happening here. You see, you see this horrendous abuse where basically they're untouchable. And, and there's no way someone could say that's okay. There's no, not just the individual action of stealing the car from, from the poon, but the fact that, that the poon had no legal recourse and that the casino knew it when they did it. That whole... Should not exist. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> Did you really go there? Oh, for real? Now, there's, there's one other thing I want to point out. You found a hole in the poon? Okay, go ahead. There's... <laughs> so, there was, a, there was an ad in 2015... That was against Poker Stars that Viejas put out, and they were trying to make Poker Stars look like you know those behind them look like horrible people. This is what the ad said: "This is in 2015." Because remember, this is the ongoing battle between tribes that are going to be using Poker Stars software and ones that will not be in the whole legalization of online poker battle for California. Because basically, it's known that. Poker Stars has the best software. Whoever gets Poker Stars is going to be the winner. So, uh, those that are contracted with Poker Stars want Poker Stars in the state, and those that are not don't want them. So, Viejas is not contracted with Poker Stars. So, they put out this ad two years ago. The California legislature should be trying to stop internet scam artists and con men. We deserve to be protected from corrupt companies like Poker Stars, which was indicted by U.S. government by illegal for, for illegal gambling, bank fraud, and money laundering. And paid $731 million to avoid conviction. So we need to be protected from scam artists and con men and corrupt companies. This is actually not directed at Viejas. This is Viejas saying this. (laughs) Which, given what's happened to the poon here, is laughable. Uh, PokerStar's parent company recently had its headquarters raided as part of of an investigation into violate, violations of securities laws, but this hasn't stopped poker stars from lobbying our state legislature to allow them to participate in online poker here in California, gaining access to every computer, tablet, and smartphone in the state. This is not right, and we deserve better. Better like what? The company that awards you a car and then refuses to give it to you? Please go to findyourreps.legislature.ca.gov, contact your state legislator, and tell them to keep bad actors like poker stars out of California. (laughs) This would be like Harvey Weinstein putting out an ad bashing sexual harassers. I mean, they write stuff like this, and then they just outright cheat someone out of a car that they just won in a promotion. Crazy. Mm. Yeah, you know, uh, Bobby Orr has got a comment on this. He says that uh, she probably wanted Maxi Poon, but she's going to have to settle for Mini Poon. <laughs> so he, he thinks she's probably going to get a settlement, but it's not going to be exactly what she wants. By the way, we may not have any Native American listeners, but we do at least have one transgender listener. I'm getting a text from 805 saying, Hi, I'm a transgender listener that one-step blew. 
Yep. Send, send Druff the picture as proof. Well, I'll tell you why I doubt this. <laughs> I'll tell you why I don't believe this, this supposed transgender listener. One Step, he was once asked about this on the forum. Yeah, it's, what, it's known that One Step, uh, he definitely likes guys. He claims he's bisexual. He claims he likes women, too. I, I kind of doubt that, but fine. Let's give him credit for liking women, too. But he was asked, okay, if you're bisexual, uh, what do you think of transsexuals? Might you like them, since you like both? And he said, no, that's disgusting. And people asked him, he says, no, those are freaks. I, I, I have no attraction to those. So that doesn't, How does that make any sense? It doesn't, but, but that's what he says. He thinks the trans... Because if you, if you like both men and women... I mean, I would think that your like your ultimate thing would be something that combines both. Yeah, right? it, must, it must just be a, it must be like two foods you might like. You know, you don't want them together. Maybe it's that. You know, uh, I guess. But you know, like like you don't put uh, uh, yeah, you you wouldn't put ice cream on your steak, something like that. So anyway, uh, this transgender listener, I I don't think one step blew you, but. Uh, Maybe you're a transgender listener, though. Probably not. But uh, so, Druff, based on your, based on what I know about you, and then also the discussion about the Indian reservations and sovereignty and all that, I'm I'm going to take a wild guess and say that you are not a big fan of affirmative action. No, Is that correct. I'm not. It's funny you bring that up because I just uh, I just posted about this on Facebook. Uh, oh. Not not directly about affirmative action, but uh, the reason I brought this up is I was having a debate with some with some people on the left who were on my Facebook actually you know it's like friends of a friend and some of them were asserting that uh if only middle america especially rural america if if they could just be more educated then they would just all immediately go to the left because all all you need is some education then you'll immediately realize how wrong you were and how the left is is, is what you need to join so i was telling them that they don't understand at all if that, that's what they're saying and uh and so it, it degenerated into this conversation where they were trying to convince me that uh you know when you, the only thing that when i was saying that col- colleges are are for the most part trying to uh, attempt to brainwash people to think only one way uh, kind of left wing way of thinking, and that if you dare think the other way, then uh, you, you can get you get ostracized. You can be punished by professors giving you bad grades if you like write an essay expressing a point of view they don't like. Uh, you can sometimes be attacked, uh, acts of violence if you uh, you know, express these points of view on campus. They, all, all kinds of things have happened and have been shown to have happened. See, they can even bring you up on uh, disciplinary matters and you know try to get you expelled or, or suspended for, quote, hate speech. So uh, a lot of things can happen. And I was saying that uh, college campuses, there's like no ideological diversity, no ideological tolerance. You have to think one way or, or, or bad things start happening to you. So they were trying to convince me that's not true, which, which is insane. And then they were also trying to convince me that the only thing going on at college campuses is that they're giving people, they're educating people so they can think for themselves and then come to the conclusion that the left, left-wing way of thinking is correct. And that's you know that's that's the only thing that's happening there. So so and they're like, well, all they're showing you is you know, that racism is bad, and you get to learn that. And I'm like, look, let me give you an example: affirmative action. This is a very co- this is a very complicated topic, and uh, you can't just say automatically affirmative action is great and right, and there's no could be no issue with it. Uh, you know, there's arguments on both sides 
involving that. There's the argument on one side that this needs to be done because of uh, you know, poor treatment of, of, of certain races, such as uh, black people in previous years. And then there's also the other argument that this is racism, giving people a preference for uh, college admission, jobs, whatever, based upon their race. That if, you, that if you really want to be fair, you need to completely ignore race and only evaluate people on their merits. So th- this is, uh, you know, there could be long debates about this. And I was trying to say to these people on Facebook that I'm not even trying to get into the discussion of it, but this is something where you can't just say, racism is bad, you should learn that in college, okay, therefore you must support affirmative action. It's not that simple. I said if, if, if colleges were really encouraging critical thinking, instead of saying affirmative action is right, you better believe it or you're a racist and you're horrible and we're going to bring you up on, on uh, hate speech uh, disciplinary charges if you say anything other, uh, other than that, they should give you, you know, allow you to learn both sides of the argument and calmly debate it and, and come up to your own conclusions. But that's not what they do. So that's what I was having that discussion today. But but no, I'm not I'm I'm not for any kind of affirmative action or, or racial quota system. I think that's so. Right. The the reason I brought it up, Druff, is that you're you know what you were talking about with the uh, uh, the Indians and their special treatment and stuff. It reminded me of something um, in Malaysia. How much do you know about Malaysia? Uh, I was there about 25 years ago, and I know some about it, but I'm sure you know way more than I do. So. The population there is probably like probably sixty percent native Malay, and those are uh, people that are kind of Pacific Islander looking, um, and they're Muslim, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. I noticed that when I was <laughs> and there. And then, and and then, probably a good thirty percent of the population is ethnically Chinese, and a lot of them, you know, fled. Uh, fled Mao and all of that kind of nasty stuff that was going on there. And ended up being that the, the Chinese came to Malaysia. Um, and, and there's probably another like 10% miscellaneous like Indian and, you know, some other Thai and some other populations like that. And the Chinese people came there and they ended up kicking ass. Um, they ended up doing like extremely well in business. And the prime minister guy named Mahate, who was a prime minister for a very long time. He's, I mean, sort of elected, but it's elected by his party, and it's a long story. But he was in power for a very long time. One of the things that he implemented was a policy called Bumiputra, which basically means sons of the soil. And it's essentially, if you just look at it objectively, it's affirmative action for the majority, (laughs) which... I just found when I learned about this, I found it absolutely fucking hilarious because, you know, there's <laughs> we have these debates in our country about affirmative, affirmative action for uh, minorities and whether that's legit and all that kind of stuff. Here they're doing affirmative action for the majority of the population. And it encompasses things like there'll be only so many spots in uh, particular state-run colleges. And all the preferential spots are given to people that are native Malay. You get better interest rates at the bank if you're a native Malay. Um, You also, uh, in order to, and this was their kind of gambit to get native Malays back involved in business, in order to run a business, you had to have a partner who was native Malay. Oh, wow. (laughs) And they would have to have 50% ownership of whatever the business was. So what do you think happened? 
this was instituted probably 20 or 30 years ago. Might actually, yeah, it's definitely 30 years ago. Uh, what do I think happened in what sense? Well, just, you know, I mean, how do you think the affirmative action for the majority policy worked out? I don't think it worked out very well. Uh, it did not. Um, what, <laughs> what actually ended up happening, you know, the, the idea was to get the native Malays involved in business, right? That's yeah. how, uh, or that's the reason why they instituted the policy of if you wanted to run a business, you had to have a native Malay partner. Well, what ended up happening is they realized that, hey, or the native Malays realized, hey, these Chinese businessmen, they can't be, they can't be in business without us. Um, so what they ended up doing is you basically would rent a native Malay. Like they would just rubber stamp this shit, you know, because they had to be there. They had to be part of the business. And Mahate's idea was that these people would do more. You know, get them involved, get them in the business, but it actually ended up that they did less. And the reason they did less is because they, the Chinese businessmen, they if they wanted to have a business, they had to have a partner. Yeah. Like, there's no two ways about it. They just had to do it. Um, and the thing that I find hilarious about all of this, though, really, is the, the policy is called Bumiputra, like, and it literally means sons of the soil, right? Hmm. The... The native Malays or the people that we're, we're talking about are not even the actual natives, right? <laughs> there, there were people called Orang Asli um, that were the real, you know, they, they're very analogous to Native Americans in the U.S. Um, they are the real sons of the soil, and they don't even have reservations. They don't have no fucking slot machines, and they're very ostracized in the society there. Um, but the, the reason I bring it up is it, it's just kind of an interesting parallel um, in terms of the same kind of thing goes on everywhere, you know. Um, and some of these policies, like, forget about where you, whether you agree or disagree with them ideologically, um, but there are tons of policies out there that have the best intentions and end up with the absolute <laughs> nut low results. Oh, yeah, I know. know. That's, 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 yeah. That was so frustrating. Yeah. And that's a, a lot yeah. of times it's not thought through. Of yeah. uh, pr- using it, doing it in a practical sense, and and there ends up being abuses, loopholes, uh, and and just nonsensical applications of it. That in order to, you know, to have to comply with with whatever the law is, and and also, you know, a lot of abuses can occur, and whenever you give some kind of exception to any group of people, you, you always have to think about can this be abused will this be abused is this the right thing to do even if you think these people have have suffered and you want to make these easier on them when you start making exceptions for only a certain group of people you have to look to see if those exceptions can be abused and actually be used to abuse others and if if the answer is yes then don't do it and that's what's that's what's happening with these indian casinos and so let, let me give you some advice if you are at an indian casino number one just know that you don't have that many rights and that if a problem comes up, that ultimately they can do what they want and they will prevail. So uh, you should not walk around arrogantly like, they can't do that. I can complain to someone. I'll, I'll go to the state regulators. You, no. Don't, don't have that in mind in Indian casinos. Like You may have that in mind when you're in Vegas. You may have that in mind when you're in Atlantic City. Don't think that way when you're at an Indian casino, especially in California. 
That's that's number one. Uh, number two, uh, in general, for all casinos, don't go to a back room. Do not go to a back room. Resist, resist, resist. Say, I do not want to go there. If necessary, say, I would like to leave. I, I don't want to stay here anymore. I, I do not want you to bring me to the back room. I will leave if you want. And then you, know, you need to let me leave. Uh, you are also not required... This isn't about Indian casinos again, but you're you're not required to show casinos your ID. If they want to say, if they say, show us your ID, you are also able to say, no, I don't have to show you my ID. I'm going to leave. Uh, yeah, they'll kick you out, though. They will. No, they will. But I'm just I'm just saying that if 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 you prefer that over showing who you are, then you can do that. Uh, also, with with Indian casinos, uh, don't screw around in, in the in the sense that. If it's something that you might get caught with and then end up in some kind of dispute, just just keep in mind that you will lose that dispute. So keep that in mind when you if you take any risk there. I'm not, I'm not talking about cheating. I mean, advantage play type risks. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't advantage play at these casinos, but you can, and people do, and people will actually make money because a lot of times these casinos are not run all that well, and they opportunities come up that wouldn't come up elsewhere with a more crack staff, but. Just keep in mind that when you do it, some of the risk you're taking is that whatever you're doing, even if it seems to be working when it comes time to get paid, you may not get paid. That uh, things that larger corporations would honor, they may not honor. So uh, another thing is the larger the Indian casino, the more power you have simply because of their reputation. Viejas actually is fairly large, which surprises me. Like they advertise at Padres games. So this surprises me somewhat. I'd expect this at a smaller one. But the larger they are, the more mainstream advertising you see them doing, the better chance you have of prevailing by threatening to expose them on social media, which you can do. And that that's your greatest power, is trying to make them look bad. Uh, but even there, as you see, it only goes so far. Because Viejas, which advertises during San Diego Padres games, pulled a, a stunt like this. So just keep that in mind when you play at Indian casinos, that they they really do rule the roost over there. And basically what they say goes, even if it's very, very unfair. And uh, what you... Uh, like in this case, I'm trying to think of what the Poon should have done. Let's, let's, let's say... The poon knew that this might happen. What do you think? But the, as your your average person, like, why would you ever? No, you wouldn't. You go but, in there with the expectation that that could happen. You would, I would but, never think that. that okay, could but happen. but now that we know this story, okay, let's let's say you're at an Indian casino. Doesn't have to be a VA house, but you're at an Indian casino, and you win a car, and then the same thing they try to pressure you to take the cash. At that point. Do you just say, fuck it, I'm just going to take the cash, it's not worth the hassle of them just giving me nothing and then having to sue them for it? Or or do you hold your ground and, and then see if you can somehow sue them by suing their employees or whatever their trickery they're trying here? Uh, because if, if, if it really is down to either taking the lesser cash or nothing, maybe the correct play, as, as frustrating as it might be, would be to take the lesser cash and then shaming them afterwards. It's not like they can make you sign a confidentiality agreement. You, you could take it and then, and then try to go public and really make them look bad. But yeah, the, but what are you, you're not going to get anything out of that other than maybe some satisfaction well, know, that lasts, you know, a day. But but I, I 
honestly, knowing this story, I don't even know. I, I don't blame the poon but, at all because it made sense why she thought she, you know this is what she won. Why should she accept less? I would. This would have been my reaction as well. I would have done what she did and then would have been given nothing and would have sued them. I would have done the exact same thing. But well, what would Trederuski do? That's what I want to know. Trederuski. Oh. I hope he didn't accidentally drive into one of these fires. No, nope, couldn't get off mute. So how much cash did she take? It didn't say she took nothing. She was she was told she was offered and cash. And we don't know how much she could have. And how paid. much was she offered? It we doesn't it, it doesn't say. Just a lot less, supposedly. Because for me, that's what it would depend on. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, and if they like say, if, so if it was like one twenty-five for the the value of the car, and they wanted to give me like fifty or sixty and no ten ninety-nine, I'd probably take that. Well, yeah. they didn't say no ten ninety-nine. They just said you're going to. I know, but that's what I'd negotiate. Because <laughs> they're obviously <laughs> crooked on their end. That's great. You'd be in there going <laughs> shooting for no ten ninety-nine. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that I'd probably do also. But but let's say they offered you ten, they offered you sixty out of the one twenty five with the ten ninety nine. Either take the car worth one twenty five with with a ten ninety nine that says one twenty five, but but they won't give it to you. So that but but there's but they they tell you you should take the sixty with, with uh, just in cash. And would you what would you say? If- yeah, I don't know. I mean, after hearing this story. Well, and I guess just knowing about Indian casinos that you basically have no way to collect anything. Yeah, that's the I problem. I guess I'd have to walk out there with something. Right. That, 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 I guess I'd have to take the 60K. And I don't even, what do you guys think? Right. I don't even blame the poon for this because my my feeling would have been, what? I, I want a car worth 134000 Yes, that's what you're giving me. And I would have I would have acted the same way as she did. But that that's the way most people would act here. But – once you think about it, that you really have no recourse if they just say, okay, fine, then we're giving you nothing. <laughs> maybe maybe I mean, you should I, take it. I would actively not want the car um, for a couple of reasons, not just you know the, the tax implications or whatever, but also, I mean, owning an Aston Martin is not cheap, you know, and I don't really give a shit about that, but it would really depend on how much less that they were willing to give me in cash. And I hear you on the injustice part of it, right? Because, I mean, that's the other thing is if you just kind of accept whatever they're going to give you and walk away, they're going to do this for, you know, they're going to do this to everybody, you know? Well, that's why I'm saying you could accept it and then and then make your story as public as possible to shame them. And it won't get you anything back probably, but it will uh, it, it will make it tougher for them to do this again and make them look very bad. And so I guess. That, that, I, that's probably, I think, like in hindsight, the right play. Though I don't blame her for the way it went down. In actuality, because you you win a car, you want the car. So let's they won't let's give assume it to you. that you are going to be ten ninety nine, Trader Ruski. What is the minimum amount that you would accept, given that the car was valued at one hundred twenty five k? I mean, I guess I would take minimum. I mean, not your first offer, but what you would finally just say, all right, yeah. probably fifty. 50. Okay. Because I'd look at it like, you know, that car you drive off the lot, you're losing yeah. tons of value on it, and right. you're getting taxed on 125 for a car that's now worth 80 probably. And, and if you keep it, you got Aston level Aston Martin level service stuff <laughs> that you're yeah. doing on it. Well, and th- and which I is believe not cheap. And I believe that's probably all the type of stuff they told her 
with this yeah. high pressure pitch about about how much trouble it's going to be, and she has to pay so much tax, and uh, you know why not just right. take the cash? It's it's so much better in the long run, and uh, you know, the car's going to be worth less than you leave. I'm sure all this stuff was dropped on her, and they probably convinced. I bet this is not the first time that's happened there. I'm sure they've. You know what? I get I get the feeling that the chief or, or some higher up there, that's his car. He probably drives that fucking thing around, <laughs> and that's why he doesn't want to give it up. You know, the, I'm wondering how the dealership. Fits into this whole thing. So okay, you got the you yeah. Got the I mean, Indian. is it an Indian-owned dealership draft? Did I miss that piece of the story? No, I think I would think no, it's not. It's so so. I th- I think they're probably just dealing with a shady dealership that that uh, that they tell them, look, we're we're going to advertise this car. We're probably not, you know you're going to get a lot of promotion here. We're probably actually not going to give the car away. We're going to give people an option to take cash, and we'll we're str- we'll strongly encourage that. And and uh, and so you don't actually have to give it something like that. Where maybe the asset maybe. That dealership is paying them something from for the promotion there, and knowing right. that a car is not likely to be given away. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because usually in these cases, that the, the dealership shares in the cost of providing the car, but maybe they right, didn't. and then the dealership gets it at much less than sticker price anyway. Yeah. yeah. So 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 that's that's probably maybe some of the agreement, the backdoor agreement they have there that they they probably won't be actually awarding that car, and it makes it a lot. Uh, more yeah, I can I can hear them talking about it now. They're like, "Don't worry, we're never going to give this thing away. This is a great promotional opportunity. No one is going to walk out the door with that car. Yeah, let's do it. You know, you know, in the movie uh, Vegas Vacation, I think if they did this to Nick Papa Giorgio, think if he never got his cars, it would have been uh, it would have been so sad. They wouldn't have been the, the whole family driving away in, in cars at the end." Disposition says you could probably sell the Aston Martin to Matt uh, Marfiotti for a sweet price. <laughs> Maybe the hashtag king also if he wasn't broke. Uh, I don't know. The hashtag king would offer you some of his watches for it yeah. or something. You know. All right. So here's Indian Casino story number two, and this is more poker fraud alert related. Uh, last week, Chico Loco called up San Manuel about a promotion that seemed too good to be true. And that promotion stated that if you open a casino, a line of casino credit there, that whatever line you get approved for, you will get 10% in free play, which is amazing if true, especially if there's no cap on it. Like imagine if you're a high roller, you get approved for a million dollar line of credit. Are they really going to give you $100,000 free and clear in, in free play? Because they're not saying you have to gamble. A million dollars. They're just saying you you just get 100k free play off the bat, which you can just run and leave. Which would be you know they didn't say specifically no limit, but there we did not find any limits or asterisks with legal language at the bottom with restrictions on this flyer. And what they sent out, they sent out a glossy mailer. This whole thing is shady. Let me let me start from the beginning. I don't know Alan Mendelson, who used to run the forum, which is now Vegas Casino Talk, which I run. I don't know how he found out about it. He probably got the same mailer. I should ask him. But he posted about this on his blog on alanbestbuys.com about this. And he just briefly mentioned it. So I mentioned it on this show. Strangely enough, Brandon was listening to the show. And Brandon came on near the end of last week and said that uh, he got a mailer from them offering the same thing. And what he said was really suspicious was the fact that he has never set foot in the place. Nor has he set foot in any place that he's 
that is known to be associated with him. So somehow, the San Manuel Indian Casino knew that Brandon was a gambler and sent him this offer. They sent him a personalized offer for some like 300 bucks of free play and $200 of free food and also this 10% bonus on this credit line if he gets approved. I'll bet they hired a co- one of the hosts that grabbed a list. Right. That was, that was what we thought was that it was stolen from somewhere else from another casino, and, like a, a former host, and brought it over there. So, so, so uh, I don't know how Alan found out about this, but Brandon got the, this offer stating the same thing. And the weirdest thing was Chico Loco called up, and Chico Loco, the routine was going to be that Chico Loco was going to have all this drug money that he wanted to gamble there, and he wanted to get a really high, really high line of credit, and that he had a very large bank account that, that he could prove, and that he wanted a very high line of credit. And, and how, how high would they give, you know, how high does the 10% go? And he was gonna, and then he was gonna keep making it clear without directly saying it that it was drug money, and see see how they react. So that that was gonna be the joke of the call. But at the same time, we were kind of trying to find out the truth about this promotion. It was like what I call a semi prank call. So the surprising thing last week was that they had no clue. They said they had never heard of this promotion before. So much that I thought at the moment that Alan was wrong. But then at the end of the show, Brandon came on and clarified that yes, this is real. In fact, texted me a copy of the promotion that he was sent. And indeed, that's what it says. So they had no clue. They even put us on hold. They, you can listen to last week's show. But they could not find any evidence of this. They told us to call back at 8 in the morning the next day and speak to someone. Your, your typical casino crack staff. Yes. So <laughs> unlike most of our prank calls where we're told to call the next day in the morning and we never do, this time, because I was really curious about it, I did call the next day. But this time as myself. Nice. This time I did not. Chico Loco didn't call. Colonel Fabersham didn't. I called as myself. And again, they had no clue of what it was. But because it was during the day, they had more people they could ask. And and eventually they came back and said to me, yes, you're correct. This does exist. We hadn't heard of it before, but we asked around. Yes, this exists. No, it doesn't have any limit. Whatever whatever casino line you are approved of, you'll get 10% of that. No okay, further. so that's how they can control. Right, but 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 uh, but they do want people to have a line. That's what I was trying to understand. Is that if you are a, a high limit player, they do want you to come in there with a big casino line. It's not so. So I don't think they're going to want to bring someone down there who's accustomed to getting hundreds of thousands of dollars of credit and say, okay, you get ten thousand. I don't think they're going to say. But then the person won't want to come. So that's that's where I wasn't understanding this. Is because if they try to limit it, then unless they're capping where the ten percent ends then uh, they're screwing themselves by refusing to give people the credit that they're accustomed to. So I was very confused about this. And I, it's about two and a half hours away by car from where I am. So I still didn't want to go all the way down there and do like the five-hour round trip just to be told, no, you can't do this, you don't know what you're talking about. Also, I did not have an offer. Brandon had an offer, but I did not. And they told me you did not need an offer, by the way. So Let's call them up. Give him 300 bucks to get him to drive down there right now. <laughs> so I wasn't sure about this, and fortunately, a listener of this show, who uh, you, you don't really know. In fact, I don't think anyone here really knows this person. But a listener of the show that I've communicated with before uh, messaged me and said that he would be at San Manuel this week and that he would look into it. So he went down there, and... I mean, you wouldn't believe this. <laughs> he had some other issues in there that I won't discuss because I, I don't need to give out all his private business. But <laughs> basically, they told him that 
this was a marketing screw up. They quote marketing jumped the gun. Okay. And that this doesn't really exist. That it, it, it may exist later, but at this time it does not exist. And then marketing put this out, but they're not going to honor it because uh, marketing Don't they have to. No, because they're in the Indian casino. Now we're back oh to the same thing. God. So, <laughs> so <sighs> yeah, it's really really stupid. So yeah, they said marketing jumped the gun, and then I'm going to send you something else. Because your average business, if they do something like that, they got to honor it. Oh yes, yes. Wouldn't that wouldn't that make them Indian givers? <laughs> oh god, you had to fucking go there. Unbelievable. I couldn't resist. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to send. I'm going to send uh, both of you something. I'm going to send you a picture. A very interesting picture that has nothing to do with this directly, but I uh, sent you a picture too. Oh, you did. Okay, one, one second here. It's not of my dick. Don't worry. So here, I'm going to send this to Trader Ruski first. Not Trader. I'm going to send it to Calwat first. You send it in Skype, right? Um. Oh, you know what? That's right. I can. Do, I was going to text it to you guys. But yeah, I can put it in Skype. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put it in Skype. This picture. And. You'll, you'll enjoy this. This is found in the bathroom at San Manuel. It, it, it's described as a dump. I've never been there before. But this was found in the bathroom there. It's a, it's a funny picture for two reasons. <laughs> this is in the bathroom at San Manuel. Are you looking at it yet? I don't see anything from you. I put this in the Skype chat of... Uh, I think I did. Um. Yeah, it's in the Skype chat with us right here. All right. I mean, you might as well text it. It's not fucking showing up. You don't see it, do you, Trader Risky? Nope. What a piece yeah, of crap. I don't see shit. What a piece of crap. Okay, I'm, I'm going to text this now. I, I want you to see this. I know it's it kind of slows the show down a bit. But I, I'm going to text this because it's so ridiculous. It's going to come from the radio phone number. And let's see here. Upload photos. I just when I, when I saw this picture, I couldn't believe it. No, it is in there, uh, Kawat. You just there? have to kind of click on that left arrow. Okay, well, really? I, it's I, not I, like popping up. You have to I texted it anyway. I texted it anyway to Kawat. Do you see it yet? I don't see anything. I don't see anything in my... Oh, wait a minute. You're doing it from the radio, right? Yeah, yeah okay, okay, hold on. I got something here. I got something here. What the fuck is that? <laughs> now, this is in the bathroom there. Uh, there's two funny things about this. <laughs> so, what appa- the fuck? Apparently, in the bathroom, there's a place that is like a hazardous waste disposal. I think you can. I, I think it's almost like a sharps container. You're supposed to dispose uh, razor blades or, or anything else. And that's needles hazardous. and shit. Yeah, that's anything that's hazardous. Razor blades, needles, anything hazardous. This is in the bathroom. And then for well, who the fuck is going to have a razor blade at a casino? And then, bathroom? And then the other weird, and it's a, a large thing too. It looks like. And then the other thing is on top of it, there's like six chocolate chip cookies for some reason. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're not very good. They're hazardous waste. <laughs> so someone took like six chocolate chip cookies into the toilet in the bathroom. This is like in a stall. 
Someone took chocolate chip cookies into the stall where there is this place to, to put razor blades and, uh, and, and needles. You know some-, some dude was just sitting on the toilet and just stuffing his face with cookies. <laughs> you know that's what happened, right? I mean, he, it's definitely what it and is. And he's putting it down on top of that thing that you store the hazardous waste. Look, if you're bringing cookies into the bathroom, you don't give a fuck about no hazardous waste, man. I, I bet it's something like the guy uh, The guy got some free cookies they gave away there, and then he had to take a dump. And it's like, Here's well, a question, Druff. What would it take for you to eat one of those cookies? <laughs> what? How much money would it take? Be, be for real about it. You walk out. Like, a picture, I'm there with you at the casino. You open the stall, and you're like, oh, my God. And I say... How much for that to, for you to eat? Sit down on that toilet and eat one of those cookies. Well, I, I have a good answer. I'll, right. I, I'll do it for ten percent of whatever casino credit I'm approved for. <laughs> what if you don't get approved? Well, then I don't have to pay you anything. Yeah, then I won't do it. No, but, but a dollar figure. What would it take for you to legit just pick up one of those cookies and not one of the ones that's sitting on top, <laughs> one that one that's on the bottom that's actually touching that fucking thing? Uh, I think if you gave me five thousand dollars, I would do it. 5K, you'd eat one of those? Yeah. All right. If you offer it, I'll drive down there right now and go get the cookies. For real? Well, if, if I knew the cookies were really there, then yes, I would go do it. I could get you to drive down there and post a video proof of you sitting on the toilet eating those cookies e- eating one for of the, 5K? Eating one of the cookies there that's, t- that's touching the, the bottom. You can pick any cookie of your choice. <laughs> I, I would eat. I would eat one there, and but the, I'd have to know. I wouldn't go down there if I didn't know they were still there. Like I, I, I I'm near. To, I'm near the bottom of my beer. I'm actually tempted, bro. Well, but the pro, I'm sure the cookies are gone by now. Is the problem? I'm sure they they either got uh, cleaned or eaten. So all right. So what happens if you drive all the way down there and you find out the cookies are gone? Well, that's the problem. That's what's that's. that's well, I mean, as far as our bet goes, because I'm legit considering this. Well, because I'm sure they're gone because this happened like two days. Do ago. I owe you anything? Well, yes, that's the problem, is that I would only go down there if there's uh, some kind of if there's some kind of reasonable compensation if the cookies are gone, because they're almost surely gone. That's the problem. It's unlikely the cookies will have sat there. I mean, I know it's San Manuel, which is a dump, <laughs> but I, I have to think that the cookies uh, are gone by at this point, like two days later. Uh, Isn't that the funniest picture, though? Like, it, it, What's so great about it is there's just two... Massively bizarre things about it that have nothing to do with one another. Yeah, Cookies who, in the bathroom. Whoever, store. whoever, <laughs> whoever, whoever did that is got some private shame going on. You know, you know what I mean. Like that's pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> like the picture. You're, you're, you're sitting on the. You're sitting on a toilet stall. In a little podunk Indian casino, eating fucking chocolate chip cookies. Here, I mean, here's the best thing about this picture. The best thing about this picture is that. With either of these two things in the picture, it would still be funny. With, yeah. ju- with, just, the, the yeah. con- with just the hazardous waste container in the stall, that's funny. With just co- chocolate chip cookies sitting in the stall, that's also funny. But here we have them both. We have one on top of the other. This is really the perfect, <laughs> it's the, it's the perfect picture. But let's be honest about the hazardous waste. I mean, that's drug needles, right? Probably. What else is there? No one brings razors into a casino bathroom it could be other things it could be like well for coke or math yeah yeah anything razors then they don't then they don't have the munchies anymore because they did the blow so they don't want to eat the cookies and they leave them there trader ruski you seem to know an awful lot about this not that that's ever happened to me before do you want to tell us about these cookies trader ruski 
<laughs> now, hold on. I have another question for Drop. What if the cookie's wrong, like the baby changer? T- uh, oh, no. Then, oh. Then, no then, oh. I, 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 then there'd be a lot more money. How much? <sighs> I'd probably have to kick it to like 50000 at that point. Wow, fifty k? Are you serious? I'm not going to eat so like baby shit on it or touching shit from a baby. I couldn't do that. Like at least here were these cookies on on top of this thing. I don't think they probably touched anything that like that bad. I think they're just sitting on top of a thing that's dirty. Yes, fifty k, fifty k. I'll eat a fucking diaper, man. What are you talking about? Okay, well, I'm just telling you. I don't. I don't. That that <laughs> just that grosses me out a lot more than the cookies on top of the on top of the giant sharps container. I don't blame you. Yeah, I think yeah. the, I think the, this no, was just baby, some guy. baby shit's a nasty thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just think this is just some guy, some gross guy sitting on the toilet, brought the cookies in there because he didn't want to lose them, you know, and then and then just left them and put them on top of there, and then just left them, whatever he didn't eat. So <laughs> he probably he probably went in there with twelve of them. <laughs> There's only like four or five left. I, I but, just I know. can picture this though. I I think they gave away cookies at some point. He grabbed a bunch of them. And then he had to take a dump. He's like, "Crap! If I if I throw these away, by the time I come out of the bathroom, I can't get these back. They're, they're not giving them away anymore. So what do I do? Oh, I know. I'll just bring them to the toilet with me." And then he goes in there and he's like, "Well, okay, wh- where do I where do I put them down?" And he's like, "Oh, perfect. Look at this thing on the side," and puts it on top of that. That's like human centipede level gluttony, man. I mean, you're putting it in while you're shitting it out. <laughs> come on. All right, we we got to call. We got to call here. Know? Someone's trying to call here, so we'll we'll take a break from discussing the. Uh, the the bathroom follies at Sam Manuel Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, are we talking about porn yet? No, it'll it'll happen <laughs> a bit later. There's on, the bad guy, mean, man. I mean, what are you talking about? We're not talking about porn yet. I heard prank call. I tried to call you, didn't answer. No, no, we were t- talking about the Sam Manuel bathroom and the Sharps container in there and the chocolate chip cookies. Bad guy, it's Kyle. What? How you doing, man? How you doing, brother? I'm doing, doing great, man. How much would it take for you, you to eat those cookies off the bathroom hazardous waste fucking container? I wouldn't do it, man. I have a weak stomach for shit like that. I mean, if it was vodka, maybe, but cookies, no. <laughs> Ruff said five grand. Would you do it for five grand? Five, what, what is it? I, I didn't hear what he was saying, man. I was typing in the porn okay, for us. Okay, there, there's just some... There's some I, got a whole, I, got a whole, I got a whole thing to... Jenny Anderson up in the porn throw. You guys are missing it. Okay. Well, may- maybe I'll take a look. Uh, bad guy, I've got a question for you. Since you're, you're very into sports betting, uh, I-, I know you're not yeah. that much into betting basketball, NBA basketball, but... Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I'm into it, but I mean, I actually did good tonight. I took over in the late game, and I took over at halftime, too, so I won both. So, okay, that, that's good. But so, so, uh, so, I'll lose a boat tomorrow. So, now, what do you think... I've been following you, man. You're making me rich. Okay, well, that's, I'm glad if you've been... That, that's what I, was gonna I ask do. You. I really have it. I'm not kidding you. Okay. I hate NBA. I can't I, stomach I'm it. I'm going to ask you about this. So, 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 I so far in my, I've made 97 NBA picks. I've won 60. I've lost 35. I've no, talk- you're asking me about your record. It's it's great. I mean, that's that's not that's a that's a big enough sample size to say that I know. What do you mean? I'm fucking following you. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Right I, to I, was, I was I was I was going to ask if. Uh, if this if this seems significant to you so far, that after almost 100 yeah, picks... Yeah, it does. I've seen your record the other night. Yeah, it does. I okay. mean, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? That's a great record. No, it is a great record. I, I, just... I, I mean, no. I think it's... An, I mean, they're going to say, well, it's a small sample size, but I listen, you're hot right now. Just keep doing what you're doing and keep going with it. I believe that. I think you're going to keep winning. I mean, you got something. You, you got something working with these over-unders, man. Yeah, that's you're going to get the public a lot of times, too, and it's hitting. 
Yeah, that, that you know what I I I've been watching. I I, ha- I stopped keeping track of whether the over unders and and the sides are winning, but I I think just from general observation, the over unders are are, are doing better than the sides. Yeah, definitely, your toes are doing better than your regular yeah. picks. So I'll I, tell you that. I, I I I may start focusing more on those and uh, and I, I'm starting no, to just keep doing what you're doing. If you if you overthink it, bro, then that's when everything's gonna then you're gonna be for real five hundred. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding you, man. Don't overthink it. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I know. So, I okay, well, I'm, I'm glad I got the bad guy uh, seal of approval here. What's, yeah, right. That's a, great, that's a great seal of approval. <laughs> no, it, you know what it is with sports Everybody's betting? Everybody's going to start fading you now. No, with sports betting, it seems like uh, you, you know a lot about this stuff. So I, I, I give you credit. That's why I asked you. So uh, we were going to talk about you this uh, you're, week. You're doing great in the NBA, man. That's, 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 a, that's a hard sport to... And, I mean, I believe it is. I mean, because I don't, I don't, I can't stomach paying attention to it. I just can't. And these guys take nights off. I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, if you've done it this long, I mean, what do you mean? We're almost the All Star break coming up here. I mean, well, it, ma- it matters. What more matters is that, but mainly the number of picks. So there's been 97 picks and 60 wins, 35 losses, two ties. So you know, I, I think that's. Um, well, you you tell me anybody that wouldn't take sixty and thirty five. Oh no, I, obviously, obviously sixty and thirty five in in, in, a, in sports betting in, in that way is great. But but the question is, how much of that is luck and how much of that is, is skill? But I, I have to think that it 60, doesn't matter. Does well, it really matter? It, it matters in the, yeah, of course it matters for the, for what to expect going forward. But I will say that that going, you know, in almost a hundred picks to have that type of record, you have to think there's at least some reason for it beyond just dumb luck to, to go 16. No, I don't think it's dumb luck at all. I think that you got something working. And I think the over-unders definitely are better, but I wouldn't just concentrate. I'll just keep putting out your picks. If you start overthinking things, that's when everything goes, you know, haywire. Yeah, it really does. Okay. So, uh, so bad guy, you got anything else you'd like to discuss tonight? No, I just thought we were talking about por- I thought we were going to talk about porn. No, the chick you posted in the thread, that's Jenny Anderson, right? Right, yeah, Chitam Pussy. And who is she? Was she I like? Thought, I uh, think that's when the porn star quit being a porn star, man. Am I right or wrong? I mean, well, me, I, I'm going to go take a look. I don't know how kilowatt is, but Jeff and I are over forty. Well, no, hey, re- remind I me mean, though, who is this? Isn't this someone like related to the show somehow yes, or yes, something she, like that? She, is, she was on the old. Well, Jeff can tell you. Well, okay, this is what happened with Jenny Anderson. For those of you that don't, don't know, uh, Jenny Anderson was uh, a girl named Julia. That's her real name. And she met Neverheeb, of all people, through a personal ad. And uh, she actually kind of raped Neverheeb, would you believe, even though she's like 95 pounds, she, uh, wow. because he was sleeping. And she like climbed up on top of him, and he kept saying, no, I don't want to have sex now. I'm too tired. And she kind of just did it and just didn't take no for an answer. And he said, for her. He what said was the was, name of the drugstore? Is that Long's Drugstore? <laughs> yeah, right. She worked at Long's Drugs. At the time. Okay, well, that's not Long's Drugs anymore because I tried to find a Long's Drug and image it. CBS took them over. Yeah, right. They did. That's what happened. So, so she. Well, that's why there's a CBS that, picture that's, in there. That's so. where she worked at the time. Uh, then some, like, so she came on one of the older radio shows on Neverwind Poker Radio, and then she she got to know Brandon, and uh, then there was some incident where she was got to know, got to know. Or well, got uh, to well know. I'll get into that. She she was coming. She was coming to Vegas and. Like Brandon had agreed to drive her from the airport, and then uh-huh. something happened where Brandon has decided not to. And she was just stranded at the airport. <laughs> That's in the, it's uh, in the thread, man. I put it in so, the so, thread. So that that happened too. And then then shortly after that, I, hopefully it's not because Brandon didn't pick her up from the airport. She got into porn. She she went from long drugs to porn, and she mm. started appearing. In, so we started having her on the show, and uh, and. Uh, 
So, as well, you know what she got me into? Full-figured women, because after I've seen her doing porn, I need some girl. I even put on the thing, I need a girl with tits in my porn. The girl has no tits. How's that a fucking porn star? Yeah, she, I she's mean, very I small. Looking, no, seriously, man. All of us on here, you, you've seen her kill a lot. Now, I put her on the thing, and she's I've probably seen, made I've up there. I've seen pretty much everything, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but she's fucking disgusting. I'm like, how could you jerk off to that bitch? Oh, I see. I That's see. not a porn star, man. I, I, I'm saying like the 90s, like the 90s and the early 2000 porn stars, they had some kind of mystique. Probably because you just couldn't click and get get to them. You know what I mean? Like maybe they wouldn't have if. And I know they were made up, but come on, this chick. I mean, I think I think they picked her up, and she got a slip and slide, and then she sucked her on Jeremy's dick. Well, yeah, so right you're, you're getting ahead of yourself. Yeah, up. yeah, he posted this in the thread. How's that hot, man? That bitch is not hot. Well, okay, so I so, mean, I fuck better looking girls than that in my time, man. I mean, I really, I mean, Yunz did too. I mean, everybody has. No, I, I agree. Oh, she, I agree. I, she's I not. think that's true, but I'll be up. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'd probably still hit it. Well, oh, not me, bro. Tell like, me my standards are low. I wouldn't, I man. She's, she's well, cross-eyed. Look at the cum shot. Well, okay. So, well, looks like fucking ET, man. Well, but yeah, she, she could have in her she eyes. She clearly and... is eager, and she has low standards. Okay. Well, it, well, I know, but <laughs> listen, but, but no tits, man. I mean, there's no boobs there. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's get See, back that's to where me and you guys differ. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on, bad guy. Uh, I'm drunk. I want. I, I want to describe. I want to describe to the listeners here. She was. She was with. He's posting pictures of her in a video with Ron Jeremy. And, and, like, yeah. and no, so, I did that on purpose because right. we had that on the other thing. Right. So she. She. She was in what's known as the slip and slide video, where she jumped on a slip and slide. And it, by the way, if you have kids listening, please turn it off. But she jumped on a slip and slide, and she slid down. Yeah, you know, slip and slide with the water on it. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And she slid down to the end, and Ron Jeremy's dick is at the end of it, and her mouth lands on his dick, and she she blows him from there. That was that was the video. Uh, Ron that's Jeremy, classy right there. Ron Jeremy, backyard production. <laughs> this is yeah, already, I think that's after she didn't get picked up from the airport, man. <laughs> oh man! one <laughs> bought a slip and slide. Shot. That's what I'm saying. They shot her right in the fucking backyard. There's nothing. What's the mystique in all that? I mean, like, what's the fantasy in that? Hey, I can I can go meet this girl at the local fucking bar and go get a slip and slide for ten bucks. I mean, I, I'm just saying, man. I, I, that's what I said. Well, Porn died then because they're talking about that girl that died. Now she was pretty. I mean, she had big boobs and shit. I mean, I don't know who she was, but I'm sure I've seen her. Well, okay, so she so she gets <laughs> this, this. Definitely does look like a low budget. Production, it, it was, but but, yeah, but I'm Jeremy saying, man, like, I can, I can do this on my fucking phone, dude. It roses. But well, now you know you know uh, bad guy. I hate to tell you, but Poker Fraudler has a rule: you can't just post this stuff you have to put in a spoiler tag otherwise people are browsing at work and this comes up it's a bad scene so i'll 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 fix it are you kidding me a spoiler tag i'm looking i can spell okay i I, I gotta fix it for you i'm saying we we can't normally have this on the site without a spoiler because you can't have tits and dicks no no you can but it has to be in a spoiler tag so people browsing from work know no we got the biggest tits in the picture what the fuck that is true, but her, her face looks like a, a glazed Krispy Kreme donut. It, it, it kind of does. I mean, holy shit. Well, not only that. I did like Never Heaves Me Too post about that. <laughs> Put Mark Landon up there, too. Put it on my post. She, you know, she, I mean, she, uh, she also reported, and you could tell in the video, that Ron Jeremy couldn't keep it up, that he apparently can't. Uh, get an erection or keep an erection. Hey, I feel like Ron Jeremy nowadays. I told you this before, man. I don't know how you guys keep it up, man. Do you have Viagra drug? Can I get some? No, I don't have it. I don't need it. I don't need it. You, well, you... I need it. Well, I think yeah, it's more. I don't, I'm I don't younger have that than you. problem either. I do, bro. I, I mean, I don't understand when, it. Man. When, when did that's this... what I'm saying. Maybe my. Well, hold maybe on. I watch too much porn. When did this start? When did he start having this problem? 
I'd say like three years ago, I told you it was on the radio even, man. I know, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I, sometimes, I mean, it's not a problem. And I've taken Viagra before when I didn't have to. That shit gives me a headache. So I went to the Crip Rhino pills. They kind of worked. But I didn't even get laid, but I had a boner for like two days, man. Those rhino pills work, just so you guys know. Well, okay, but but here's the question. Can you, If you're by yourself and you're jerking off or something, can, can you get it up then? No. No, okay. Well, no, that, I mean, it depends. It, it depends. Okay, if you, if, you depends. Have pro, if you have problems when you're by yourself, too, then it probably is something physical. You probably do need pills. If it's something that's only happening when you're with a woman, it's probably... No, no, I'm just telling you. The, the, if it's no, something, if it's well, so- telling, I tell you guys the truth on here, man. If it's something that I jerked off so much though in my life, it's pathetic, man. I, I was a I was a sex addict before I was a gambler, <laughs> like, and and I had a lot of sex, and I would jerk off with the girls that were there that were hot. I jerk off instead of fucking them sometimes. I'm, I'm not even kidding you guys. So I don't know if it's Why? like it, my mind. Or, like, there's Why? some things that get me hard, but porn just doesn't do it all the time anymore for me, man. Well, well maybe you're jaded. I'm tell you the truth. Maybe you're jaded. Maybe you need to hook up with one step. I, I, th- I don't know. I, no, I think I think no, it's... no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm not gay. Dude. I think something. Listen, <laughs> it ain't even close to that. Come on. This does happen. No. This this happens. I this... think I will one step. I, I think one step's fucking straight, man. I no, think he's he, no, just he, no, he's not. Shit, man, no, he's, he, he's, he's actually really not. Gay? He, well, he's he's at least bi and, and, and leaning towards men. That that's real. But but here what, a bad guy. I, I'm telling you, him, man. But I still hang out with him. He seems like a, he's he's funny as fuck. No, no, what's that? I mean, not, I, he ain't gonna come on to no, me. He's I not, mean, he, shit, my he, dick don't even get hard. Look, he's he's not bad. I, 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 I <laughs> might see it as a challenge. I, I don't mind one step. I'm just saying. No. Okay, so bad guy. Listen, I, I'm telling you that some people uh, at, at an earlier age than you'd expect just start to have physical problems that yeah, way. Yeah, but if you start reading up on that shit, Trevor, it says you might have cancer and all this other stuff. It can shit. sometimes I be mean, indicative like, of other problems. It can be indicative of other problems. <laughs> Fortunately, you know, two things two things can happen to men as they get older. Number one is that can happen. And number two, you can also just lose the sex drive entirely where you just don't want to really have sex anymore. You're not really that into it. I, it's not that, though, because I'm horny sometimes, man. But it's just, I don't know. What is it? Well, no, they're, they're not always related. I fucking cancer. I drink all the fucking time. I fucking chew. I mean, I'm a fucking nut. I jerked off. Like, I told you, man. I'm t- I had... I lost my virginity at 13. But I don't it's think that has like, to do I, with I it. I mean, like, I, and I was very, no, I'm telling you, bro, I'd have sex, and then after I had sex with a girl, i go and jerk off. Okay, after, I, I like, believe that. I, I believe her. that. I mean, I'm a fucking retard. I believe that. I but a I, retard back listen, listen, now listen. I'm not like that. Listen, bad guy, I'm telling you that I don't think that is what caused it. I just think you've gotten older. Maybe the drinking had to do with it, but but uh, you've just gotten older, your body's changed, and it, uh, so so it doesn't work as well anymore. And for some people, it well, happens. I'm not on my plane way as much as I drink, bro. Well, here's I mean, the I'm other thing. I don't know, bad guy. I don't know if you know this, but your dick is like a gun. You only got so many bullets in the chamber. Maybe you no, rub them all out. That's what I'm saying. I <laughs> Maybe you rub them all out. You got nothing left. You got nothing left to fire. You know. No, well, I still fire some cum, man. I mean, I can fire some good cum shots, limp too, bro. I mean, it's fucking <laughs> unbelievable. I got Peter North shit in there. What? That's I'm hard to believe. I'm telling you, man. I That's can show you the believe. videos, man. I can room bitches no. on this site. No, 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 no. I can no, no, room no. bitches on this site. It's coming, man. It just it, it depends when. It video. depends when. I'm telling you. I got videos of this shit. Yeah, no, the one girl asked me. No. I'm telling you. The one girl goes, how do you, like, my shit wasn't fully erect. And I, I, I couldn't even believe I come that much. Because my shit's all fucked up. I was drunk, but, dude, it's, no, I, I shoot bullets, man. That ain't, that ain't even a now, fucking Now, bad guy, are you, are you drunk right now? I suspect you are. A little bit. Yeah, I guess. Not that. really. I had like about seven drinks. Okay, <laughs> yeah, tonight I drank vodka, man. I told you I was calling. I'm a- I'm asking you, I'm begging you, please. I never want to see the, the, the jizz come out of your limp dick. Like please. Oh, I didn't bro, even want I didn't even want to hear it. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to think about that no, no, either. No, it's not. No, yo, wait. It gets worse than that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't even believe No, because the one thing I always had, and I'm not saying I had like a humongous dick or anything, but that's one thing I could have took pride in back in the day. And I didn't have to do, I mean, it didn't matter. Like, it, the shit worked good. It, it was good. And now it's like, it's like God just said, hey, buddy. Fuck you, man. We're going to fuck you now again. I mean, I'm telling you, for all the dumb shit I've done and all the bad shit I've probably done, man, that's one thing I could always rely on back in the day was my dick. Well, and okay. now that's fucked up. So now what do you do, Drew? Well, at least you can you can revel in the past. The only pills I'm fucking stealing is fucking Viagra's. Do you got any? <laughs> no, I just told you I don't need no, that. No, for real. I've never, I've never yeah, used I've one. I've never did drugs, man. Like, I'm, I'm on this site, and you never erased it, which is great. Tom Kenslick is a nigger drug pill or pill head, whatever the fuck. What does it say? It says something like that. I you don't let know. Josie write that. I never did drugs in my life, man. Not never. I'm telling you guys. Well, okay, listen. I, now, I mean, have I? I swear I, I'm you telling guys, you. I'm telling you the truth here. I'm telling you the truth here. I'm telling you the truth, bad guy. I've never once taken Viagra or any other kind of pill like that. Uh, it yeah, actually some, somehow. Somehow it still works. So I'm wasting my time on this call. I thought well, you had that. No, no. Somehow it's even though even though I'm 45 years old, it it still works just as well as, as 25 years ago. So 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 far that has not changed. Fortunately, it may change. No, but, hey, you know why, bro? Because I mean, like Kilowatt said, man. I just fucking. I think I just fucking choked my cock to death, man. You emptied the chamber is what you did. No, I mean, yeah. like seriously, nothing turns me on, man. I've seen it all. I've been through it, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that to be like cocky, but I don't no. know if that's what it go, is. Go to Japan or, or no, Germany. But I think you it's really broke. It <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know. I just say, like, even if I've seen it all and they had like sparks flying out of their ass, it'd still be like, come on, buddy. And then it's gonna be like, you know, it ain't working. Wow, bad guy. I, I used to think I had seen everything. I went to Thailand. And I saw shit I didn't even know existed. No, I believe <laughs> you, man. I'm not <laughs> saying that. I, not, I finally realized like a year ago why they play all those fucking Viagra commercials on the NFL game. Oh, of course. <laughs> They're talking to me. Yeah, it's their demo, man. <laughs> all right, their demographic, hundred percent. Hey, so hey, male dysfunction. It happens. You're all gonna get it. I just got it earlier than you guys. I mean, but, I, I, but I, hey, I, I'm not gonna knock it. Hey, if I had to take it all back, I, I, I take what I got. I mean, like, yeah, so, I mean, like gonna, what am I gonna do now, man? Seriously, I'm out of shape. I drink too. That's much. what I'm saying. You had a good run before. You should be, you should be proud of what you already did. And then yeah, right. Say, so what, do, what the fuck can you do? My dick, my dick served its purpose. <laughs> it was there when you needed <laughs> That's it. I really believe that, man. It was there when you needed anyway, it. Anyway, so I think we should like go into August Ames or whatever the fuck her name is. Is that her name? August Amos. I was going to get to that Remember later. there used to be AIM stores? Yeah. Yeah. Bad. They all went out of business now. Maybe yeah. I, maybe her family owned them. Yeah. Well, we're, actually, we're, we're going to get <laughs> into that she later. turned to porn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they went bankrupt, man. That's what happens. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, bad guy, thanks for calling. We're, we're going to move on here. But thank, thanks for calling in. And all right, man. Thank you, guys. Right, Good right. luck. Thanks for letting me talk about my limp dick. Okay. You're Sorry welcome. about your dick, man. You're welcome. All thank right, you. man. Take care. All right. Bad, bad guy wasn't—he wasn't letting us get a word in edgewise, but we—we uh, uh, we, we heard something interesting at least. Not—not not, you know what? Not many things like make me get grossed out, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't want hearing to him that. hearing him talk about the jizz shoot out of his limp dick. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I didn't want to think of that either. That's what I, I had the same thought. I had the same thought. Like, no, I don't want to think of that. Oh, man. No. All right. Now, all I could think of was like one of those pastry bags, you know, <laughs> that they use for decorating donuts and shit. Just, <laughs> God. 
I, I can understand why he's distressed about the, the situation, but, uh, you know, that's, that just happens. It happens to some people earlier than others, and, you know, one, one day it, it just happens. I, I've had guys who were over 50 tell me that kind of like after 50, it was like a light switch turned off, and they just, even though they could physically perform, they just weren't really interested anymore. They just kind of lost their drive. And that, that hasn't happened to me either, but, uh, you know, maybe one day it will. I don't know. Yeah, that, that hasn't happened to me either. Neither yeah. neither one of them. Yeah, same with me. That's that's pretty much the same as when I was in my early twenties. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, well, no, it's not it's not quite the same. Like the the reason I think it's different. Uh, I, I definitely last a lot. Yes, longer. yes, I have that too. It's improved in that way. Yes, that's that's like I said. That's like the one thing that improves with age. Yeah, Every, everything else gets worse, but that's that's the one thing that improves. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, in New Jersey. They've they have two things they're trying to do related to gambling, which are both kind of significant. I, I don't like spending too long talking about New Jersey things, but these are both interesting. I, I talked before on this show about Passpa. Hey, Tridoruski was curiously quiet during that limp dick <laughs> segment. Tridoruski, he's on mute too. Oh, and he's having trouble getting it off mute. That's even worse. Mm. Not now, on mute. I was going through emails, <laughs> but uh, was it hard to concentrate never, on, the, on the emails? Never a dull moment. I have tried it a couple times. Oh, Viagra. Um, yeah. So, what does it do? Uh, Tell us. I, I, I honestly I, have know, never I done it. What does it just, do? It just really, it just, it just kind of keeps keeps you going a longer time, and it, you can, but, and but, you can reload very quickly. Okay, but it, and okay, you're with, so, when you're with somebody that's much younger, I'm, I'm, you know, I hit fifty this year. Yep. You know, and sometimes but, it's good. No, but here's the question. So let's say you you take this shit, right? It probably doesn't change how long it it takes you to to come or whatever. But after you do, aren't you just kind of like, okay, you know, I'm ready to to roll over and eat nachos? But then you you still got this plank of wood sitting there. Well, yeah, but then she wants to go again and again, so then it's kind of like, you know. Yeah, aren't you kind of bored, though? Was, like, the, the motivation's no longer there, right? Yeah, well, you know. It's, I think yeah, come back. The last, the last couple, you know, my wife, my girlfriend before that was many years younger than me, so they want to keep going. Yeah, well, we, we've got a call. We've got a call here from, from Germany, I believe. Let's see who's calling wow. from Germany. Hey. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, how how you doing? Who is this? Have a guess. It's been a long time. Adolf. <laughs> come on now. No, it's. Uh, I'm joking. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I haven't actually. Well, I could speak German if you want, but I haven't actually called you guys for a few years. But I um I logged onto the site and saw you're on air, and it's good time zone here, so I thought I'd give you a call. Is this a? Is, this, need, is this chicks? Call dick us because we're talking about limp dicks. I, I think it, I think it's chicks dick me. Am I correct? Chicks dig it. You, Chicks you dig got it, it in right. one. Close, close. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, re- I thought I recognized that voice. So why do you have a? That's a German phone number, right? That you're calling from? Yeah. Well. Yeah. I live in Germany now. I actually, because last time we spoke, I was living in Denver, um, and I moved to Germany about four years ago. Um, so now I'm actually I'm back in the U.S. though, working in Chicago. So I'm flying in and out of Chicago on a three month on three month off basis. Okay. Well, that's now, how is how is Brexit going to affect you, man? You still going to be able to live there? Well, it's, I'm not. I'm I'm not from Britain. It doesn't affect me because I'm from Australia. 
Oh. So wh- where is your uh, official nationality? Is it still Australian? Yeah, yeah. I'm officially Australian, so I've got an Australian passport. I haven't given that up yet, but I've got gotcha. an um, official resident card for Germany. Gotcha. Um, okay. But, yeah, I'm just sort of popping in and out of the U.S. again because I, I think, I don't know if I told you last time, draft, but I split from my Australian wife. I think I did. Yeah, you did. Um, you mentioned that, yeah. And I moved to Germany for a girl that fucked up, that went donk down, and, um, mm. yeah, so I'm still here. Wait, so, so you were with a girl in Germany and she, she's dead? No, she went. Oh, no, the relationship. Oh, the relationship. I, I thought no, went, no, no. I thought you meant she fucked a... up and she she went donk down. So I thought that you meant she died. No, no. Well, no. Okay. Well, I didn't realize donk down means you died. But the reason the reason why I actually called you guys up. What the fuck is going on with Bitcoin? Like, I re- I was just telling my my um, new lady friend that I found out about Bitcoin off you guys back in like oh nine oh ten when. You know, Micron used to spout on about it with Seals of Clubs, and I told her how much it was worth then. And then that's part of the reason why I jumped on the site this morning, just to read that Bitcoin's gone donk down thread, and it's, <laughs> it's just blown up. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's very surprising. <clears throat> I, I th- See, here, here's what I think, and I, of course I got this wrong several times, so you can't t- put too much stock into this, but... I it's it's going to have a, a point where it it's just so insane the price that it just fails to make any kind of sense and, and it will not stay there and it will not continue going up. But we're, when we hit that level, I don't know. I I, I could it easily hit twenty thousand? Yes, I, I would not be surprised if it gets twenty thousand fairly soon. But you get much past that, you know, fifty thousand, one hundred thousand. At some point, it's just going to be insane. Of like, what one Bitcoin's worth a hundred thousand dollars? Come on, that, that's that's crazy. Uh, but another- Druff, here's the thing: Bitcoin is not a cryptocurrency. I mean, I you know, technically it is, but that's not how it's used. Yeah, like very, very, very few people are using Bitcoin to buy anything. It's more being treated no, as not. like it's being treated as an unregulated hedge fund. I mean, that's really what it is. It, it is, you know? but but eventually well, there's going to be uh, like ev- right now everyone's pretty much buying into it because of the hype, so it keeps going up, up, up because everyone thinks that it's going to be worth more and more and more. And so far in, in recent times, it has been. And if you bought in a year and a half ago, you've made a spectacular profit. You've you've already uh, your your money has multiplied by about uh, thirty five times, which is insane. We we had this exact conversation when Bitcoin was at two hundred dollars. Well, no, because, no, because I'll tell you why we didn't. I, I didn't say it's never. I, I said that I, since it had been on its way down for a long time, which it was, I, I thought that was the long term trend, which obviously was not correct. But I, I did not say that it had very little chance to multiply from two hundred. I just said that it 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 has not had any kind of sustained gain in a long time. That every time it would gain, it would immediately fall back, and that if you looked at the graph and just cut out the little jumps and and, and, and the quick jumps and quick falls, if you just draw a line down the grass, graph, you'll see you'll see there was no sustained period of time where it had gained value over a long period of time. So that's where it lo- really looked like it was heading. Uh, so and and now. Okay. Well, okay. So th- that was obviously very incorrect. Well, what, I, what I'm saying here is is to, to go from to go from 200 to 14,000, which while pretty astounding. Is much less of a big deal than going from like fourteen thousand to five hundred thousand. It's, it's a, a huge difference. Uh, it's, it's much harder to go from fourteen thousand something to like five hundred thousand. So those who are thinking it's going to be a million a coin one day, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to get there. It's going to get to some point, and then at some point, it's going to get so high, it's going to be 
uh, everyone's going to look at it like this is insane, and and it's not going to continue. And then then there's going to be some crash. Wh- now, wh- where, where will it stabilize? I don't know. That th- that that I can't even begin to predict. I can tell you, it's not going to just keep going up indefinitely. We're not going to be having this conversation in a few years when it's worth uh, six hundred thousand dollars a coin. It, it's not going to happen. And uh, I can tell you though. I mean, you know, back in the day, everyone thought Micon was fucking crazy. Oh yeah, no, I was one but, of them. But these I was days, one of them. I didn't, I didn't, touch, I didn't touch it with a ten foot pole back then, and I've only just now, like a few months ago, got in when it was about three thousand a coin, and I wish I put more in. Um, right. But like, I mean, when's the when's the time to get the money out? I mean, I've I've made the a little knows, bit, but man. it's not the well. Okay, so so I actually posted. <laughs> if I, if I, I knew that, I wouldn't be sitting on the radio. I'll tell you that. I, I, I posted. You know? I posted oh, this. I posted this on the forum, and this is how I think about the time to get out. Okay, there, of course, there's never any way to know when is the peak, and and unless you sell at the very peak, there's always some regret. Uh, so uh, here, here's how I feel about it. If you've put in, if you've made a ton of money on it, let's say you, you got in uh, at, at you, fifty thousand worth of coin, which is now worth uh, three million for you. Whenever you bought in at fifty thousand, now it's, it's multiplied up to three million, and you have three million right now. Unless you have so much money where three million isn't all that big of a deal, if if that is most of your net worth or a good chunk of your net worth, you should get out right now. Why? Because the cost of not getting out is, is uh, you know, and, and you lose the whole thing or most of it is, is is something you'll never be able to forgive yourself. Whereas if you get out now or get out for most of it now, and then it goes up another you know two times, and it could have been six million. Well, that's frustrating. But at least you can say, well, look at all the millions I made anyway. At least you can say, look how well I did anyway. Uh, What's the worst is when you're left with nothing and you once had it. Uh, Similarly, think if you're you're a poker player and you've run up a small bankroll to millions. And and then you start to lose. And, uh, you know, you, you... you wonder, oh, you know, what's the problem? Is this the downswing? Then you keep losing, and you go, okay, I- I'm going to stop. I- I- I'm still up uh, 1.5 million lifetime in poker, and I'm quitting. Uh, I-, I don't know if this is just bad luck or, or if the game's passed me by or whatever, but I'm just quitting. And and you walk away, and you you have kind of a crappy feeling in some ways, and you wonder if you could have made more money or if you could have just ridden out the bad streak. But at least you walk away knowing you made your time in poker, you made one and a half million, which you, you, no matter what, when it's all said and done, you can't feel that bad about. But if you let yourself go all the way down to zero, then you just feel awful and think, wow, look at all the millions I had at one point, now I'm broke. So I, same thing with Bitcoin. If I, I, imagine, having, imagine knowing you're worth $3 million when before you had very little, and then one day you wake up, and the $3 million has gone down to uh, 500000 and you think, okay, well, I'm sure it'll pop back up. Next day you wake up, it's down, it's down to fifty thousand. You'll never forgive yourself. Yeah, You'll never forgive well, yourself. Here, here's the thing: there, there are a couple of things that could happen to potentially make the make Bitcoin go up significantly from where it is, and they're they're mentioning this in chat. Like, let's say Wall Street embraces Bitcoin. I mean, that could make it go crazy. You know, there there absolutely well, are a, things that could happen. There's rumors that Wall Street are going to jump on them on the 10th of December. Like a, a lot of my mates that are big into Bitcoin are saying, "Watch out, watch out!" And then when when December 10 hits. So anyway, guys, I'm going to jump off because this is costing me a fortune. But okay. I'll continue to listen, <laughs> and it's uh, good to connect. Okay, again. well, thank wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go, before you go, have you ever taken Viagra? Yeah. Man. Um, yes, I did once actually. Half. Huh? Tell half. us. Years ago. What happened? It wasn't. 
Well, got a got a hard day. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, was it annoying? Like you're like, go away, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. After when you finish and you 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 let your load go on, then that's what I would um, think. It's still there. Yeah, that's what I that's would, what I would there, think. Yeah, but it's still fun. But you can go for a long time. Mm. Yeah, you can go for a long time. But it's some. I, I would think that after you're, you know, after a certain point, you just get fucking annoying. You, you know, know? Yeah, as long as you don't touch it or it's anything, it's probably okay. Done once. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. All right, sure. well, 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 thank you. Uh, good to hear from you again, and I'm uh, glad you're still listening. No problems. I'll uh, tune in again. Thanks. All right. I'll see you. Good night. So that's uh, all the way from, calling from Germany and Australian. Goes by uh, Chicks Diggit. And, uh, I'm feeling left out, Druff. I feel like I'm the only person that hasn't tried this. I yet. haven't tried it either. I, uh, I never. Ha- it's just one of these things. Like I don't feel I need to. So so why bother? That's kind of how I feel. I, now I would try it if I, if, if it was ne- if it was necessary. If I started to have issues, yeah, I would do it. I, w- I would. No, just- but you know, it, it would actually be awful though. I mean, let's say you took the Viagra, and then you, you had to be somewhere for like you know a, a vet appointment or something like that, and you got to show up with a with your dick sticking out of your. Well, pants, you just you, know? you just time it well. You just know you you don't take it unless you know you're not going anywhere. Well, how long does it last? I think like a few hours or something at most. Well, let, let's say you know a friend of yours calls and it's an emergency. You got to go pick him up. And will you show up with a with a loaded gun in your pocket? Yeah, we wear, you know? we're baggy pants. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's going to necessarily cover it, though. You know. Well, or you can wear like a long well, jacket. Or, over okay, it. a more uh, realistic situation. You got a kid, right? So you take it. You have fun with your girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. And then you know, your kid wants to have breakfast. You know, and you're like, and he says, "Oh, can you go get me the milk?" And you're like, "No, I can't get up." Well, no, you just you just hold something in front of you there as you're walking. I'm pretty sure the kid would spot yeah, yeah, yeah. it. You know? Hold a a, bo- a cereal box in front of you. Some, well, okay, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Okay, well, all right. So, so anyway, I, I want to uh, pause here for a word from our sponsor. This is actually a sponsored show, Amazingly. And it's a, a very good sponsor who actually is kind enough to both sponsor the show and the free roll sometimes. A very nice guy. Even uh, gave some free advice to Brandon when Brandon needed it recently. And uh, this is sponsor attorney Eric Benzamokin. And uh, we'll hear a word about him. Okay, now most of you guys know that I'm very picky regarding which sponsors I take. If I don't believe in the product or service being offered, I don't take the ad. And that's why I lose money on the site every month, even though I'm a cheap Jew, and it kills me to send out that money every month knowing that it is not coming back in. But I'm really, really excited about this new Poker Fraud Alert sponsor because I feel he's providing a service to the poker community that they really, really need. Eric Bensamokin is an attorney and a longtime poker player who provides arbitration and mediation for poker and gambling-related disputes. Now, simply put, if someone owes you money, or if they think you owe them money, he's a fully impartial third party you can trust to listen, understand, and decide who's right. The reason you can trust him is because Eric is a licensed attorney in the state of California and federally, and he's able to arbitrate and mediate for you no matter where you live. So you don't have to be in California, you can be anywhere, and he can arbitrate or mediate for you. What makes Eric perfect for this is the fact that he's an attorney bound by the rules and ethics of the state bar. And he's also a longtime poker player, so he understands the issues of our community. 
And at the same time, he's an outsider, and he, he's probably not likely to know anybody connected to your dispute. So you're not going to have to worry that he's friends with a guy that you're disputing with, or even friends of a friend. He's really an outsider to the community who plays poker for fun, but knows the community really well. It's perfect, and he's a licensed attorney. You can't do better than that. This means you will get a completely impartial decision from a qualified attorney who understands everything. And I'll be honest, if I had a poker-related money dispute with someone, Eric is the exact type of arbitrator or mediator that I would be looking for. Take down his email address, eric at eblawfirm.us. That's eric at eblawfirm.us. If you feel you're being scammed or if someone owes you money or if someone's accusing you of owing them money, just send Eric an email. It's not going to cost you anything. It's not going to hurt you. Just send him an email, and he'll tell you what he thinks of the whole situation, and then he can go from there. Eric can perform both arbitration, where he decides who's right, and mediation, where he helps both of you figure out your own agreement. Keep the email address around, even if you don't have a dispute at the moment, because you never know when one will come up, and Eric is exactly the man you need for the job. That's eric at eblawfirm.us. That's attorney Eric Benzamokin, eric at eblawfirm.us. That is attorney Eric Benzamokin, and really, I if you need anything like this, you should contact him. Very nice guy, and just drop him a line there. Drop him an email. He won't bite. At least I think he won't. So, thank so Jeff, you. while you, while you were playing the uh, sponsors spot there, yeah, because I had already heard it before. I actually was watching the Jenny Anderson and Ron Jeremy video. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Eric will be happy that's what you're doing during his ad. <laughs> but go on. And honestly, you know, bad guy was saying she's ugly and all that kind of stuff. I don't I don't think she's ugly at all. The hard part to watch about that video was actually Ron Jeremy. Man, he's like fucking. Fat, old, out of shape, dude. Yeah. I mean, and, and, he, and, and he can't kinda, really he can't really keep it up either. It was kind of rough, you know. Now that's a guy I think really has like shot his last load. I think I think that's the problem. I think he really has overused it. I think I think really he is is out of bullets. He's it's got a big gun too. I mean, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. You know, well, that's the only reason he's he's had a job in porn all these but, years. It wasn't it wasn't from his she's looks. She's not a she's not a horrible looking girl. I don't know what no, that no, guy's it, talking it, about. It, man. It, I mean, it, yeah, okay. If you like big titties or you like, you know, robust women, then I guess she wouldn't be your thing. But she's not a horrible looking no, girl. She's not, she's not, not, she's not, she's not. It's it, it, it has to do with what type you like. And uh, he's saying uh, that, that guy's saying she's not type. porn star pretty. But I mean, come on, I, you know. <laughs> What is porn star pretty? I mean, it's a, any any girl that's decent looking that's willing to take her clothes off, you know. Yeah, that that part's true. Yeah. Okay. Let's She's cross-eyed. Yeah, it's because she slip and slided onto his dick. <laughs> I mean, that probably knocked her cross-eyed right there. You know. I, I like how you like the ad starts. You're like, okay, it's two and a half minutes. I've heard this before. Like, okay, so what should I do during these two and a half minutes? So what I do is I go to the bathroom and and, yeah. and maybe I'll grab. Uh, something to drink. You go and turn on Ron Jeremy and, and Jenny Anderson porn. Well, I was kind of refreshing myself on the whole thing, you know, because <laughs> okay. I knew I kind of like vaguely knew about it. And I think I had heard her on some old shows, but I didn't really remember it. Yeah. Well, so far, so good with the fire hasn't come here yet. So I think, there you I, think go. I think the show can actually complete. I'm actually thinking that once I'm done with the show, I may actually take a drive around the area and see what I can find, but uh, go back to where the fire supposedly was last seen and 
see if I can. It's going to help you go to sleep happy. Is that it? Um, sort of. Just just out of curiosity too. Uh, some something else is going on here though that I hope won't affect next week. Okay, so I, I went out to get a view of the smoke, and and I did that, and I took Benjamin. Benjamin was off school today because of the fires, but I I went out and and took a view of the of of where one of the fires was. I, I drove over there and we went up a hill and took a look at it. And yeah, there was some smoke in the air. Where where I was taking the picture from, the smoke wasn't as bad. It was mostly out in the distance, so that's why I felt safe to do it and felt safe to bring Ben to do it. But yeah, you know, I noticed as I was walking back up the hill that it was uh it was harder to walk up than normal because of the smoke in the air. So a little later in the day, uh, I started to notice my throat was hurting, and I said, "Ah, I probably shouldn't have done that. I probably got smoke in my lungs, my, my you know, in my throat." I, I was blaming it on that. Uh, I I now think that that probably was not what was happening there, and uh, I I think I, I'm not sure, but I think it's uh, at least a possibility that I am developing another cold. Now, believe it or not, even though there's... You're going to have to come clean, Druff. I mean, the Wattellus immune system is starting to become a little suspect here. Well, hold on. The funny thing is, just before this, I was just thinking the other day. This is the second time it's happened to me this year where I'm thinking, hey, I haven't had a cold in a while. Because even though it doesn't feel like it, it's been almost five months since I last had a cold. Which for me is a long time. For me to go five months without a cold is actually pretty long. So I was thinking, wow, it's almost five months since I last. The last one I had was in, uh, actually, I guess it's closer to, uh, it's like four four and a half. I I got one kind of like the middle of July. That was the last time I got a cold, just before my trip. And since then, I have not had one. So I thought, wow, that's that's pretty good. Uh, The last time that I had been thinking, oh, it's been a long time since I've had a cold, by my standards, was in April. And in April, I said, you know, I thought to myself, wow, I, I, it's been several months since I last had one. Like two days later, I got one of the worst colds I had in my life. It was this past April. And I missed some shows because of that. You guys might remember. So I, I, I'm mentioning this, number one, because I may cut the show shorter tonight if this continues to my, – my throat's hurting more and more as I'm talking here. So if this... Jeff, I got I got some terrible news for you. What is that? Bobby Orr says that whenever he's not feeling well, his girlfriend says, "Stop being Todd." Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> but th- these are these are real though. So, you know, this is not. I'm not being a hypochondriac here. These are actual colds that that show up. And, I know. I know. And, and so, so what I'm saying here is, uh, I may have to cut this short tonight if, it, if my throat continues to feel worse, and and also there's some chance that I might meet, miss next week's show. If this does become something bad, but you know, some of these colds mm. get bad. Sometimes they don't get bad, so it depends. Like sometimes in a week I'll be fine. If it is a cold, sometimes in a week I'll be fine. Sometimes it can take more than that. Uh, we'll have to see. But it's it, it's getting to hurt more and more. Okay, so well, we got we got Brandon. It's going to be doing his show too, though, right? That's right. Yeah, Brandon. He he does have a sound card now. I'm going to work with him to get that working, and uh, then he will be able to start up the radio whenever he wants and. 
he's excited about doing that. So okay, let me let me get into the remaining topics so I can get through them before. Can I can I say one thing real quick? I yeah. don't want to delay you. Yeah. But uh, bad guy wants me to ask you a question here. Yes. He says, uh, "Ask Druff whatever happened to the Donkdown porn with Ava Devine." Oh, with a- Ava Devine. Yeah, that, that, uh, she was this really disgusting porn star. You can even look her up. Uh, Ava no, Devine. No, yeah. I've already I've already seen. Yeah. Fucking Ron Jeremy. I don't need to see anymore. No, she's really disgusting. We had her on Donkdown Radio and. We were jokingly talking about doing, making a dunk down porn with her, but it wasn't. It wasn't a real discussion. It was just kind of something we were discussing on the radio, but weren't really going to do. Mm. At least I wasn't going to do it. Maybe Mike on and Brandon were, but I, I wasn't. I was I, not. I, gonna, I thought you got her agreed to do it, didn't you, Josh? No, we we did, but 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 I, I we it wasn't actually going to get made. It was just one of these things like agreed to in theory. Just, just kind of to see if she would agree to it, and and then to joke about what what it would entail. But I, I don't no, believe this it is was horrible. A- this is where I don't want to see her, but I'm fucking curious. So you don't want to look now. I'm go- now I'm googling her. You, you don't want to look. It, it's and drop. Start taking vitamin C now, by the way, and stop telling yourself you're going to get sick. That's the problem. <laughs> I wasn't. I, I you know what? I'm actually, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. I told you not to look. Trader Risky, it's, I, like, it's like Ron, it's like Ron Jeremy's mom. No, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I should say the first video that came up here, man. This is oh, it was probably like forty or fifty guys or something. No, the first video that comes up is pumped pussy prolapsed mash. Yeah, it's, I've, I told you, you don't want to look. I'm closing the window. I'm done. I told oh, you. Fuck I, war- I warned you. I told. This is one oh, of the that's most right. This is one of the most uh, X-rated shows we've done in a long time. This is the it, it's uh, th- this show is not safe for work or anything this week. This I'm gonna have nightmares, Jeff. This this one, I, I think I'm gonna have to mark. You know, I have to mark it explicit for iTunes. I have to mark. I think I have to mark this episode double explicit. Uh, okay, let's. Cal Watt's gonna need Viagra now. I think. Yeah, yeah. Now he I'm has to need, buy it. I'm gonna need <laughs> therapy. Is what I'm gonna need. I'm I, gonna I told you not to do it. Therapy. I told you not to do it. I, I knew what was coming. I told you not to do it. It's curiosity, man. Okay, so New Jersey, they they're trying to get sports betting legalized, and this is a very weird law, and that is it's it's called PASPA, which is the Professional and Amateur Sports Act, and it actually makes sports betting illegal in all but Nevada. It it's basically says sports betting is permitted only in Nevada. And there's a few other states that are authorized to have a very, 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 very limited form of sports betting that's basically not worth doing. But as far as any real sports betting as you would know it, only Nevada is allowed by federal law. So this is not Nevada the state choosing, hey, we're going to have sports betting and the other 49 states are saying, no, we don't want it. This is actually federal law saying that only Nevada can have it. And I do not know of a single law on the books besides this one where one state is permitted to do something and the other 49 are prohibited from it. I can't think of one. I don't think such a thing exists. And I thought that was amazing when I first learned about it. All these years prior to learning about PASPA, I always thought that just Nevada was the only state who wanted to hassle with sports betting. The other states just said, forget it, we don't want it. That, that was always what I thought. Not that other states do want it, but can't have it. 
So New Jersey has long wanted it. New Jersey wants to uh, they they want to draw people back to Atlantic City, which is rapidly dying. And they think that maybe if they could be the second state to to bring sports betting to the table, that that might bring some people back. Then then there's an additional reason to go to Atlantic City rather than places like Foxwoods or other places that have taken their business in the area. So there was an attempt headed by Governor Chris Christie in New Jersey to reverse PASPA, which was passed uh, 25 years ago, by the way, 1992. But there was, a, there was an attempt to reverse it, which failed. It failed miserably, and it seemed to be done. We talked about it previously on the show. I very much support the states choosing this. I, th- I think PASPA is stupid. I think this is antiquated. The reason it exists, by the way, you may wonder why only Nevada? Why, why, why would they restrict it to Nevada? The thinking was that at the time there were no professional sports teams in Nevada. Now we have a hockey team in Nevada and soon we'll have a football team. But at the at, back then there was no professional sports team there, nor was there likely to be. And not that many significant uh, amateur teams, like college teams. There's UNLV, but you know, not really much else. So the belief was that if you can, if they can confine the sports betting to Nevada, then the organized crime forces there that might want to fix games for sports betting purposes. Uh, will have a much harder time doing it because it's a lot harder for them to exert influence upon people who are not local. It's a lot harder for a, a, a Vegas syndicate to put pressure on someone in Boston, for example. So that that was the belief, that if, as, as long as it doesn't spread out in Nevada, then the, the chance of organized crime interfering with games is, is pretty low. It still happened occasionally, but it, it wasn't all that high. What's changed a lot since then is number one, athletes make so much money now. Professional athletes, you're never going to get a significant professional athlete to agree to fix a game because they're making so much money anyway that they would never risk the career. There's no way they could be bribed enough to get them to do this. And some scrub on the team who's you know, making the minimum for the league, he's still making a lot of money, but that scrub, is not gonna, he's not worth anything because he can't really affect the game much. So the only ones who are going to affect the game much are the star players, or, or at least uh, the the yeah the major players in, in whatever sport it is, and they are either already making a lot of money or have a big career ahead of them where they will. So so they're not going to get to the professionals, and uh, and a lot of the amateurs they have a, a big career ahead of them as well. They they hope to transition to the pros. So the point is, the the money that could be used for bribery these days, uh, it wouldn't be enough for most of these professional athletes to risk their career. Uh, second, there are already a lot more betting options anyway through all these online books, so it's not like you can only bet in Nevada. Third, uh, Las Vegas is not run by organized crime anymore. That's changed. They're, 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 the influence is mostly gone there, and now it's uh, corporations. So... Uh, organized crime does not get involved that much anymore in the U.S. in sports betting. So the world has changed, or at least the country has changed. Hey, Druff, listen, I'm really sorry, but I'm 
I gotta go cry myself to sleep. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like I'm damaged after the shit that I've seen. But I told you not to do it. I I can't. I can't. I can't go on. I'll see you next week. Take okay. your vitamin C. Okay, next time listen to Whatever. Me. I'm time. just going to go curl up into a, a fetal position and cry myself okay. to sleep. Ne- next time listen to me. Next time n- believe I know what I'm talking about with these issues. We, we've, been <sighs> through, we've been through this before. I went through this before on Dockdown Radio. I didn't want you to make the same mistake, and you made it. Oh, man. Well, you did it to yourself. I, I can't feel sorry for you here. I, I just can't. I, I said not to. Now he, he just hung up. All right, Trader Risky, you still with us? I'm here. Okay, you'll you'll have to <laughs> you have to pick up the slack here. The Calwa traumatized himself off the show. So, uh, if I get disconnected, by the way, drop. I'll call right back. Okay, phone's almost dead. Okay. So, I, I very much support states choosing whether they want sports betting in their casinos or not. Most states, almost all the states, have some form of gambling now. The only two that don't are Utah and Hawaii. But so I think the other 48 states should just decide we want it or we don't want it. And so there shouldn't be a pass button. That should should be gone. Uh, New Jersey, they have been pressing the hardest to put an end to this. And uh, so this is what's going on. With, with their most recent attempt. Uh, they, they've already started uh, a presentation of, of oral arguments before the Supreme Court. And if Kawa was still on the phone, he would, he'd be saying something about the oral arguments, but since he's gone, we won't go there. And basically, they're, they're trying to convince the Supreme Court to put an end to this PASPA and uh, and claim they're, they're claiming that PASPA violates the U.S. anti-commandeering law, which is basically stating that uh, the federal government should not have the right to take control of issues that are already in the hands of each state. So gambling is supposed to be something that's at state level. The states are supposed to regulate their own gambling. It's already been given to the states to control themselves. So basically, New Jersey is saying, if, if the states are supposed to be regulating gambling and the federal government is supposed to be out of that, why are you involved in this? That, that's the argument. So they're hoping that the Supreme Court will declare PASPA unconstitutional. And then any state that wants to add sports betting, such as New Jersey, will be able to do so. Uh, New Jersey wants to have both casinos offering sports betting and uh, and also in uh, paramutual facilities which are I think places like horse tracks where you can also uh, do that as well uh, other states are already eyeing this and seeing if you know, if New Jersey is successful with defeating PASPA then they're going to f- copy them and uh, go ahead and start offering sports betting as well. So it's not to, it's not just New Jersey, even though New Jersey is the one pushing for this, other states will jump on board if, if this gets done. So on Monday's hearing, uh, and it, it, it's been going, it's going to be going on throughout the whole week, probably including tomorrow, Friday, uh, and, and people are watching this pretty closely. It's actually kind of a big deal. 
And the sports leagues are actually against this. They, they want to keep it the way it is. The NFL, the NHL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NCAA, which is, is college sports, they are they want to keep pass by the way it is. So uh, we will we'll, we'll see what uh, what happens with that. And uh, it's supposedly going to be a close decision in the Supreme Court whether it's going to go New Jersey's way or whether it's going to going to go against New Jersey. Uh, now they. The fact that they were even able to get the matter heard by the Supreme Court was a victory for them. And uh, there is one factor that's really hurting them, though, and that is the fact that this isn't a matter of them opposing a proposed law. This is getting an existing law that's been there for 25 years overturned. That's a lot harder to do. It's always a lot harder to do to get uh, something existing removed than to prevent a new law from being enacted. And I said this way back before the UIGEA was passed that made uh, the funding of online poker illegal, essentially making online poker illegal to offer in the U.S. Before that happened, whenever whenever there were these attempts to make online poker illegal, and, and my friends in poker were very upset about it, I told them, don't worry. I'm not saying it won't ever happen. But I'm saying that most of these will fail because nobody cares enough about it, and to get a new law enacted against it will be very difficult. And sure enough, it was, and they couldn't. So then someone clever said, hey, you know what? Let's just attach it onto another bill that everyone's going to vote yes on anyway. That has nothing to do with online gambling. So they, they attached it to the Safe Ports Act. And everybody was afraid to vote against safe ports, especially a month before an election, and we had the UIGEA. So it, it only passed because of a dirty trick. It did not pass because there was any support for it, the UIGEA. So that was the only reason that passed. If, if left to pass on its own, it never would have. So that I didn't see coming, but I was correct that a, that a new law prohibiting online gambling probably was not going to happen, uh, at least on its own. So this is the reverse, though. This is taking a law and, and, and making it unconstitutional. So I, I, it's always tougher to get that done. Always tougher to reverse something. So that's a reason not to be too optimistic about this. But we will have to see. And it, it's... Uh, in the discussion of, of uh, how the Supreme Court justices likely will feel about this, it's uh, there's there's hopes from the pro New Jersey side that they may be able to win six to three, that they can get votes from John Roberts, Anthony Kennedy, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, Stephen Breyer, and the and then maybe even uh, Clarence Thomas. Uh, Clarence Thomas is the most questionable of those six as far as supporting New Jersey. They're really hoping for the other five, which would give them a victory anyway. 
but uh, you know, all, all it takes is uh, not getting Thomas, and then one of those five going the other way, and it loses. So, uh, very unlikely to be unanimous. But we will see. I'm not sure the exact date this will actually be ruled upon. Maybe it's not even been uh, decided yet when that will be. But they've they've been hearing this this week. So the Supreme Court is actually taking on the matter of sports betting this week. So we will see. But I'm I'm definitely on New Jersey side on this one, and hopefully this will become available. Because why not, people? If you want to bet sports, why do you why do you have to use these these shady online sites if you don't live in Nevada? It would be nice for other states to offer this. I would love it if California offered one. I, I would love it if I could because once the states can offer it, then you can also do it online through apps that the states will allow you to have, and then they you know they check that you're there in the state, and you know you you can do that. Like Brandon, for example, he has it. I was about to. I was going to surprise everybody with Brandon. Brandon was calling in. I was going to throw him on there, and then he was going to talk about this, but uh, then he hung up. He was trying to call in. Uh, here we go. Here we go. I, I ruined the surprise, but nevertheless, we may have lost Calwatt, but we've gained Brandon. Uh, Brandon, hello. Is this, uh, the fraud show still on? It is. It's, it's on. We're talking about sports betting. I just got a message from a, a mutual friend. I, I can't say who it is because that'd be a violation. But they said that you didn't mark yourself safe in the great wildfires of winter of 2017. What's going on out there? Well, I'm not safe. There's there's a, there's a fire ten miles away. Ten miles from your location? Yep. Jesus. Is there a chance you may have to evacuate? There is. I, I, I saw this fire when I was driving around right before the show, and I, I, I did consider not having the show for this reason. But I said, you know what? I don't care. I don't care if there's a fire 10 miles away. I'm, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to do the show until the, until the smoke enters the room. Wow. Maybe you should call, call Harris or Con and start yelling at them now for an extra room. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I was just mentioning. Anyhow, go on. Yeah, I was just mentioning that you have that the, these apps for uh, Nevada casinos where you can do sports betting from from your own home legally through uh, sports books within Las Vegas, and that if other states are able to have sports betting, if this passbook gets overturned, then then people who are in those states will be able to do the same thing eventually, which I think would be useful. You're saying what, like if California hypothetically passed it as well out to New Jersey? Yes, yes. I think there's a decent chance they I will. Still think it would, I still think it would be independent from state to state, though. I don't think it would be allowed to like let an influx of other states through, let's say, like Nevada sportsbooks, do you? No, 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 it won't be. It, it will be state to state, but the point is that like for, for example, if California were to pass it once this federal law is removed, then then California casinos could have these same apps that that I could run from them, and then I could do the same thing as you. Different casinos, but but same thing. Right. I don't think it's going to pass. To be honest with you, I don't think it has a shot in hell. I, I'm more I'm shocked. I, I'm more optimistic than that, but it, it did fail the first time, and I, I think because it's the matter of, of overturning something that's been here 25 years, that's that's where the difficulty comes in. Yes. 
I agree. Is that, is that what the topic was that you're talking about now? It, it was. That, it uh, was. It was. But I'm about done with that. I'm going to talk. I was going to talk about something else involving New Jersey. Uh, What's up, Brandon? Is that my little trade of Ruski? It sure is, brother. Looking forward to seeing you. That's sight for my ears. How you doing, buddy? I'm going to see you on Friday. Good. Absolutely. Oh, so, so you're you're going to Vegas, Trader Ruski? I am. Mm. You always always in the car. Trader Ruski, he's just perpetually in the car. Are you are you going with the uh, I'm the actually walking the dog now. No, not the assistant. We have Bill. And um, the actor was going to come, but now he might not come. And who the hell knows? Oh, so it might geez. be an all-star cast, though. I drop, if you have to flee there, where are you going to go? I don't know. Maybe I'll come to Las Vegas. That's safe there. Yeah. How's this, uh, the smoke, how's it affecting your breathing and your allergies and all that? I don't have any, al- I, I, I don't have any allergies, but, but uh, what I'm consi- uh, the problem is my throat is hurting, and at first I blamed it on the smoke, but I actually think I might be catching a cold, which I haven't had for four and a half months, which is a long time for me. I think, that, I think it might be the, uh, the streak is over. I think, I think I might have a cold coming down here. Jesus. Yeah, not good. Yeah. So, so uh, New Jersey claims that they want to – they're attempting to pass a bill to allow them to join on, on uh, networks of online poker sites that already exist internationally. So this is, this is not just letting in players onto their sites internationally. This is actually where they, they wouldn't even have the servers based in New Jersey anymore, where they could just join in. With with international sites and and let uh, New Jersey basically be skins for them. That's that's a a proposal right now. That that they could uh, combine player pools by uh, you know by basically being a skin, as I said, and they they said uh, it's a bill that's on the table. It has not uh, become law or anything yet, but the. The, the bill says uh, the bill allows the division to per- permit Internet gaming equipment to be located outside of Atlantic City if the division, meaning the gaming, uh, uh, the division of gaming enforcement, if the division deems it necessary to facilitate the conduct of international Internet wagering. So that basically means that if, if they want to become a skin for some international site, for example, even poker stars, they could do it. So that's, that's kind of an interesting concept of instead of having... Uh, just making online gambling fully legal, or or states necessarily all combining with each other, that the states will just say, you know what, they've got a pretty good uh, market in non-U.S. countries that uh, that that have online gaming available right. and legal there. Uh, why, why don't we just join them? Uh, speaking of which, because my time is limited, did you talk about the dead porn star yet? No, no. Would you like Would you like to jump to that here? I mean, I'm just, no, I don't, you know, I don't just come in here and tell you what to do in your own, you know, living room, but I got about 25 minutes of drive time, so, are we, should I call back when the poker stuff is over? So, because I'm just, I can't help but interrupt and make silly comments, it's just in my nature. Um, I mean, you can stay on, it's, uh, I just, uh, it's fine, you can make your silly comments, I don't care, but. Oh, alright. Uh, Thank you. One time with the. You remember we were talking with the, the, the chicken at the, the Pollo Loco, and you got all upset, and then it was awkward with us for a couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, right? I know. We're, we're past the chicken, though. All right. Okay. Just making sure. So. But anyhow, how does it affect me, the, the, the skin 
going to New Jersey paying well, it may it may affect you because if if New Jersey passes this and and then it seems to really help their online poker, which is basically a fail, just like Nevada's. It's, it's better than Nevada's, but it's still a fail. Uh, if if they start doing well because New Jersey residents can log on to these uh, international sites and play with a lot of people, and then this encourages a lot more people to join, and a lot more games get going, and, and New Jersey ends up collecting more rake. Uh, maybe Nevada will say, you know what, our sites suck, they're a fail, they're losing money, they're they're barely generating anything for the state. Uh, maybe we should do that too. So so like theoret- now, theoretically, you could join Poker Stars or something at that point. When you say it's a fail, is that your opinion or is that documented? Because I read the little cute little Poker Stars blog and they say the New Jersey office is a booming success. Chris Christie says, oh, online gaming has been a booming success. You know, 888 Poker, it's a booming success. So are they just spinning it differently? Yes. Are they lying? They're lying. What the hell going they're on they're lying. Now, the casino, okay. part, the casino part's not doing that bad. It's doing a lot less than they thought it would, but it's still making pretty good money. Uh, but the poker is a complete fail. Uh, you can look at Poker Scout, which keeps track of this. Poker Scout shows that Poker Stars New Jersey, for example, has a peak. That is, the most players they ever have online is 187 cash players. 187. And the wow. average the average number of people online on Poker Stars playing cash is fifty. Uh, Borgata, they're they're slightly better, but they're also a fail. Uh, Two hundred twenty six players peak, average is seventy. Uh, WSOP Nevada, uh, they have the best of the U.S. legalized sites, but of course they're the only game in town for for Nevada. They have a two hundred two hundred eighty six person peak. And 140 average, and then uh, WSOP 88.com in New Jersey, uh, they have. Uh, it's funny their peak and average are listed about the same, uh, but it's still under 200 for both. So these are a fail. You know, this is this is uh, they're about 10 times as small as Bodog, which is embarrassing. I, I like to play a little. Uh a little poker every now and again, and, and to be honest, this is no exaggeration. I have not loaded up that WSOP.com in probably six months. No, it's a I fail. Mean, I forget that we, because it's so irrelevant. It is. It's irrelevant, and uh, it's mostly like micro limits running on there, honestly. What about that one guy? Uh, what was his name? The, the guy that didn't market oh, that yeah. went deep in the. <laughs> yeah, Butters. Yeah, is that five? Is he still I I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Butters. I know he hates Crazy Mike. I don't know. He hates we're not. He hates Ryland. That's who he hates. He hates Ryland, not yeah, Crazy. Right. Mike. Yeah. Speaking of Crazy Mike, whatever happened to Crazier Mike? Wasn't that like a really awkward time in all of our lives when that guy was around? Crazier Mike came right after I left Donk Down, and thankfully so because he was he was like uh, a pedophile or something, and Mike on Mike on thought he was so amusing but everybody else just found him creepy and disturbing like not even entertaining and Mike on kept forcing him on people listening to the radio and that was one of the big complaints about the show after I left that crazier Mike was terrible and Mike on was the only one who liked him and Mike on wouldn't listen to anybody but you man tells me that he took Mike on's advice and now he's a Bitcoin millionaire living in the south of France <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding but yeah uh, uh, 
so, interesting. So, so yeah, so it, this will be interesting if it passes. Now, this is this is again not, not law yet. This is something that's being proposed in New Jersey, and and there's a chance the federal government may complain about this too. But uh, because the the problem the federal government may have with it is that the servers won't be located in New Jersey, so that that could be a problem where it'll be felt like they don't have the proper control over it that they should. But but we'll see. It, it, it's a thing that's kind of still in the earlier phases now, but I, I thought it was interesting enough to bring up because of the repercussions it could have that basically any state that participates in that would be able to partner with any existing online poker site internationally, even poker stars, and you could just start playing on there with their normal player pool. It wouldn't even be like a segregated pool. It would be the the, the normal player pool that's on there. So that, that could... A serious question. You, you, uh, I read on Card Player and in the news, and you spoke of this probably two months ago, maybe three, about, I believe, Delaware joining the, the Vegas player pool. Was it Delaware? Yes, and they have. Uh, it, yes, yes. that happened yet? It has happened, yes. So right now, if I log into WSOP, it, it would be, it's going to be Nevada and Delaware players. Yes, but barely anyone from Delaware, so it doesn't really matter. You could be sitting there with that genocide, you're saying heads up? You could be, yes. Playing so Wow. Genocide is right. genocide is obsessed with Bitcoin nowadays. By the way, I read it on the Facebook. I, I don't know if she has Terrible. that. I don't know if she has that many, but she's obsessed with them. I mean, she's living with her parents and she's raising like a baby. How many could she have? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I'm being honest, like you know what I mean. She's living at home, so she's like thirty something. What is she? You know everybody's age. Was thirty one? Thirty? No, she is thirty three. Oh my God! Really? Yep, she's born in '84. Has Newhouse turned thirty yet? Because he's been like in his twenties for like fifteen years. He's got to be thirty now. <laughs> New Newhouse is thirty-two, I believe. Okay. God, they're still so young, though. Yeah, Unbelievable. They, well, they sort of, but they're not like kids anymore, like we knew, knew them as before. Yeah. But you have to be honest. Was the new house in his twenties way too long? Yeah, he 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 did seem to be in his twenties forever. His twenties lasted a very long time. That's uh, funny. So, so when can we can we expect this to happen? Oh, I don't. Even, it may never happen. Oh, there's not like a vote on it or nothing. It's just a. Uh, let me see. You know, the, let me see the the information here. The bill. Uh, it'll be. Let's see. Oh, so this, this this may just completely fall off. It's a bill, but the problem is that they have to pass it before January 9th, and the guy who's proposing it is retiring for good. So if it doesn't happen by January 9th, it's probably just going to die. Unbelievable. So that, that yeah. Right. I, that, that's what happens. A lot of these bills that are proposed late in the session before they, they, they end, uh, a lot of these, if they, if they can't speed it up and, and, and get the whole thing done, they just die for that reason because they, they run out of time. Or especially the owner of the bill is retiring. Yeah, that's the funniest I mean, that thing. Doesn't happen. That's the funniest thing is the guy's like doing. He's, this is like his last hurrah before he's retiring. But if they if he just can't make it happen fast enough, then he's not sticking around to see it through. He's just going to be gone. So you think he's at home at the dinner table talking to his kids, saying, "Just one last thing I'm going to do for this world. <laughs> We're going to be able to have a poker star skin based out of New Jersey." And they're looking at him in like confusion, like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" <laughs> Probably. He's probably saying to he's probably saying to his kids, you know, something that's bothered me my whole time as a legislator. I was not able to get my kids addicted to online gambling. I'm going to make sure this happens before I leave office. 
So, uh, so anyway, that's yeah. That seems to be the last thing he's ever going to do. Uh, this guy's last name is Lesniak, by the way. That's his name. Uh, so, did you give a shout out? By the way, we have a a PSA member who literally is recouping from surgery in the hospital bed now. Oh, that's uh, right. Listening, listening very shortly thereafter. That's I don't want to, you know, blow up no one's spot, but. Did you maybe say a kind word or two for him? Yes. Well, I mentioned that this person we've mentioned before uh, for, uh, under the same circumstances, this was a person who uh, had a, a, a very uh, serious health problem to where, to be honest, for the way it was described to me, uh, I, I was very unhappy about it and very sad for him, but I thought he was going to die. And uh, and then I was happy to hear that he uh, he recovered yeah. and, and made it through. And, in fact, I even saw him during the summer. Uh, after this happened, and you know, I saw him at the World Series. He wasn't playing, but he yep. was—he was there. He was visiting there, and I, and I talked to him, to him somewhat. And uh, but but one of the first things he did, apparently, was uh, upon waking up, was that you know he said, "What day is it?" I think he was in a coma for a while. He asked, "What day is it?" They said, "It's Wednesday," and he said, "Oh." What time is it? And they said whatever, whatever seven something or eight something. And he says, "Oh, that means poker fraud alert radio's on." And I, I think he uh, he probably got it at his phone or whatever it was, and he listened to the show. That was the first thing he did after waking up from surgery, from emergency surgery. So I, I think that's great if someone if that's what they want to do when they when they come out of emergency surgeries to hear this show. That's uh, that's a dedicated fan. So, uh, but anyway, I, I really hope that this. Uh, that this goes well and everything uh, everything's good and that uh, yeah he continues living for a long time. I messaged with him briefly and he said the surgery went well and he was okay. Okay, so that's, that's good news. That's 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 what I was hoping for. Yeah, yeah. So th- this yeah. is this is someone I've known for a while and he he's bought pieces of me in the World Series before and a nice guy and uh, you know I, I hope that uh, you know I hope that everything continues. Uh, going well here as far as uh, fighting these problems. And, uh, but hypothetically, if you would have won the 10K limit hold'em and he had, God forbid, passed on into the next realm. If, if I won it and what? And he died, but what? what you... and he, on. he wasn't here anymore. And you ended up winning it. Are you saying if he had a piece of it or if, or just uh, if, if I just won? Oh, didn't he have a piece of it this past year? Or oh, year yeah, before, yes, or yes, yes. Well, okay, so so I, I've thought of that before, and uh, this actually happened. Well, this happened before. There, there was a, a, a listen. We had it. We had someone this this occurred with. We had someone actually who did pass away, who had a piece of me in in, in the World Series. This was Clownbuster, and uh, most people here didn't know him, but he, but he, I, I, you know, he he had a piece of me, and unfortunately, he passed away. Uh, in uh, like a few days after the World Series was over, and I didn't know what to do. He didn't. I didn't owe him a lot of money, but I owed him a little. But I I got a hold of his wife through somebody else and asked what she would like done with the money, and she said uh, just donate it to the free roll. So that's what I did. So that uh, so yeah, we we dealt with this once before. So that what I would do is I would find uh, whoever would be. Maybe this year, when you have, you know, I'm assuming you're still going to talk to the thesis, you should have people identify next of kin, <laughs> just to be safe. 
I could. It's just it's just kind of too much trouble. Like I, I think I would just do my best. I would do my best to locate a next of kin and see what they want to do with it. If, if I can't, then I'll just hold the money indefinitely. If you know, see if uh, if someone comes forward, I'll give it to them. Otherwise, then it just has to go. That's just a chance you have to take. If you if you invest in me and then you die and it, and it's too hard to locate your next of kin, then I think you're just out of luck. I think that'd be a good new feature for tasty steaks. No? <laughs> it's too bad Calwatt's right in. Yeah, it's too bad Calwatt's not on here. You could you could suggest that as a new field you can enter. Who will get the money if if I pass away before the tournament is over? I feel like I keep missing Calwatt every week. He's on the East Coast, though, right? Yeah, he's on the East Coast, Calwatt. He he. You know what happened tonight, though? It wasn't so much because of tiredness. Um. It's it's Ava Devine's fault. Bad guy mentioned Ava Devine, and then Cal Watt, who's kind of newer, like he's only been here for a few years, so he didn't listen to all the Ava Devine stuff on Dockdown. And I was trying to explain to him he does not want to go like look her up. I kept telling him, do not do it. Don't look her up. You're not going to want to see it. He did anyway. He traumatized himself, and he said he couldn't stop thinking about it. And he had to just go. That's really what happened. He, he actually one of the one of the ugliest porn stars I've ever seen. To be honest, it's not just ugly. It's that it's like the disgusting stuff that goes on with her. I just it's just the worst. It's just it's the opposite of a turn on. So I just I, I I kept warning him. You don't want to see it. He didn't believe me. Now listen, I kind of have an update. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, okay? Because I always want the you know the transparency. I've tried over the course of now probably a year. To reconcile, even though I don't even know why I would need to, but to reconcile to some degree with uh, Jenny Anderson. Um, but it hasn't really gone well. Now, she's not mad at me per se. She's just told me that she has a new life and she wants to forget that old life and leave it all behind her. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, so that's, you know, really it. And she's got a kid now, but she's reappeared recently. On Instagram, huh. but would make and I, I under Jenny Anderson. It's under her real name in Russian. If anyone really cares enough that's followed this saga, go ahead and tweet at me or message me on on the the radio phone number, and I'll I'll give you the information. But what's really interesting on Instagram, guess who moved in with her in to Florida right after Thanksgiving? Young Smooth. Young Smooth. And every day they're posting pictures of them on the beach and making out and just hanging out with, with their kid or, you know, Jenny Anderson's kid. Uh, and Panama City is where she settled oh, I've down. Got, I've got to see this. I've got to see this. Are you on Instagram, though? I don't think you are. No, but I can look, I can look at it, though, right? I think so. Yeah, I guess you could. I don't know. I never really thought, like, what's... You know, I still don't really get it. No. I'm on Instagram, but I never use it. What is the point of Instagram? Like, what is the difference between that and what you could do on Facebook? I, I don't understand it, it either. Kind of I, I don't understand. I've had this debate with many young people, and they can't explain it to me. I think it's just an age thing because they, they say, well, Instagram is for posting pictures. I go, well, you can do that on Facebook. Well, you know, Instagram, it's, well, it, it, it's just for posting, like, short things, and then you can accompany it with pictures. Go, well, you can do that on Twitter. So, like, then what's the point of Instagram? And they can't explain it to me, and I think it's just I'm too old to understand. I think it's just one of these things that I'm the old guy who, who just doesn't get it. And I think you are, too. 
is really funny because Alex Jacobs is long, like, eight-game Jeopardy streak ended because the question was, what social media company founded in 2010, blah, 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 blah. Guess what he said? What is Facebook? No, because that was like I mean, that was way before that. He guessed what is Twitter, and the correct answer. And the other two contestants got it. Was what is Instagram? <laughs> and he was eliminated. Now Trebek was very very. Oh, this is a true story. You know, and he got it wrong, and he would have won. He would have been a dominating. Uh, it's nine that's fine. I, I didn't know Instagram so, knocked him out. No, that's that's, that's funny. Well, see, yeah. it shows you, Pete. But anyhow. He, he's a what little bit younger too. He, he he's Go not. Uh, he's oh, young, He's Go younger ahead. than we are. He's in his thirties. But uh, I guess even for him, it's too. It's too old for Instagram. I guess. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll send people off the air. So I just I don't. If I tell everyone, then they're going to start messaging her, and then what will happen is they'll make it private. She'll make it private, and you know she'll ruin all the. That will ruin all the fun. Right. Because Instagram's kind of like Facebook. Most people, for the most part, have it open. But a lot of people also have a private. And if it's private, you, you know, that's it. You can't see nothing. So, but it's it's pretty LOL just to see her and Megan. They they're playing uh, some you know, rap videos and they're dancing and you know they're, they're you know basically acting like you know urban city women. I mean, I don't want. I'm not being racist, but you know what I'm saying. They're listening to hip hop and they got tattoos all over them. Um, but it's pretty LOL. The thing I can't really understand is she posts pictures of this kid that she claims is her son. All the time. There's no mention of the father. You don't see the father. But the kid is always wearing the same shirt. Every time. So I'm wondering if this is even a real kid. So I want to get you on this, on the case, because you'll look at it and you'll tell us if there's some big scam going. Because it just it doesn't look like... And this kid never ages either. This kid has <laughs> looked the same now for about, you know, a year. Like, he's not getting any bigger. He's not getting shorter. His hair is never growing. He's always wearing, like, the same shirt. So, anyhow. But anyone that's interested, let me know. You won't without knowing her Russian name, her birth name. But, uh, you know, message me. What is my phone, my radio phone number again, Jeroff? It's 203. Uh, what? So, okay, so I'm going to give Brandon his own phone number here, as, as weird as that sounds, uh, which it is. Uh, it, it is 203-299-2436. 203, and this is on the radio. It's on the radio page. I, it's, it's still up there. 203-299-2436 is Brandon's text phone number that you can text him anytime. So if, if, I guess yes. he'll give this to you. Uh, okay, so Mr. Tickle, uh, he is – you've seen him on the forum? He's, he's a young guy. He, he, I think he's in Russia currently, but he's, he's uh, from the U.K. I've been playing open-faced Chinese with him. For about eight, ten months now, we chat every once in a while. Very nice guy. Okay. Hey, so, Brandon. So, so here he is. He's, he's with us here. And uh, hello. Oh shit! What's up, buddy? Hey guys, how you doing? I think this it's, is the first funny. time I've he's I... actually he's been killing me in OFC. We're playing two variants. We're playing deuce in the middle, and we're just playing straight high. And he's been dominating yeah. me in straight high, and I've been absolutely crushing him in deuce in the middle. So it's kind of like I'm, you know I'm my dreadful. edge. Okay, so so Mr. Huh? Tickle, I think this is the first time I've ever spoken to you. Is that true? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. And and so you're from the UK, but you're currently living in Russia. Is that true? Yeah, I'm living in Moscow. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, Mr. Tickle, he's actually one of our few young listeners, and he sometimes mm-hmm. will he will sometimes come out there and and call me out about things that I say that uh, that I'm too old to understand. 
so yeah, I guess you might call me a social justice warrior. That, that too. He's also a social justice warrior. But but Mr. Mr. Tickle, uh, go ahead and uh, and you said you wanted to talk to us about Instagram. What do you want to say about Instagram? We, we don't. Yeah, understand you guys it. said you don't understand it, right? We, we don't. We're too old. I think it's kind of two things. It's showing a snapshot of your life. Uh, just all the good things so you can show everybody how great your life is while cutting out all the terrible things. But people do that on Facebook too. That's that's what Facebook is for. Yeah. I, <laughs> and also, uh, I guess it's just people want to scroll down pictures. They don't want to read things. They just want to see pictures of nice, pretty things. And uh, they don't I, I think, you're, I think you've got something things. there. I think you've got something there that, that it's, it's something that uh, even though you can post pictures on Facebook – it, it, Facebook isn't just about pictures. This is like mostly about pictures. So you can it's just, all pictures. Yeah, so you can just scroll and see picture, 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 and I think the kids like that. I, th- I, I think you're, yeah, I think yeah. you're onto something. I think you're making us understand. I think it's just laziness. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, it's funny because I so much felt the same way as Brandon when I went there. I was like, "What's the point of this? I don't get it. It seems extraneous." Uh, but 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 I, I've also heard that Facebook has kind of fallen out of favor a lot with with the younger people. They kind of see this as like something their parents would use. Yeah, it, it lost popularity when parents got on there. Yeah, so so that's yeah. it is. Well, now I see like these now I see like these younger athletes when they're apologizing for something or you know whatever it may be you know different schools and college. That's how they're getting their word out now on Instagram. They're yeah, not, they're not using Twitter. They're not using Facebook. It's all Instagram. Doesn't it feel weird, though, when there's a long post of text on Instagram? It just feels like the wrong platform. It kind of does. You're right. I, I kind of think that, too, and I don't even use Instagram. It's like just post a photo on Instagram, maybe a one-line caption. But if you need to write a long post, and do it on Facebook. Now, now you, you live in Russia, and uh, yes. you, you had posted about uh, the, the women there. It, 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 so it's true that the women in Russia are, are very impressed with the fact that, that you're a foreigner? Yes, it's ridiculous. And the thing is, the I don't know how the genetics work, but the women here are beautiful and the men aren't great. So you, have, uh, you kind of stand out if you're foreign. So there's that, there's that too. You, you, there's less competition there. And then you have a lot, yes, of, a lot of hot so, girls. So, Mr. Tickle, if Todd and I came down there to play some poker or to whatever, hang out in Moscow, you're saying him and I would have no problems picking up the ladies? Absolutely no problem whatsoever. You can be the ugliest British guy or the ugliest American guy, and you'd come here and you'd do pretty well. Oh. Even if you're old, like like we are, like we're we're in our forties, so that you're, you're even there, you're saying that the the younger women would still uh, would still be interested. Yeah, you always see younger girls with older guys here. I see. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. And so, why, why yeah. did you, why did you move to Russia? Uh, I, I got work here. I finished, um, I graduated from university in London, and uh, during my time there, I did an exchange semester in St. Petersburg, and I just loved living there, so I decided I wanted to come back and get a job here after I graduated. Really? So, so you, you think that's where you're going to stay long term? I don't know about that. Maybe two or three years. Okay, that's not long term. <laughs> no, not, no, no, not long term. But like the weather's terrible, so yeah, that's, that's true. not great. That's true. Yeah, but it's just like it's a nice experience to like live in a country which is just completely different. Yeah, it, it does seem like something that that would be incredibly different. And and of course, if there's a lot like a whole lot of hot girls, and I know in Russia it is the case that like it, it kind of similar to the Sweden and Norway that the girls who are younger there are like really hot. Like there there is a whole lot of hot girls who are under thirty in these countries, mm-hmm. like more than you'll find in the U.S. and the U.K. But then. Yeah. Uh, now- but, 
once they get older, it, it falls apart pretty fast. But but uh, as far as the younger ones, there, there really is a, a very good selection. So if you have that plus they're very interested in you because you're a foreigner, then that's a, that's a good spot to be in. Yeah, sure, but it's, not only, it's not only girls which are great here. Go on, go on, Brandon. Now, Mr. Tickle, you listened to the uh, radio show I did the day after Thanksgiving, also known as a holiday show. Yes, I and did. And on that show, I had an ex-girlfriend of mine, Lisa, that was yes, on for did. a while. And very, very nice girl, but as you even noted, uh, you no know, offense, she's not you know, particularly smart. Would you kind of uh-huh. agree with that? Yes, too. Now, are the women in, are the women in Russia these these gorgeous, pretty girls? Are they are they highly intelligent, or are they just kind of bimbos? In, uh, the their appearance has no correlation to their intelligence. Some of them are intelligent, some of them are not. It's just that the majority of people, like a five in Russia, is like an eight in the U.S. or an eight in the U.K. So, and oh you're gonna have gosh. some that you're gonna have some that are intelligent and some that are stupid. So, you just have to mix in the right crowd. And are, are things pretty well, rough? Maybe, maybe you got to evacuate from these fires and come get me and pop <laughs> some of these miles we got and head, head out to Moscow. Yeah, I'm not going to get any fires are over you still here. With, are you still with the baby's mama, though? I, I am, yeah. So that's, that's, that's the problem. Oh, okay. That might get in the way of that. Well, let's, yeah, there's let's not going to be any fires here. I'm going to put you guys on mute because I'm, I'm walking into a casino all the uh, the noise to, to come on the radio. So I'm going to hang on for a minute. I'm going to mute myself. Thank you for letting me come on for a bit. Mr. Tickle, if we don't talk again tonight, thank you for calling in. Good to finally nice uh, match the voice yeah. behind the screen name in uh, uh-huh. OFC. Yeah. And I'm going to mute myself, but I'll be back, gentlemen, okay? Okay, thank you. See you, Brennan. It's, it's funny. Hi, Brennan. Mr. Tickle, I didn't remember even giving you yes. my my Skype. Like, I saw, like, I see your real name, your real yeah. first name there. I'm like, who is this person? And then I answered, and I heard a lot of background noise. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. So I, I hung up on <laughs> it. And then you messaged me, and I said, who is this? And you said, and I said, okay, I'll put him on. I, I didn't know it was you. Yeah. I I got you on uh, Skype a while ago because you were talking about Tinder, and you don't understand why uh, young people use Tinder and what a girl's looking for and what a guy's looking for. And I sort of disagreed with your view, and I said I would come on and talk to you about it. But that never happened. That's right. I remember that now. Okay. Yeah, you said that yeah, girls, um, girls are looking for relationships, and guys are looking for hookups, and you don't understand Tinder. And I wanted to explain to you how it's just simply not true. But you talked about it as a while ago now. Well, you know, one, one day, like you know, 20 years from now, how, how old are you? Like, you say 23 or something? 23, yeah. Yeah, so one, one day... Like twenty years from now, you're going to be the old guy, and you're not—you're not going to understand the young people. You know, like Benjamin, he's going to be like twenty years from now. Benjamin will be twenty-seven, uh-huh. and you'll be forty-three. You won't understand him. He'll—he'll he'll be the young person that—that's going to have to—he'll have to tell you about things that you—you you won't get. I—I I didn't think that day would come either. Like, like in the eighties, I couldn't picture being the old guy. Like in the eighties, I—I just well, thought that was—it's pretty fair to say that I don't understand many people on poker for a <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like a left-wing European guy. It's a pretty alien environment to me. Yeah. Well, and you're younger than most of the people there, too. Most of the people are, are yes, yes. Much, they're much closer to my age than yours. But like double my age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that would be kind yeah. of a... Though you know, I, I, the, the other forum I run, this Vegas Casino Talk. There's a lot of really old people on there. Like I sometimes feel like the young guy over there. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. like around sixty over there on that site. So well, I think the, I think the issue is because of Black Friday. There's no young people getting into poker anymore. But in Europe, we still have poker. There's still young people getting into poker. So yeah, that is. I couldn't believe at the World Series the tiny percentage of people that were under 25 that were playing, which uh-huh. that didn't used well, to be the case at all. Well, if you go to a casino in London, there's plenty of young people there. 
And uh, all universities there have their own poker societies, poker clubs, and there's home games every weekend. And there's like, there's always an official poker society game, which might be just a five pound entry, and then people will go to someone's house and play much bigger stakes and and like private games. So it's it's pretty thriving student scene. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I, I would like to go see Russia at some point. I've never been there in my life, but I would like to see it. I, I would like to see it. Not 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 in December, but uh, at some time when the weather's better. Yeah, it's pretty shitty now, but um, next year is going to be amazing because it's the quote unquote election uh, at the start of the year, and then it's the World Cup in the summer. So it's a pretty great time to be here. Yeah, it, are, are things pretty cheap there as far as uh, you know, just basic living expenses? A lot cheaper. Than yeah, it's UK? really it's really cheap. Yeah. That, that, you know, being a cheap Jew, I have to say that uh, that's something I really you'd enjoy. You'd love it. You'd love it. When, when I go to third world countries, which has been, it's, you know, it's been a while since I've been to one. I've, I've had a few cruise stops in places, but I mean, like, actually really stayed time in any third world country. Uh, being a cheap Jew, it, it's, it's such a pleasure when you walk into a restaurant and everything's so cheap, or you walk into a store uh-huh. and everything's so, you just go, oh my God, I, I, you know, like, or, or a hotel that's super cheap. Anything that's, you you just know it would be several times in your home country to to get the same thing, and it's just such a pleasure to to get those type of deals. And uh, on 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 the subject of cruises, I recommend going for a cruise in the Baltic Sea here in Europe, and you can go and see uh, Norway, and you can go and see Estonia, and you can go to Saint Petersburg in Russia. You can have a cruise and see those things. Yeah, I actually, I, I'm actually considering doing that. Uh, I actually might be taking a European cruise next year. It won't be in, in, in the in, in around Russia, but uh, Mediterranean. Yeah, the, the problem is uh, finding the time to do it because uh, I wouldn't want to do a Mediterranean cruise in the summer. The, the, Why? It's amazing. It's too hot, isn't it? Yeah, it's like 28 degrees or something. Or I don't know what that in Fahrenheit, but it's. Well, that's uh, what, what, what about the humi- Isn't the humidity really bad though? Isn't it like really miserable there? It's not miserable. I mean, uh, I'd I'd rather be there than in Texas or something. Okay, okay. Well, because like those are places like right. I, like in the summer, I, I I don't go to Florida. I don't go to Hawaii. I don't go to, mm-hmm. to I don't go to Atlanta or New Orleans. Like I I stay away from all those areas. They're so humid, and even New York in the summer is terrible. Uh, so so I stay out of so, uh, those places. I go in the spring, and then the summer I go to places that are usually cold uh, in the winter. That uh, like Russia, I definitely like to go in the summer. But so, when would you go on a Mediterranean cruise? Like, what time would be it? I, I would think something like September or, or or May or April, something like that. I think that would be the best. Okay, time. that's that's not bad. Yeah, like something like May would be. Yeah, might be the sweet spot there. Yeah, that's what I would think. But the problem is, then I have Benjamin in school, so that's that's where I get the, the oh. problem. That's where I get the problem. If I didn't have a kid, I've, I could just go any time. But have you been to any countries around the Mediterranean before? I, um. I, I yes, uh, I, I have, but not not that many. So it's amazing. It's the south of France, coast of Italy, Spain. It's really a really great place. Thriving culture, different uh, languages, architectures, all in like one very small confined place. It's a really good place to go. Yeah, I, I would I would like to see all that. And uh, you know, I, I many many years ago, when I was very young, mm-hmm. I, I, I saw some of it, not all that much, but uh, but I would like to go back. Uh, all these years later, and, and some of these places I, ha- I haven't even been to, so I, I, yeah. I would like to. It's become harder because of having a child, and then the school schedules and all that. But uh, you know, it, the, I'll get it done at some point. Well, you know, that's the difference between the U.S. and 
and Europe is in Europe you can go 100 miles and you have a new language, new architecture, new culture, new cuisine. Uh, whereas in the U.S. you go for 100 miles and you're still in the U.S. Yeah, in fact, 100 miles doesn't mean much at all in the U.S. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to see around the U.S., especially a lot of the natural sites. There's a lot of different sure. things to see. So so there's a lot of travel someone in the U.S. can do within the U.S. That's what I've been doing mostly for the last several years. But uh, but yeah, I, I would like to visit some other countries, and uh, that's why the first like real international trip in a long time I'm taking is going to be uh, this upcoming summer, I think. Yeah, so. you definitely should come to Russia, though. It's a um, really incredible country, and you might think there's some hostility, but there's really not. Everyone's very open to tourists, especially in Moscow. You know, I wouldn't even be that worried about that there. That's that's something I wouldn't worry too much. The, the places I don't want to visit are ones that are uh, uh, Muslim countries. Uh, there I'm afraid of things like kidnappings or whatever that, that could occur, but uh, in Russia I wouldn't be worried about. No, here everyone just wants to talk to you about um, Western culture, yeah. TV, music, sports. That, that's what like I this. would expect. Yeah, I, I, w- I would not be afraid of visiting Russia at all for that reason. I, w- I would not think there'd be hostility there. That would just that was just my impression. Just, just don't talk to them about politics or yeah. gay people or something like that. Wait, so are you saying gay like, people? You're saying they don't like gay people there? Oh, they definitely don't like gay people. In fact, often at work I have to bite my lips so I don't get into an argument with a colleague or something okay. about... Uh, them saying there's something that's completely not particularly correct. I just well, I, bite my lip and continue with uh, my I, work. Honestly, I, I don't think gay stuff would come up if I was in Russia. I'm not gay myself, so I don't see why I'd bring that up. Yeah. So it's not. Well, like, yeah, me neither. But it just comes up sometimes, like in the news or something. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, just like as a tourist, I, I can't see that ever coming up in a conversation. So. Well, I've I've been in. In work, and people have talked about Europe, and someone said to me, "Oh, I know how it's cool to be gay in Europe nowadays." <laughs> it's cool to be gay. I don't think you understand. You know? Well, uh, <laughs> if you work there, it's a different story. Then a lot of conversations start. If you're just a, if you're just a tourist there, you're not likely to get into those types. Sure, of sure. I, like I, I, yeah. I can't even think about like any of my trips that I've ever just like discussed gay people with with people there. It's like a topic that I just wouldn't think of discussing with with just people in a random city I'm visiting. Yeah. Well, no, normally what people ask you the most as a foreigner is, well, what do you think of Putin? What do you think of election hacking? What do you yeah. think of prosperity <laughs> and things? And, and they all have their opinions, and some of them are more open to other opinions than other people. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's good, it's good to, to finally hear your voice and hear from you. I know you've been on the, on the forum a while, and, and you listen to the show, and I know you, you, said, you, sure. like, you said you like the long radio shows, right? Yeah, I love the long radio shows. Um, I normally listen to them. If there's an eight-hour one, oh, that's that's my working day done. You know. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, people have gotten used to them. People, I, I sometimes feel strange. Like I'll feel a really long. I'll finish a really long one, and I'll have the thoughts like: number one, who's going to want to listen to this many hours? And number two, oh, you know, maybe I was rambling too much. Maybe you know, the, like I, I come up with all these reasons why people are going to turn it off. But then I get messages like, oh no, I'm I'm, I'm happy the show was so long this week. I go, okay, that's. <laughs> no, you, you could talk about total shit for eight hours, and I'd still listen. It's just uh, it's background noise more than anything, you know. <laughs> I should call this the I should call this the background noise show. I, I, get, I get so many of these people telling me that that's that they like listening to me. It's just an, an ongoing conversation that they can uh, have yeah. on in the background, and, and that helps them do whatever they're doing. Even even yeah. my own girlfriend listens when she when she does uh, the hiking and other stuff in the background. She just likes to have the show on. 
So. Yeah, it's like, you know, people who prefer working in a coffee shop rather than in a library. It's like that. You always have, like, a background conversation. Uh, so he doesn't feel... It fills the silence. Yeah. I mean, I used to use the radio show to go to sleep, but uh, <laughs> not anymore. So many people do this. So many people yeah. use it for sleeping. It's amazing. Yeah. But then you end up missing uh, some gold, and you have to rewind it when you don't understand what anyone's talking about on the forum. Yeah. I, I, I've decided just whatever reason people want to listen is fine. I don't, I don't even care. I, it's, just, it's interesting to me yeah. what, what, what motivates people to listen. A download's a download, right? Yep. That's for sure. <laughs> Okay, it, doesn't well, even, it doesn't matter if they don't listen as well. So there you go. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling in. Very interesting hearing from yeah, you. And uh, feel free to call again some other time. I will do. Enjoy the show. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye. It's a call from Germany and a call from Russia today on the on this show. Wow. These I mean, these are people I I, I know of from uh, from the forum and from you know, the case of Chicks Diggit. He's called other radio shows we've had before, but. Still, it's cool to have the international listeners. In fact, Benjamin's fascinated by this. I was telling him about how the show, you know, he knows I do the show every week and he knows it's on Poker Fraud Alert. And I, I told him that people listen all over the world. He was surprised. He, he, didn't, he just kind of didn't picture that. By the way, Benjamin really likes playing video poker now. <laughs> Uh, there's an app of, of just video poker, like a free video poker game for play money that I have on my phone. And for some reason, I just showed it to him one day. And 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 he he likes video poker. I, I don't I don't I don't know what to say about that though. Maybe it's better that he doesn't get to like it. So, uh, but he does he does actually already have a good attitude about gambling. He said that. Uh, he said, "When he gets older, he thinks he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do that because he's he's afraid he'll lose money. He thinks he'd like to just uh, work where he's sure that he'll make money every day." So I said, oh, it's, "It's a it's a responsible attitude to have for a seven year old." And he said this on his own. Like this was uh, he he actually comes up with uh, sometimes he has some surprisingly mature perspectives on things other times he comes off like he's still a baby but you know other times yeah you know, there's there's things he says that i go wow i can't believe a seven-year-old is uh seeing it that way one, one time when and this is probably a year and a half ago that uh his mom forgot to bring something i think some shampoo or conditioner something she forgot and Benjamin remarked that she's not going to want to go to the gift shop because it's so expensive. I guess he really is my son. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. A lot of calls tonight. If I didn't take your call, don't be offended. I just I got so many calls tonight. I just I felt like we were never going to get through it, and with my throat hurting. I didn't want the show to drag on forever and then have to cut off topics. Well, this is, this is a perfect segue. We just had uh, Mr. Tickle on from Russia. And this is a story about Georgia, the Republic of Georgia. Not really about the Republic itself, but about an arrest that occurred in Las Vegas 
of a resident uh, from the Republic of Georgia for cheating at craps. This is... I hadn't really thought about cheating at craps before. Like, not, not about doing it. I hadn't really thought about it being a thing. But it really is. So here... Here's the story. Um... Where is this here? I had it up and it disappeared. Where are we here? Here we are. I have all these different windows up for the different stories. And sometimes I lose one. So this occurred at the Flamingo. The Flamingo is a Caesars property. It's a long-standing property in Vegas. Very famous property associated with Bugsy Siegel. Eventually was owned by Hilton, then became a Caesars property. So, just called the Flamingo. And a fine gentleman by the name of Badri Tsertsersvade, very difficult name to say, his, his last name is spelled T-S-E-R-T-S-V-A-D-Z-E, Tsertsvade, I guess, Badri Tsertsvade resident of Georgia. He was arrested on 18 and booked on 18 counts of cheating, which is pretty serious business in uh, Nevada. And he was observed sliding dice in craps on several occasions. So it didn't just happen once. It wasn't just, it happened by a fluke. He, He kept doing this. Uh, he's actually been in trouble before for cheating in craps. He was using rigged dice, loaded dice in 2008 in France and was uh, arrested there. And, uh, this was in Normandy. And he also won a, a, a tournament, a backgammon tournament in 2007. And since he had been busted a year later, Using rigged dice, uh, also in a, this wasn't in, in craps. He he was using the rigged dice in a backgammon competition in Normandy in 2008. So they figured if he won it in 2007, elsewhere he won this in Venice, Italy. That uh, it's likely that he was probably using those same dice back then. So this guy's a habitual and career cheater. So. Uh, and then also, there, there's been other uh, dice sliding arrests in recent times. There were there are two Bulgarians who were arrested on a cruise ship in September of 2017 after they won a million dollars, which that's that's pretty huge money to win on a cruise ship. Most times, cruise ships, the, the you know, at most you're usually going to have like a, a mid to high limit gambler. It's usually not big whales on a cruise ship, but. Two Bulgarians won uh, a million bucks on a cruise ship in September 2017. And a casino surveillance specialist named Willie Allison said that it's the scam of 2017. Dice sliders never used to be common, but seem to make a comeback in recent years. So what is dice sliding? You may wonder what that is. I really think I'm getting sick here. I think I'm getting stuffed up here. 
One moment, please. Yep. I've had to blow my nose during the show. I think that's a bad sign. What I just had to do. I, I, I spared you it, though. I did not put on the sound of me blowing my nose. Now, you probably noticed on the 2 plus 2 poker cast, they don't have, you don't have uh, Terrence Chan blowing his nose or Adam Schwartz blowing his nose. You don't have that. It's, it's more of a professional operation. But, but here, I blow my nose, but I do put it on mute, and, and I still continue the show, even though I probably shouldn't be. Because I, what I've seen is when I'm getting sick, and, or I am sick, and I do the show, then I feel much worse the next day, and, and, and I wish I hadn't. Because to talk all these hours straight with very little break takes a lot out of you. So, um, dice sliding involves taking at least uh, one of the dice, but it could be two, one or two dice, that uh, you roll it across the table, or slide it, you don't roll it. Instead of rolling it, you're sliding it across the table, so the same number that is facing up when you throw it stays up. So it's pretty much a way to make the dice show what you want them to show. Or otherwise, if you just throw the dice normally, it's very random. And that's why there are people who claim that they're, quote, dice influencers, people who claim to have practiced rolling dice in craps tables and claim that they can roll certain numbers without violating the dice sliding rule, that they can just throw it and do a legal throw but still make it often come up with what they're trying to make it, but there's never been any proof that dice influencing really works. Because if you think about it, it's very hard. There's a lot of rules. The, the dice have to hit the back of the uh, of the table. There, 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 there's a number of rules in, in rolling dice for craps that it would be very, very tough, if not impossible, to really influence the number coming up. But sliding... There you're doing it where the dice, the dice, they remain face up. And so if, if, if you can do this, and you can do these sliding, and you can somehow uh, get away with it, because now the, the box man, the, the one who's in charge of the craps game, he can actually invalidate the roll if he sees that uh, the roll did not meet certain criteria, meaning that uh, they have to be in the air, and they have to bounce and hit the back wall, as I just said. So, if the boxman sees that not happening, he can kill the roll and say, do it again and follow the rules this time. So how do they get away with it? How do they, how do, they do this uh, this dice sliding and get away with it? Because that's the hard part. The hard part is not learning how to slide the dice. You, you, know, you have to practice at it, but you can learn it. It's not incredibly hard to do. The tough part is getting away with it and not having your role either invalidated or getting arrested or, you know, at the very least kicked out of the casino for it. So the way that they have been getting away with it is either they get corrupt floor men to, you know, the boxmen, they get corrupt casino employees to go along with it. Or more often... They find ones who are just kind of out of it. They, they observe the ones who don't seem to be paying much attention, don't seem to care, or ones who are easily distracted. So you'll have uh, a dice sliding scam where uh, they'll have a second person involved with a scam and they'll be distracting the box man so he, can't, uh, he doesn't see it happen. 
And in some cases, uh, casinos that really, really want to get whales to stay in action, uh, they'll even notice that these roles are not meeting the requirements, but we'll let it go thinking it's just someone who uh, they don't want to piss off, that they want their their whale who's betting so big to be happy, so they, they kind of let it slide, and sometimes what they don't realize is that these whales are actually advantage players or I should say cheaters. These, these aren't advantage players because it's actually cheating. It, it's different. Advantage playing means you're playing basically within the rules there but finding a way to beat the casino. Cheating is where you're actually doing something against the law to change the way the game plays and and win that way. You're, you're basically breaking the rules and often the law when doing so. So this is definitely cheating. And it, it kind of stopped for a while. In fact, the last major arrest in Las Vegas for dice sliding happened six years ago. So it's been six years since they really did a, a big dice sliding arrest, and, and that was uh, uh, two Argentinians won $700,000 at the win, and then it was found that they were dice sliding. I think in Vegas it's unlikely that the staff is in cahoots, especially because the staff has not been arrested in any of these cases. I think that's more likely in foreign countries. In Vegas it's more likely that they identify boxmen there who are just not paying attention or that can easily be distracted. So this habitual cheater, this Badri Tsertsvadze, uh, he has been arrested and booked on 18 counts of cheating for the dice sliding. Uh, this guy is right around my age. He's 44 years old. And he's being held on $90,000 bail if he's convicted, he can face from one to six years in prison for each charge and a maximum of $10,000 fine per offense. And I don't know what they're going to do about the fact that he's a foreign national. I assume they're still going to put him in prison and not just deport him. But who knows? Another crime story involving Las Vegas. I meant to cover this last week, but I we, we kind of ran out of time with it, so we're doing it this week. A church pastor did uh, something very surprising. <laughs> so does I mean this, this is a crazy story. Now this this one I definitely have to bring back up. I definitely I definitely lost this one, so bear with me a second here. But a, a church pastor was was arrested for robbery. Let me get to this here. I don't know how I lose this stuff during the show. This is what happens when you do it. have to do everything yourself. Sometimes these snafus occur. Okay, so this church pastor, he tried to rob the same Las Vegas casino, in this case the M Resort, which is in the very southern part of Las Vegas. It's mostly a local's place. But this church pastor actually attempted to rob the M three different times before being caught. He didn't even change the place he was trying to rob. 
So in uh, October, uh, Gregory Bolsan was arrested for attempting to rob the M Resort of $33,000. He pulled out a gun and demanded the cash from the cashier's cage. It turned out it was a fake gun, but you know, that's still very much a crime. This was actually his third attempted robbery. And the first one occurred in late August. It was unsuccessful because the cage employee said, no, I'm not giving you the money, which is pretty brave. But I don't know if there's bulletproof glass behind it. I don't, I'm, I don't know. Whatever it was, the cage employee wouldn't do it. And then he just took off. So then in September, not too long after late August, in September he comes back and again had this gun, probably the same fake gun, and demanded $30,000. And that, that time he got away. Well, he got away both times, but he actually got money this time and got away. So the first time he just ran off and they didn't catch him, but he didn't get anything. Second time he got $30,000 and got away. But the police could not believe that he actually used the same car both times and, more amazingly, when committing uh, both robbery attempts in August and September, he actually wore the same clothing. (laughs) He, He couldn't even change clothes. He was wearing the same clothing both times. Same clothing, same car. So he came back on October 28th for his third attempt. He parked his car in the exact same spot. (laughs) He didn't even park in a different spot in the parking lot. Answered the same doors of the casino as he had before. But uh, this time, because he'd done it twice in in recent months, they decided that they're going to really be looking out for him. So they were waiting for him, and uh, the second he walked through the door, the casino security staff grabbed him held him for police, and he was charged with burglary, attempted robbery, and robbery. He is a senior pastor pastor at the Grace Bible Church in Las Vegas. I wonder what will become of that position. I have to imagine he won't be getting it back. That's really weird to come back to the same place three times. Park in the same spot, wear the same clothing three times in two months. How could you wear the same clothing <laughs> and park the car in the same spot? It's amazing how dumb some of these criminals are. Okay, so I'm going to discuss here the Inside the Evil Empire, part eight. This is an ongoing series from a Caesars employee on the East Coast who worked behind the scenes. It seems like he is in accounting or something and doesn't think highly of Caesars and he has started a series called Inside the Evil Empire to tell stories of Caesars doing stupid things. We've read all seven parts Here's part number eight. He claims he'll do 20 or he's going to try to do 20. So this is part eight, the FTEs. He says an FTE is a full-time equivalent, which is just a fancy way to say a 40-hour work week. So 1.0 FTE 
equals 40 hours. Most of hourly labor most of hourly labor at the evil empire had targets. So you schedule a certain amount of slot attendants per slot pull, certain amount of housekeepers per, based on occupancy, etc. I wasn't involved in any of the scheduling, but did see these reports weekly, and to be honest, they didn't make any sense to me because some of the metrics were just so fucking out there. I wish I remembered some of the crazy shit equations they had for these things. Kind of like the whole marketing efficiency bullshit from a couple stories ago. So all of these metrics would, sp- would spit out an FTE number, and the department was supposed to have their labor match up or be less than that target number. I'll never forget my one interaction with this shit. One of our AGMs, which stands for uh, Assistant General Manager, I assume, uh, was responsible for hotel operations, and he got the report one day, and I'll never forget him losing his shit over the front desk, being over their target FTEs by tenths of an FTE. Not multiple FTEs, but tenths of an FTE. Now, for those of you getting a little confused here, or, or not following, or you know, listening to this as you're falling asleep, uh, what, what he's trying to say here is that uh, you know, they, they basic, this is a metric of, of uh, how many full-time employees they have per whatever. So the company would come up with, okay, we, we think we should have you know, this many full-time employees for, uh, for every you know, 200 hotel rooms, for example. And he was saying that in one department, in the front, for the front desk, that they almost hit that exactly, but they were tenths of a point over. So, so for example, if uh, the front desk felt that, uh, let's say the front desk gets a thousand people coming through it a day, that they determine that they should have, uh, uh, I don't know, five FTEs, you know, full-time employees, per... Uh, you know, they just have one, one full-time employee per 200 visits to the front desk daily. So that would mean uh, with 1,000 people visiting, that should mean they should have five to- full-time employees or FTEs to cover that. So let's say there were uh, you know 950 people visiting instead of 1,000, then, and they had those five employees, then they'd be they, you know, they have a slightly over five. Because it's 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 uh, they'd be slightly higher than than the goal there. Because if the, if the goal is to have one per two hundred visits, and they have nine hundred fifty visits on average, and there's five employees, then in reality uh, it's it's one hundred ninety visits per employee, which of course is trivial. So that he's basically saying something like this happened. That whatever metric they were using to staff the front desk that it fell a tiny, tiny bit over that, and they flipped out. Something like that. Something like the example I gave there, where if they're doing it based upon visits and you know, they're getting 950 instead of 1,000 and they have five employees, which they normally have are 1,000, they got mad that, that uh, this tiny fraction went over as far as how many hires. And what especially doesn't make sense is that if you end up hiring less, then you're then uh, then you're going to be short staffed. So I don't I don't even understand why why that would be bad being tenths of a point over that. So he said that they, that there is a a system general manager that are really angry about this. So he says again, I'm about running a business as efficiently as possible, not wasting money and stuff. But Jesus Christ, I wish I remembered the exact number of FTEs that he was getting all bent out of shape over. I think it was less than 0.5. 
if we do a quick little math here, 0.5 FTEs is 20 hours of work. A front desk clerk makes about $13 to $15 an hour. I could be off on that, but I think I'm in the ballpark. So that's a labor, a labor overage of 260 to $300 a week. Again, I have mentioned many times about five-figure expenses not being rounding errors at the end of the year, so I don't even know what to, what to classify 260 to 300 as. So he's trying to say that this is such a large company that even when there's a five-figure expense at the end of the year that they weren't expecting, that's a drop in the bucket for them. You know, five figures maybe for you if you spent you know 50000 more this year than you expected to. That could be a big deal for you, unless you're very rich. But – for, for a huge company like Caesars, if, if, if they spend 50000 extra, that's nothing in, in a period of a year. They shouldn't even worry about it. He's saying if they're spending $260 extra uh, for, for a week, you know, how can they even be panicking about that? He says, this is just another example of not worrying about the big picture, uh, such as gaming revenue, hotel occupancy, shit that really matters and drives the big numbers in the business, but worrying about the very, very small details. And again, I'm not saying businesses should ignore different aspects of the business. I'm saying that they should focus on the bulk of their energy on big ticket items. As I've stated before, the evil empire was great at focusing on the minutia and ignoring the big glaring problems that were out there, at least where I worked. Guessing it's because they knew they couldn't solve the big problems since they were structural in nature drove me fucking insane. So this is an ongoing theme to all of his stories, as you've probably heard if you've listened to the other ones. Where they seem to be focusing on some really, really trivial aspect that at best is going to save them a very small amount of money compared to the overall revenue for the company, and yet they place such importance on it, and in other large things, do things very stupidly and don't pay much attention at all. It, it really is a case of penny-wise and pound-foolish. So these are interesting stories that, that come from someone you know, working kind of on the accounting end of Caesar, something you really don't think of when you picture Caesar's employees. But it, it's crazy the type of the things that go like go on like this at, at large companies. You sometimes just wonder why. You know, why does this matter? I can we you know, as he said, he, he can understand not wanting to waste, but you know, as far as operations, if you if you're pretty damn close in the ballpark of where you want to be on your expenditures or, or your staffing, great. You've done a good job then. If you've gotten very close to it, if it's a tiny bit over, who cares? This isn't the price of the price is right game show where if you go over a tiny bit, you lose. This, if you go over a tiny bit, then then that means you're very very close to target, and that's great. So okay, I'm going to move on and talk about our final topic. We lost Trader Ruski, it's just me, and I, I'm definitely getting sick. I, this really sucks. I think I think what I'm going to do is I, when I'm done with the show, I'm going to down some NyQuil and go to sleep. But I uh, hope I don't... This may not be a good night for NyQuil because NyQuil really puts me to sleep fast and keeps me asleep. And that's great when I have a cold. But what's not good is if there's a fire in the area, maybe I don't want to stay asleep through a lot of noise. But fortunately, there's other people here who can wake me up. And from what I can see, that fire that I saw, I, I don't even think I have the energy to go drive around looking for it at this point. But the the fire I saw before, it, it, at the very least, has not even it has not moved closer from what I can see, and and there's still 
debate going on of whether that's really as close as it appears to be. I don't know. I, I just don't think it's getting here. I, I just don't. I just don't have the feeling the fi- the fire is going to make it here. I, I just I just don't think it's going to do it. At least not this one. Maybe maybe a new fire starts tomorrow. I just I don't think this fire is going to do it. Um, so here, here, here's the last topic And I haven't talked to the, about that many general topics on this show In, in a while I, I guess we had some of that tonight With all this uh, pervert talk we were doing But I, I guess appropriate for this show Let's, let's have some more pervert talk and, and talk about a porn star who killed herself And it's actually a pretty controversial story and it's kind of a sad story in some ways. Anytime someone commits suicide, unless they're a really bad person, it's it's uh, pretty bad. It's always sad to hear that someone decided they couldn't take whatever stress life was throwing at them and decided to end it. But a porn star killed herself because of an online backlash, because of trolling, uh, mostly on Twitter, People were harassing her and calling her awful names because she publicly stated that she did not want to have sex with a bisexual guy who had done gay porn scenes in the past. She did not want to have sex with him and was refusing to work with him in any films. She says, I'm not going to have sex with anybody who has done gay scenes because of the HIV threat. She was clear about the fact that this was over an HIV fear. It wasn't hatred of gay men. It was a fear of contracting HIV. Uh, she posted this on December 3rd on Twitter. Her name is August Ames. You can still find her on Twitter, despite the fact that she's dead. At August Ames, A-M-E-S-X-X-X. At August Ames, X-X-X. So on December 3rd, just two days ago, or actually uh, three and a half days ago now, she tweeted, Whichever lady performer is replacing me tomorrow for Erotica X News, you're shooting with a guy who has shot gay porn, just to let you know. BS is all I can say. Do agents not really care about who they're representing? LA Direct, I do my homework for my body. So it's very clear what she's saying about that. That she is afraid of HIV. That's what I do my homework for my body means. That means I I look into who I'm going to be having sex with on camera. And if it's a guy who's done gay porn before, then she doesn't want that. Because the chance of contracting HIV is much higher. And that's the truth. That is the truth. That's always been the truth since uh, HIV started in the early 80s. It is much, much easier to contract HIV through gay anal sex than straight vaginal sex. Not just a little easier, but much, much, much easier. In the early 90s, I saw a study that stated, and I don't know if this is true, but it sounds about right, because it was to this extreme, 
that it was safer HIV-wise. I'm not talking about other things like herpes, but I'm saying just, just as far as HIV is concerned, that it was safer for a guy to have unprotected sex with 500 different prostitutes, not just women, but 500 different prostitutes, than to have anal sex unprotected with one man who hadn't been tested. 500 to 1. It was true that very, very few heterosexual men who were truly heterosexual, not ones who said they were heterosexual and were ashamed to be gay and reported themselves as heterosexual when they're really having gay sex, or guys you know, shooting up with intravenous drugs and catching it that way and claiming they caught it through straight sex. I mean, ones who really, really honestly, positively caught it through heterosexual contact. I'm talking about men, by the way. Women can catch it a lot more easy. That, that, that's, that's why August Ames didn't want to do this. It's much easier for a woman to catch HIV from a man than a man from a woman. So, in fact, a lot of women get that way, you know, sleeping with bisexual men or, or any men who happen to have uh, HIV, the HIV virus. So, she did not want to do that. Very reasonably. She just decided that's where she's drawing the line. That she is not going to have sex with any man who's had anal sex with other men. Whether it's because they're really gay or bisexual or because they're just doing it for porn. Whatever the reason is, she she did not want to have sex with anybody who's had gay sex. Not because of hatred of gay people or, or looking down on gay people, just for her own safety. And it's the truth. Now, I want to veer away from this for a second and tell you that I have noticed for decades, decades, and I commented on this back in college in the early 90s, that the left was doing all they could to cover up the truth that it was much, 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 much easier to contract HIV through gay sex than straight sex. That the truth was that while HIV was terrible, and it, why HIV, you know, it, especially if it, if it progressed to AIDS, uh, was a very devastating disease, especially at the time when they didn't have as many drugs to combat it. It was mostly a death sentence in those days. That still, it was very unlikely to get as a straight man who did not do intravenous drugs. Very, very unlikely to get it. It was something you you basically didn't have to worry about. There was a lot of scare about it, but there were, it was very, very low on the concern scale in reality. It was just very, very hard to contract HIV from having vaginal sex with women, even if they had HIV. Even if the, you know, even if the women were infected, it was very hard to catch it that way. The left did not like that narrative. It, it was the truth, but they didn't like it because they were afraid it would brand AIDS as a gay disease. AIDS originally was discovered as a disease in gay men. And especially in the 80s when many people looked upon gay people as inferior or bad or whatever. Some people even said they deserved to get AIDS which I, I don't support viewpoints like that. I'm just stating 
some of the attitudes at the time. And some people worked very hard to convince the public that this is something the entire public needs to take seriously, not just gay people. That it wasn't just a gay disease, it was a disease affecting everyone. Now, I'm not against curing the disease, even if it is a gay disease. I, I think if it's a disease, then it needs, you know, there needs to be money spent on researching it to uh, cure it, or at the very least, keep it in check. So I was never one saying that we shouldn't spend money on AIDS research because it's a gay disease. I've never said that, and I've never felt that. But it is not fair to change statistics or try to peddle a false narrative about the true danger of contracting HIV to make it look like it's much more of a disease affecting heterosexual men than it really is. Now, they could have been honest. They could have said, yes, heterosexual men are are unlikely to catch it if they don't do intravenous drugs. That's true. But women, heterosexual women, get it all the time. All they have to do is have sex unknowingly with a guy who's bisexual, and they can get it very easily. And that's the truth. And that, that would have honestly made it a heterosexual disease. But they were still afraid, the left was still afraid that if heterosexual men are not at that much risk to get it, that they're going to be losing too much of the population wanting to take it seriously, especially with a perception that, uh, you know, with men running the show, basically, especially at the time, that if heterosexual men were all dismissing AIDS as something they didn't have to worry about, that uh, in general, AIDS was not going to get as much attention as it deserved and more and more gay people were going to die. So the left decided to change the story. Sometimes they'd outright lie, and sometimes they would quote a very misleading statistic that makes it seem much worse than it really is or makes it seem different than it really is. For example, one that I heard a whole lot in the 90s was, you think AIDS is a gay disease, but did you know that the fastest increasing group of people contracting HIV are heterosexual women? And did you know that the fastest increasing group, or the second fastest increasing group, are heterosexual men? Did you know that? Well, when you hear that, you think, oh my God, this is, uh, it's, it's changing. It's, it's hitting the straight people now, too. And in fact, it's not only hitting the straight people, it, it seems like it's mostly coming for straight people now. Fast, it's increasing. Wow. Well, what does that really mean? Well, the, the truth was that by that point in the early 90s, gay men had learned that they had to start wearing protection a lot more often. Whereas in the 80s, they weren't doing this. As soon as the AIDS epidemic hit, they said, oh, crap, we, we better wear uh, condoms here or, or we're going to die. So from that awareness, there started being a lot more usage of condoms in the gay community. And as a result, there were fewer HIV cases just from that. So their numbers of infections were actually going down. But straight people, especially straight men, if theirs were slightly rising... It doesn't matter if overall the numbers are still overwhelmingly gay people contracting it and barely any straight men uh, contracting it. If, if it went from like, I'm just making up this number, if it went from 1% being straight men 
who don't do intravenous drugs to, drugs to 1.02% of straight men. And if for gay people it went down from uh, you know 85% to 83%, well, then it is an accurate statement to say that uh, it's increasing faster for straight men than gay men. Because gay men is decreasing, straight men is increasing, but the overall number, it's still like you know, a, a massive, massive difference in number of cases that gay men are getting way, 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 way more than straight men. But the, you know, they would use misleading terms like fastest growing, fastest increasing to scare people. And it was on purpose. And they would justify it to themselves saying, look, we've got to do this or they won't take it seriously. We've got to kind of make them think this is their problem too. And then they justify to themselves, hey, it really is. You know, There are straight men getting it. There are plenty of straight women getting it. So, so it is their problem too. We just got to, you know, Frame it in a way that that sounds a little more serious and more ominous for them than it really is. Otherwise, they're just going to keep saying it's a gay disease and not want to fund it and not want to take it seriously. So, they, to them, the to the left, there the ends justified the means as far as being dishonest and misleading about the chance of catching HIV in the United States for straight people, especially straight men. So. Where a big disservice was done here is that the public was being lied to and making decisions based upon false statistics. In some cases, they were being overly cautious and overly scared yeah, when unnecessarily. You know, a guy has a unprotected sex with a woman he just meets, doesn't know her very well. And then things the next day, oh, my God, what have I done? I'm going to have AIDS. Oh, my God, I bet I have AIDS. Then he had to take an HIV test, and he'll have to wait for a while to get the results, and he'll be a nervous wreck all this time. Uh, when, when the truth is that the chance is, is almost nothing that he would have caught it there. And uh, but you could say, okay, you know, maybe still this, this got people to engage in safer sex practices in the heterosexual community, so maybe that's not all the bad. But still, it's still achieved through dishonesty, which I never like. I never like when anything's achieved through lying, misleading, or dishonesty. But where it also is unfortunate is that by making it seem like it wasn't as big of a problem for the gay community as it really was, that they weren't really the ones who were mainly getting it, which is the message that was being put out, this really did confuse some women. And I've had this discussion with women before that, I, that I've known where I'll, I'll say to them, uh, I, I, don't ask me how this comes up, but sometime you know, during a long conversation, I'll, say, I'll, I'll ask them, if you knew a guy was bisexual and not just you know, kind of considering it or, or kind of liking men but never doing anything about it, but a guy you know he was actually bisexual and has had sex with other men before, um, would you date him? A lot of them say no. A lot of them are just kind of grossed out by that thought. But there were some that said yes. I said, okay, that's fine. But uh, are you aware of the HIV thing? And an answer I got so often from the women who said, yes, I would, was an answer I got so often is, well, yeah, but straight guys can get that just as easily. So it's, that's not really more of a, a threat for me. And I go, you got to be kidding me. You, you, you're serious? They go, oh, yeah. That's a, I read that in the news. I go, no, 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 no. Go take a look. And I, I, I would show them. I would show them you know, how to find these reports. And they would be shocked. 
they wouldn't know because the, the narrative from the left for so long was that it, it's basically the same. Basically the same risk. If you're straight, if you're gay, you can catch it. So, you know, don't fear having sex with a bisexual guy. Because, you know, you'll, you'll get HIV from the straight guy just as easily. Just as likely. Not true. Not even close to true. And I think that's where it was very irresponsible of the left because uh, they were not honest, because they were trying to be politically correct, because they were trying to make it not look like a gay disease. A lot of women who didn't follow this very closely were misinformed and really believed that having sex with a bisexual guy unprotected was, was essentially the same risk as unprotected sex with a straight guy. It's not. Much, much worse. Much higher risk for HIV. Now, if the woman knows the risk and wishes, wishes to still take it, fine. It's her body. But you, you need to know. And, and the left should not have been covering that up in the name of political correctness. So, back to this. There's a reason I went on that whole rant there. August Ames was someone who was aware of the increased danger. And August Ames did not want to do this. And on... Uh, Twitter, she called out this uh, whatever the Erotica X News is. It must be some film they were shooting or whatever. Maybe a company. I I didn't bother to click on what that is, but uh, she was basically putting out publicly, hey, whoever, I I refuse to do this scene with this guy, so they got a replacement woman. Just to let this replacement know, whoever you are, uh, do you know this guy does gay porn too? Are you okay with that? And how come uh, how come agents are letting this happen without letting their clients know this? And she's saying, "Look, I I do my homework. I I I found this out for myself, so I I wouldn't do it. But the question is, whoever's replaced me, do you know? And are you okay with it?" Well, she got a very, very angry backlash from certain people on the left who were very, very mad at that. And there was a lot of really nasty things that were written to her. Because they felt she was being homophobic. They felt she was intolerant and hateful. A person named Wesley Woods uh, wrote, uh, Friends who test together fight homophobic tweets together. Because he was bashing her along with somebody else. I don't know what the test together was about, but uh, that was the homophobic tweet he was referring to. And a person named Bruce Beckham wrote, Turns out being an uneducated homophobe didn't get you a pat on the head. Maybe next time think before you word vomit for attention. <laughs> Sorry about that. I tried, to, I tried to mute it. I tried to mute it. I told you I'm getting a cold. Um... When he heard, so she ended up killing herself. She tweeted "fuck y'all" and then killed herself. That was last. Her last words were "fuck y'all" and then killed herself in response to 
a lot of the accusations of being homophobic, hateful, a lot of other bad names. Even after she killed herself, she's still getting bashed by the same people. This Bruce Beckham wrote, On Monday, I called out a homophobic performer for her ignorance and uneducated bias. She allegedly chose to end her own life when she was exposed to the same vitriol that gay people have been exposed to globally for decades. So He's not even apologizing after, after he was bashing her and she killed herself. Can you believe this? He's, he's still proud of what he did. And keep in mind, he was not even bashing her based upon uh, something valid. She was right. And she has a right to choose who she would have sex with and who not have sex with. And she has a right to inform whoever replaces her what danger they're going to be in. They have a right to know, too. So then everybody jumped all over him. And um, he wrote, uh, Today, friends, performers, and fans are attributing blame to myself and others who weighed in. For the record, I'm sorry for her loss of life and whatever personal struggle, struggles caused her to choose to end her own life when faced with confrontation, accountability, and education. Wow. Is he... This is someone he talks about accountability and education. It's not true. It's not true. That you are more likely to contract HIV from a man who sleeps with other men than from a man who sleeps with women. You are. That's a fact. It's not homophobia. In fact, even if it were not about the HIV thing, if she has a right to choose who she has sex with. If she chooses not to sleep with gay men or bisexual men, that is her choice. Nobody should be compelled to have sex with someone else. You're not homophobic if it turns you off to have sex with a guy who has sex with other men. You're not. That's your personal choice. But the reason this backlash occurred is because the left brainwashed people for over two decades, coming on three decades now, actually, that the risk for having sex with uh, bisexual men, HIV-wise, is the same as straight men. Mumbles badly, assuming in his truck right now is calling in. What's going on? Hey, how you doing? Listen, I wanted to add uh, some commentary about why the statistics from the 90s, early 90s, are like to be much different from, from what we face now. Okay. Regarding the risk of getting sex from homosexual men versus I mean, otherwise. And the reason I say this is because in the late 80s, I actually went to the doctor when I was concerned that I had an STD for the most ridiculous reason, I won't go into the details of that, but I gave the, I, I asked that, you know, can I have an AIDS test? And when I told the story, basically because I had had sex with a bisexual woman, um, the 
the medical professional advised me to not take the test because that would go on my medical record. And at the time, there was a, a very high risk that this information would get out and I could be potentially discriminated against as, an, as a potential employee. So at that time, people were actually discouraged unless you had like direct or direct link, you know, like homosexual man, whatever, unless you had, you know, an obvious risk, there was a great deal of discouragement for people to take HIV tests. That's not the case now. You know, the, the testing regime, from what I understand, in the uh, adult film industry is pretty rigorous, you know. So, you know, the, the business about the, you know, what this woman may have been afraid of, may, you know, now in the, in the, in the 2000 knots, uh, the 2000s, it's a much stricter testing regime than was existed back in, you know, the late 80s, which would have been, the late 80s would have been the period of time for when those studies in the early 90s would have been published about. Okay, I, so I don't I, really think that, I don't think your appealing to those old statistics is invalid in the current period of time. Well, okay, first of all, I want to say here that I, I've never seen this before. I'm not saying this didn't happen to you. I don't think people, most people were staying away from AIDS tests because of fear that it's going to get out. In fact, I, when I, the one and only time I ever took an AIDS test, uh, which was only, I, I was never worried I had it, but I had uh, you know, one girl was just obsessed with it at the time and was so worried and demanded I take one, so I did. But, but when but was this, though? This was in the 90s. So uh, I, what, what, what time in the 90s? Like 95 or something. So anyway. I, right, but, but that's the, the, there was a huge difference. I'm talking about the late 80s. There was much more, the potential to be discriminated against was much higher. Okay, but okay, okay, 80s. fine. But I, but I continue following the statistics uh, after that in, into the late nineties and stuff, and, and it was still around the same. It, it wasn't a, a, a tremendous jump in anything. It was still basically the same. That it was overwhelmingly gay men and intravenous drug users, mostly gay men. Then you know, a good deal of intravenous drug users, and then and then a, a, you know a healthy number of women. It was still mostly gay men, but it was it was gay men. Intravenous drug users and, and, and heterosexual women getting it. That, that's, that's who it was, you know, as far as percentages in, in, from most to least. Heterosexual men were always way down there, and I even suspected, there's no way to prove this, but I even suspected that a lot of those, quote, heterosexual men who were non-intravenous drug users were lying about one of the two things, that maybe they inter- did intravenous drugs, or maybe they were, they were secretly bisexual or gay and, and didn't want to admit it even to themselves. So that's believable that would happen. If that's what you've seen, then fine. Then change the way you discuss it and say, you know, reference more recent, recent you know, studies. Well, okay. I'm just I, saying uh, but, your argument about the early 90s is not going to be relevant today, especially in the adult film industry, which has a rigorous testing regime. Yeah. That tweet about testing together is a reference to how those folks in that industry, in California at least, have to do regular aid testing. Okay, but you you also know that, to... that that these tests it's not like uh, it's not instantaneous as far as uh, catching it. That that they they run a little bit behind. So uh, I understand, but it's just not it's not the same level of the aids. It's not the 
same level of risk as the general population, you know, back in the in the, in the studies you referenced in the, the early nineties. Okay, it, 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 yes, it, it is probably true so because you because of more recent okay, because because of the of the testing in the porn industry, it is it is less likely that some a woman sleeping with a guy who does gay scenes is less likely she will contract it at this point than than she would have uh, many years ago when they weren't doing this testing that you know, that, that that I'll agree with but the, the point is it is still higher it is still is someone who's who does gay scenes it, it does immediately make the chance higher and she has a right to say i i don't want to take that chance and, and and there should not be a backlash for that this should be i i just she knows that that it's much easier to contract HIV from, from uh, anal sex and that, uh, that, that for that reason uh, because of uh, you know, especially in the gay community how, how prevalent it is that she just doesn't want anything to do with that. She does not want to take that additional risk even if it's not as high additional risk as it was prior to the testing in the porn industry she doesn't want to do it and that's fine and that's the worst part of this is they're telling her who you know, that she has to have sex with guys who does gay, does gay scenes, or otherwise she's homophobic, and she's homophobic to point it out to the person replacing her that that they may not be informing her of this, and that and that she wants that person to know that, and that she's even calling it out on Twitter publicly because she feels it's wrong that that uh, she had to find this out on her own from her own research rather than them coming to her and saying, "Hey, this guy does gay scenes. He's still he's still cool with that." And so it appears they were trying to kind of sneak it by her. And, and not warn her about it, and and then she says, "Hey, you know, I, I did my homework. I hope the person replacing me did their homework too. If not, this is what's going on." And that's that was uh, to, to be a backlash for this. This is not homophobia. This is this is protection of yourself and your body and your health. And and if there's a higher risk with one group of people than the other, it's not discriminatory. It's it's not. And even if it was discriminatory, you always have a right to decide what you find appealing to. To have sex with and what not to, and that's not racism. It's not. It's not racism, for example, to say, "Hey, I don't date black women. I'm not attracted to them." That, if, if that's what if that's what you're attracted to, fine. Then don't date black women. You're not a race. You're just, you're just that, that. That's that's just not who you choose to, to date or have sex with, and that's that's every person's right to do. And and so so same with the porn industry. They shouldn't. Uh, uh, since the porn industry is about sex, every person should have the right. For whatever reason, to say I only want to have sex with such and such type of person, and and to 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 go after them for this, especially when it, when she was clearly tweeting this out for health reasons and not about uh, homophobia, I, I thought that was terrible. Now, should she have killed herself over this? No, but but some people really get devastated by what seems to be a mass attack from online trolls, and it can feel like even if it's not true, it can feel like the entire world hates you and even if these people only make a uh, up a tiny percentage of the population and even if if you know a tiny vocal percentage it, it, it can be tough for people to handle especially those that are not used to handling uh trolling so uh, i'm not saying that this is a reasonable response i'm sure she had other issues that that led to her killing herself but um it especially bothers me how the people who did this, some of them still have no shame about it. Instead of saying, wow, I should think twice before I write these type of things. I had no idea she was going to kill herself. You know, I, Even if they want to say, I can't take responsibility for the death, but I feel really, really bad and you know, the, in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have done this. 
something like instead they're saying nope you know i was fighting homophobia that's i'm sorry it had to happen this way but i had to do what was right it's bs you know that's a uh this they, they need to look at what they're doing there and and uh i i just feel that this is uh this is a case of, of homophobia being blamed and, and and labeled as the cause of what she was tweeting when it was not and then that created the big backlash against her and then she it pushed her over the edge and these people should be ashamed of themselves Again, I just want to, my emphasis here is, if you're going to make this argument about how valid her concern is, or was, or how valid someone's concern is about it in that industry, you've got to go with recent statistics, not stuff from the early 90s. But they're not that different. It's still, I, it's, it's still much more likely. I, I, and see, that... That is something that you have not yet proven. You are you are making that supposition. No, it's, it, no, is, it's still true. It is, it is still true. There's data being collected. There's data being collected on people in the porn industry. Okay, but we're talking about the the general population and sex and and, and no, this. but we're not. She is not in the general population. Her co-stars are not in the general population. No, but they might be. No, but, but, but that's not porn stars. No, but here's the thing: they're not just having sex when they're when they're doing porn. And and she was probably afraid if he's willing to do gay porn, maybe he's having gay sex outside of that. Maybe the guy he's having sex with is, is you know even if he is just doing gay porn, maybe the guy he's having sex with in the gay scene also has you know gay sex outside of that. And because AIDS tests, because these tests are not instantaneous as far as. If, if you know, there there is a a fairly long period, I think up to six months, that you could have the virus and have this test not pick it up, that uh, there's a lot of opportunity to still catch it. It's a lot better than nothing, but it, but but it's something that uh, it runs behind, and and that's that's a concern. So uh, the, it doesn't matter even if the the risk has gone down. It, it's still much higher. It is still you even in the porn industry. Because the porn industry can mirror what they do in, in in the other facets of their life, and because of the delay in the test, and in, in, uh, um, that, that you can have the virus and it not show up at the beginning, this is these are all reasons why it's reasonable for someone to say that they don't wish to take this additional risk and they should not be required to. And even if she's being irrational, and even if she is being uh, overly cautious and even if uh you know she's not really doing herself any favor health-wise i i think she actually made the right decision but but even if you want to say that she didn't and she was just be you know going on old information or, or inaccurate information it's still her body she has a right to make this decision it's her it's her right to say i i just don't want to do it i think it's dangerous i don't care what any of the studies say or what anyone says i i just think it's, i i feel it's dangerous i feel it's still dangerous i don't want to do it she should be able to say that and, uh, um, and, and she should, she has a right to be angry that, you know, that, that she wasn't necessarily informed about this and she had to find this out on her own. So the, these are valid gripes as far as I'm concerned. And, and, uh, the, the, the backlash that she gets there, I, I thought was people who thought they were doing, these weren't trolls doing it for fun. This was even worse. This, these were people who were supposedly concerned citizens who thought they were doing, the socially correct thing. They thought they were doing the right thing, which I think is even worse than trolls for fun. Because these are people who 
are, are sitting on their high horse believing that they're really making the world better by, by attacking a woman who writes this. Attacking the homophobe, going after the homophobe and, 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 and making her look bad, making her feel bad and, 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 and ganging up on her that this is, you know, they're, they're rectifying an injustice here. They're, they're attacking the villain. And, and in reality, what they're doing is they're, they're persecuting someone for no reason and then drove someone who apparently was already emotionally unstable over the edge to kill herself. And that, that's, that's, that's the way they made the world a better place. So uh, that, that's why it bothers me more than some idiot, immature troll who just likes to write you know, obnoxious things to get a rise out of someone. This is even worse because I, they're, they're doing it from the... P- I will say, Yeah, go ahead. I will say this. I do agree that there is an element now on the left where they have no remorse about, you know, uh, the level of hatefulness and that they will target at people who, you know, may be ignorant, you know, because of some biases or whatnot, but don't have ill will. So I I do agree that there's uh, the, the level of, I would say hatefulness coming from the left uh, is is now you know at sometimes kind of like a fever pitch, and uh, it's so yeah those people should be in some cases be ashamed of of you know being so reactionary. Okay, uh, uh, but I will I will just want to state I would be interested to see what the current stats are you know on terms of what the risk is um, within that industry for for actors of how frequently well i don't i don't think it's that relevant because it's still higher and that's all that matters and i I, yeah sure i'd like to see it it, it, it's high well first of all the reason that's important is because now you know the state of california has uh, i think california has reduced the uh, the the uh, the um, giving intentionally giving somebody AIDS is no longer a felony. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I know. That's, I think that's they, they did. They, they, well, the reason they the reason they've da- they've downgraded it to only a misdemeanor is because it's no longer a death sentence. You know, you, there's drug drug yeah, that I, I know, but that's still ridiculous. That intentionally giving someone HIV. Intentionally, you know, that that's not a uh, you know to, to downgrade that to a misdemeanor is, is, is insane. I couldn't believe that. I mean, California does. It, it may actually things. be now that giving somebody intentionally giving somebody a herpes is going to be a more inconvenient life. No, than intentionally giving somebody AIDS. No, I wouldn't say that. I, I'll take herpes over over HIV any day. <laughs> I, I, I would believe it. So okay. All right. Well, listen. I'll let you go. All right. Good talking with you. All right. Thank you, Mumbles. I think Mumbles got bumped for a glass, of, an interview with a glass of water from Brandon's show. I think they actually hung up on Mumbles so they could interview a glass of water when Brandon did his show. So Brandon actually called in during this call, but then he didn't continue. Maybe Mumbles scared him off. All right. Uh, we're going to end pretty soon. This, you know, I... I can see the point that when someone kills themselves over online trolling, it's mostly the issue of the person who killed themselves. 
in most cases. I mean, you should see all the trolling I've received on my own forum. I mean, it's it's uh, I if if I was sensitive like that, I would have killed myself about fifty times over by now, probably more than that. So you can't just say online trolling equals justified suicide. It doesn't. If if you're killing yourself over online trolling, especially if you're an adult, I can understand why like some thirteen year old does it because they're yeah, their minds are not developed. They're not as emotionally developed as an adult. And uh, things can seem much worse to them than they really are. And this leads some children into kill, you know, committing suicide when they get bullied, sometimes even just online bullied. And, of course, that's very tragic. But when, adult, when an adult does it, usually they have other life issues going on or emotional issues going on that... This was just the straw that broke the camel's back. This is just a catalyst that made something else that was already there show itself and result in the suicide. So I'll agree that the trolls did not cause her death on their own, nor should they have predicted that this would happen. But... They have no remorse for it. I can tell you, if I trolled someone and then they killed themselves because of the trolling, unless it was a really, really bad person, I would feel bad. I'd even feel somewhat guilty. I would not feel like I killed them. But I would think, okay, I shouldn't have done this. I wish I could go back and you know, take all this back. I wish I could go back in time and not have done this and they'd still be alive. I would have thought, wow, I, I had no idea they'd do something like this. That makes me feel terrible. The only way I wouldn't think this is that they were like some terrible person. Then, you know, that the world would be better off without. Then, then I wouldn't feel bad about it. Um, or something like, you know, calling out a scammer or something. That's a different story. If you're calling about, if you're calling out someone about like a, a factual thing they did. And I'm not talking about alleged racism or homophobia. That, yeah, that's subjective, unless it's blatant. I'm talking about something obvious they did. Someone scams someone, and you start bashing them for it, and then they, they go, oh, everyone hates me now because I scammed, and they kill themselves. Well, tough luck. You know, if you, if you, you know, do things like that to harm another person and you get a backlash from it, and then you kill yourself, then that's your fault. That's all your fault. So people shouldn't be above criticism for actions they take because the criticism may cause them to kill themselves or feel bad or whatever. But but when, when there's just trolling like this, especially trolling from the point of view like a, a, try, trying to claim that someone uh, is bigoted in some way, troll, you know, self-righteous trolling. You know, I'm trolling you because you're you're you're, you're a hate speaker. You're a homophobe. You're a racist. You're a transphobe. You're an Islamophobe. So, therefore, we are going to troll you and make you miserable. If if you're trolling for that reason, first of all, it's stupid. But, but second, if the person, if you drive them over the edge and they kill themselves, you should feel bad.
But but so many of these people don't. They were they were sitting out there justifying it. Well, we were just fighting a homophobe. Not our problem. The homophobe killed themselves because they couldn't handle life. They couldn't handle the consequence of their homophobia. No. This was a woman who believed, and I, I have to say believed accurately, that there was a higher chance that she would contract HIV from a man who had done gay scenes. And she did not want to take that risk. And then she felt that the company was covering up the fact that he had done gay scenes and were not warning the women that he was going to have sex with on camera properly of his past. And she was afraid the girl taking her place was not going to know. Very valid concerns. But this all goes back to the whole thing that the left has been very much fighting the perception of AIDS being a gay disease. They absolutely hate, detest, and have always hated the true statistic that it is much more likely to catch HIV from gay sex. They've hated it. So when tweets like hers come out there, that brings back up the subject that they don't want discussed. So the the knee-jerk reaction is to attack. In fact, some of the people attacking didn't even understand. They really thought that they were correct. They really thought that they they were right, that, that, that it's the same risk either way. It's always been the same risk. So... The left, uh, you know, Mumbles did say one thing that's correct, and this is someone who seems to be much more left-wing these days than right-wing. He claims he was once right-wing and, you know, isn't really anymore. Now, I, I, when I look at his posts on Poker Fraud Alert, uh, with only a few exceptions, he tends to be pretty left-wing. But he's correct. There's a lot of fury, a lot of anger, intense anger that comes from the left where they perceive someone has... Uh, some kind of thought they don't like, racist, homophobic, whatever, and they just come at them with full guns blazing. And they attack as hard as they can. And then even if the person kills themselves, they're proud of the fact that they attacked as hard as they could. They're proud that they pushed the homophobe into suicide. Some very callous people. Now, I'm not saying everybody on the left is callous. I'm saying that certain people, the ones that do this, are very callous people. I deal with people like this on Facebook sometimes. I, I, I try, you know, in most cases, just to ignore a lot of this political stuff posted on my feed. Otherwise, I'd be at it all day with all these people, but... And there's also some people I think that can handle it better than others. I don't care about like the friends of friends, like people I'm never going to meet or know. Uh, but the, my Facebook friends, I, I try not to directly fight with them. I tend to only add people to my Facebook that I get along with. So I don't want to just create enemies out of my Facebook friends. But, you know, 
friends of their friends I don't really care about. They're just complete strangers to me. And you would not believe some of the vitriol that comes my way for just very politely disagreeing with certain points of view that are expressed. And I do so without calling anyone names, without uh, talking down to people, without attacking them for having the beliefs they do. I'll just see like an article posted that I read and I think is completely off base and I'll say, well, actually, here's why this article is wrong. And then you would not believe the responses I get back, just the nastiest, angriest stuff. And I've even asked some of them, why can't you calm down and just discuss it with me? I'm not expecting you have to agree with me, but why can't you at least have a normal adult discussion without the anger and the name-calling and the accusations and and they just can't get it. Well, how can I be calm in the in the face of all this horrible racism and this and they, they you know like like they they really think that me believing a certain way is so offensive and such an affront to them and to to humanity that I deserve every possible attack in the book for being so ignorant. I mean, yes, there are people on the right who will attack those on the left and and do so obnoxiously and offensively and uh, in an immature fashion. But I don't see the same level of intense hatred. And that's because a lot of people on the left today believe the right to actually be evil. Not just wrong, but evil. And I've said before, and this this doesn't apply to everybody, but in general, I've noticed that the right believes the left is wrong, and the left believes the right is evil. And the problem when you believe the other side is evil is it's very hard to want to engage them in a normal discussion. Because you think they're evil, you think they're the bad guy. So that's what I get with strangers on Facebook, that that they think I'm evil for having different political views than they do. And they justify it. They, they, they go through the whole explanation. Of, well, if you think this, you have to be this. You have to be that. Then that makes you a terrible person. I, I just can't believe what I read sometimes. And some of this comes from the shock and anger that still exists about Trump being president. But some of this comes from the brainwashing that has occurred in colleges and elsewhere that the left, if you're left wing, if you're a left politically thinking individual, that you are enlightened, you're compassionate, you're empathetic, you're modern, you're fair, you're good. And if you're on the right, then you're evil, you're selfish, you're mean, you're ignorant. And they believe that. 
And because they believe that, they have a very hard time even engaging in any kind of reasonable conversation. When I say they, I don't mean every person on the left. There are people on the left that I know, that I'm friends with, that I really like. We sometimes just avoid discussing politics. But we just both know that each other think differently and leave it alone. I think that's great. That's the way it should be. But boy, there's others. They they let it consume them. There's, there's people I know of, so many people I know of, that lost friends due to who they voted for in the last election, especially those you know, who voted for Trump. They especially lost friends. Once you voted for Hillary, and some of them lost friends too, but it was mostly those who voted for Trump that lost friends. I thought it was crazy that you could lose friends based upon who you vote for. You you can think, okay, you know, if you voted for Trump, I, I think less of you. Or I thought more of you than to do that, but to, to actually say you're not my friend anymore? I, I don't like you anymore? You, you've you always been a good friend to me, but because you support Trump, I, I, I can't be friends with you? It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I can't even fathom ending a friendship over someone's political viewpoints. So I've seen this too with some of the violence that takes place with Antifa, some of these other left-wing activist organizations that try to disrupt speeches of conservatives and they, they think that violence is justified because they think they're at war. They think they are actually at war with Trump and the racists that support him and that these actions are necessary as a form of protest and as a form of fighting back against the oppression. It's it's nonsense. Once you get in your head that only your point of view is valid, once you get in your head that only your political views are acceptable and anyone who thinks the other way is evil and bad you have lost touch with reality. So that's my little editorial on this whole situation. Mumbles is calling in over and over, but I, I'm not answering. I'm, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not answering anybody's call now. My nose is running. We're now up to 100% chance that I got a cold. Kind of disappointed about this. And I'm going to end the show. Thank you for listening to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Jeff and Friend Show. Provided that I can recover from this cold somewhat in the next week, there will be another radio show episode on Wednesday, December 13th at approximately the same time. Hopefully all the fires will be out by then. Hopefully this house will still be standing. To be honest, though, I'll tell you, 
I feel bad for everybody affected by the fire, and hopefully this will not come to affect me directly, but right now I'm, I'm more concerned about my damn cold than any fires. I'm frustrated I got this thing. I, I felt like quitting a while ago, to be honest. I mean, I like doing radio. I look forward to it usually. Once my throat started hurting, I just kind of felt like... I don't know. I kind of felt like... I was done. I'm sure you can understand. But hey, I still put in a pretty long show here, right? So it's been like... Uh, Five and a half hours, pretty good for a guy with a cold. Thank you to sponsor Eric Benzamokin, attorney Eric Benzamokin. And uh, make sure to email him if you have any questions about any kind of uh, legal matter, especially pertaining to a dispute where arbitration or mediation could be the solution great guy here. I'm very happy he found this show and uh, has opened up his uh, wallet to support our effort here and even our free roll. Thank you to Brandon, Calwatt, and Trey Drewski and all of our callers tonight. A lot of callers tonight. I always appreciate hearing from you guys. And for those that haven't called in a while, try calling next week. Good night. Probably see you next week. Shalom.